warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode uh, maybe maybe you would before we record, but I'm I'm pretty sleepy. I'm pr- I'm like my body just feels tired. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I totally know what you mean. I've been there. Yeah, I just feel I feel a little sleepy. You know, it, it would come in handy in like a podcaster's kit. You know, like podcaster's kit. What would a, what would a podcaster's kit come with? A Red Bull, a Snickers. Uh, I don't know what else. Headphones. Uh, yeah, some kind of like inspirational message, like some poster saying, don't worry, they'll come. If you build it, they'll come, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> trying to build an audience. But I think it, it's, they should come, it should come with that fucking adrenaline shot in Pulp Fiction. Oh shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just stab that right through my fucking chest right now. <laughs> in case of bad, pack, a bad podcast, you use this. Huh? Yeah, and then it comes with like a uh, a mask with like a rubber band, a cutout mask of Eric Stoltz, Jesus Eric Stoltz, and your friend can just jam that fucking thing into your chest. <laughs> I like how your friend has to look semi like Eric Stoltz to be able to do the job. He didn't even do it in the movie. I get it, people, but that's what I'm associating it with, so fuck off. <laughs> I don't need you Quentin Tarantino buffs fucking like typing on your little keyboard. Yeah. But it, it wasn't even him that did it. That, that should be a Vincent Vega mask. Yeah, it was a Vincent Vega mask. <laughs> uh, how you doing, Jake? I'm good. I'm good. Excited to be here. Turn up your volume a little bit. Can you do that? I don't know. Is that something you could do? Ah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Let me look. Let maybe me look into that. Maybe I need to turn it up on my end. I want to do that, and I'll hear you better. I'm sure you're, you're fine. You're super loud and clear on my end. All right, you're good. <laughs> wow, that was that was almost accusatory. Like, <laughs> like take it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I got a little too much Brian in my life going on right now, Brian. 
<laughs> You're like the adrenaline shot of fucking voices right now, buddy. <laughs> hey, we are not alone. We're early, early for the giggles here. <laughs> I know. I know. We can't be doing this. I think it's this new drink that I'm drinking. Hey, we are not alone. We are not alone this week. We are joined by uh, Melissa Sloter of the Wild Pretty Things podcast. Welcome back, Melissa. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, happy to have you on. Um, yeah, I'm drinking the uh, Smirnoff Ice uh, Red, White, and Berry, the limited edition. It's the, uh, as as uh, Melissa called it, the official drink of the summer. <laughs> <laughs> and by limited, they mean every summer for the last nine years. <laughs> oh, is, that, is, is, that, is that true? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It tastes like a bomb pop, you know, like uh, uh, the, the fucking ice cream man comes around. You got those little red, white and blue pops. It tastes like one of those, but it just like melted. And they were like, it's uh, let's make it alcoholic. Yeah, pour some vodka in there. Yeah. So uh, it's tasty. It's tasty. I don't know. Maybe maybe I should be. I don't know. Maybe I should go back to the beer, but we'll I'll stick on this for a little bit and see how it's going. What are we, what are we doing this week? Uh, we got iTunes reviews. Of course, I don't have them ready to go. Let's see here. Bear with me, people. (laughs) Apple podcast reviews now. Oh, I know. Yeah, you're gonna be, you're like, you're like those Vincent Vega fuckers correcting me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here we go. Um, here, here, oh yeah, here we go. All right. It's time for I don't even have <laughs> I don't even have the the bumpers pulled up for this week. Oh my gosh. Jake, talk about apples. <laughs> Just talk about apples now. <laughs> the the actual fruit, not the company. Yeah, uh, you know those Honeycrisp? I cannot believe how fucking much those are. The, all like the two apples and the, it's like 8 bucks. Yeah, they're, they're the best. It's they not are. fair. <laughs> They're so fucking good. Those honey. They're getting apples. my money. <laughs> Have you ever had like the pear apple hybrid? They call them the papple. I don't think so. Uh, the what? The who? Is it or is it the grape one? Grape. The gra- the grapple the, is the grape apple. Hybrid. Yeah, but they have a pear one. It's a hybrid of a. Yeah, not that good. Where did you get it? Uh, I, uh, yeah, it sounds like I went to like the island of Dr. Moreau like and he was your making normal a- everyday grocery stores sells hybrid. Yeah. Fruits. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. They do. They sell these hybrid well, foods, fruits. And I have a talk with my grocery store. Mm-hmm. Anyway, exactly. You know, I don't like this episode, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't even disagree already. Yeah. All right, guys. It is now time for iTunes reviews. Alright, let's see here. Uh, this first one comes from uh, DOS 1990. DOS, DOS 19. Do you remember working on DOS when you were younger? I do. I do. All those keywords to get all those options to pop up. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Titled, it's titled, uh, that voice though. 
and it goes on to say, I've been listening to this podcast for a few weeks now, had a desire to hear opinions on Endgame, and stumbled across PCL. The content is fantastic, bringing up different movies, TV shows, and news related to everything. And they also have sexual humor here and there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Goes on to say The Shining Star, but he spells it The Shinning Star. (laughs) It's like The Simpsons version. The Shinning Star. Like, I I was thinking, like, your shins. Like, uh, out of the two, who has better shins, Jake? Oh, man, I think it used to be me, but I've I've lost my shin game in the last two years. Oh man, I think, I think you've taken it over. <laughs> oh man, I, uh, yeah. Let's see here. The shinning star of this podcast, however, is Brian. He's extremely witty. His laugh is so contagious, and is typically drunk during the episode, so you can count on him saying something <laughs> stupid and inappropriate. <laughs> Uh, his voice, though, is my favorite part of the podcast. I could listen to that man talk all day. And I'd subscribe to to his OnlyFans page if he had one. Keep up the great work, y'all. You've earned yourself a long-term listener with uh, the great content you put out. So, Jake, does it sound like I wrote that? <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie. There was a moment where I was like, is Brian just making up part of the sentence? I know. <laughs> this is 100% the review. It, I know it's shocking since I'm like the least favorite person on this podcast, <laughs> which is, I mean, historically it's true. I mean, every fucking iTunes review that we read is just like, I like this person, that person, but my biggest problem is with the host. <laughs> and then I, you know, and so this one, this one put me in a good mood this week. It really, it made me feel good, Jake. I needed it. Yeah. They loved all the things that normally people complain about. I know. That's good uh, shit. <laughs> I know. God, I am the most hated person in podcasting some weeks. It's insane. And I like, finally, <laughs> finally got a fucking fan here. I don't know. I'm not used to this. I don't know. It's weird having somebody enjoy the content and, the, the, and your uh, contributions. Yeah, don't get used to it. Everybody else is like <laughs> licking. Yeah, I know. I'll get. Hope, hopefully, this person will create more iTunes. Uh, excuse me, Apple IDs and leave me more reviews because I need it. God damn it! You think you think podcasting would be cathartic? And I fucking like curl up in the fetal position every week, crying over this bullshit. Yeah, it's a rough hour before we start talking Brian out of fetal. Yeah, I did. What did I, what did I do? Uh, there's been many a time we've recorded an episode that, and, uh, I, I do that fetal position thing. But then, you know, I got this one and it was like that, uh, acceptance speech from, uh, what's her fucking face? They really like me, you know, from, uh, what was it? She was a flying nun. What was her name? Oh my God. I, I know, but I'm just completely brain She was in Forrest Gump. Oh my God. Uh, they really like the person. Yeah, Sandy Banana. Award. Was her name Sandy Banana? <sighs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! It's gonna... Sally Field. Sally Field. Close. I was close with Susie Banana. Yeah, step away. Mm. Sally. Six theories of Kevin Bacon. There. <laughs> yeah, it was a long way to get to that. Um. Next one comes from Aaron Isk, and it's titled, Great Pod. I've been listening for over three years since The Force Awakens, but just now writing a review because I'm an inconsiderate prick. 
So do yourself a favor and download and give it a listen. Or don't. Gives us some choices there, Jake. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I like that, though. I don't I don't like demands. Yeah. Yeah, I don't either. Don't tell me what to do, you son of a bitch. Yeah, exactly. I'll do the other thing. <sighs> see ya. For being an inconsiderate prick, he did give two nice choices. Yeah. Yeah, two nice <laughs> choices. And he had five stars. All five of this them. This iTunes review has full character growth. Yeah, it does. It went, it went full circle. <laughs> A lot of... We saw the development of this person. Let's see here. Five out of five yeats is the title of the next one. <laughs> yeah, we saw this coming. Yeah, we knew yeats was on its way. Uh, it's by G Cruise 20 and it goes on to say, You guys are great. I found this podcast because I was looking for something to listen to help digest Endgame. And I loved the episode and have been listening since and have gone back and binged some prior episodes. Keep it up. Tupperware party. Five out of five yeats. Seven out of seven meatloafs. All the above. It comes from G Cruise 20. Decent enough review. I liked it. It wasn't bad. You know what I mean? For, for a second, I thought he was going to say that our podcast like helped with the stomach issues. When, when you started reading that sentence. Because uh, digest and then it was. Oh, you made <laughs> you made that connection. <laughs> oh, Jake. <laughs> wow. So they, he's like, uh, what? Uh, Robitussin, not Robitussin. What's that? Imodium AD? Yeah, we're like the fiber of podcast. You know what they took before Imodium AD? Imodium BC? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was like uh back then it was like it was, it was like possum blood or something right it just made him even worse a lot of people died <laughs> thank god for emodium ad yeah no shit <laughs> possum blood <laughs> Yeah, let's see it's like some witchcraft and shit. Yeah, it is. Uh, next one's titled Amazing, and it's five stars, and it's by Brian is a Mood. And it goes, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Don't laugh. Um, uh, been an avid listener since Avengers Infinity War, and now getting up the nerve to leave a review on this amazing podcast. Why do you think people have to get up the nerve to read a review, Jake? Are they worried I mean, that they're going to get roasted? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, normally we do shit on the majority of the reviews. We've been pretty kind this episode. That's the thing. Yeah, it's, I mean, I guess we could just fucking plain out read them. But you know what? If we just plain out read them, no one's going to write them. Yeah, how boring would that be? Yeah, yeah exactly. So Another he, good five-star review. Yeah. <laughs> Next. <laughs> <laughs> you, guys are, you guys are a treat. I love listening to you every week. Thank you for all your suggestions. Okay, and that was from uh, Johnny Banana. Um, you know, and so, and then we move on I to the next. a lot of the challenge. <laughs> I, that's the only last name I can think of right now is Banana. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even think anyone's last name is truly Banana, Jake. <laughs> yeah, I, no. Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> Definitely a moniker. It goes on to say, Brian is such a joy to listen to, and while I sometimes disagree with co-host Jake, Game of Thrones Season 8 especially, I still wouldn't want to go on a week without hearing his voice get me through work. Rather, it's talking about little Timmy or you're done, JJ. I always can expect to laugh and make my day 
100 times better once I hear a new episode. Exclamation point, Jake. Uh, also, I know you might roast me for leaving. Yeah, I think it is about the roast, Jake. <laughs> Uh, I also think you might roast me for leaving this extra comment, but please help save my favorite show, Deadly Class, by spreading more awareness to how great that show is, because it's just been canceled, unfortunately, and I need a season two if I want to keep my sanity. I'm not going to roast you for trying to save Deadly Class. It does. People use the hashtag on Twitter uh, and on Facebook, uh, hashtag Save Deadly Class. It needs to find a new home. Sci-fi, Jake, I, I, don't, I don't have any... I'm going to let you... Trust me, Jake, I'm going to let you get to the Game of Thrones comment if you want to circle back to that fucker. But, um, you know, that's the thing. It's like, I don't ha- I don't have any trust in sci-fi anymore, man. No, no, not at I all. Because they canceled Night Flyers, too. I feel like that was this year, maybe last year. Yeah, it was this but year. Like, I don't, yeah. And they canceled The Expanse, which mm-hmm. is one of the best shows ever. So I don't know why they keep making shows if they well, don't want to make shows. They, kept, uh, they canceled Happy, and then uh, years before... I went through and watched two seasons of a show I absolutely loved, um, uh, Alphas, and they canceled it mm-hmm. on a cliffhanger, and that still to this day fucking bothers me. You know, and I, I don't, man, I'm telling you, like Amazon's doing it too now. Sneaky Pete got canceled after season three. You think I'm gonna start fucking Sneaky Pete season three now? Well, I think you should because I think it ends in kind of a way that they maybe thought that might have been coming. Mm, okay. Because that is, like, wrapped up in a way that when it got canceled, I was not mad. But, like, you guys talked about streaming services a lot before, so we don't have to do that. But, like, Netflix, I don't trust them. Like, they keep canceling shows after three seasons, but, like, not telling creators that they only have three seasons. Mm -hmm. So, like, Santa Clarita Diet ended on a cliffhanger. It's one of the best shows on Netflix. But, like, how do you tell someone, hey, watch these three great seasons and then write fan fiction, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Jake, it's just, it's, it's getting out of control. Sci-fi is, in my opinion, though, the worst offender of this. Yeah, I agree. And Melissa brings a great point up about Netflix, though. I mean, HBO is smart and they know because they have their streaming service and those shows are always banked on it Mm -hmm. that they need that closure for people. And even when a show is failing or doing bad, you know, a la the, you know, leftovers or a couple other shows, at least they, they give it that closure. They give it that one more movie. They give it one more shortened season or something. Like Netflix is pretty dumb to have shows that completely end in cliffhangers that are Netflix sponsored shows themselves. Like mm-hmm. that, that kind of blows my mind that they would even allow that to happen. Well, the first time they did it with Sensei, I was about to cancel Netflix forever. Well, and the fans had to band together and then fucking yeah. get that movie. But see, that's the thing. It's like Netflix is at the point now where. I don't think that they care about uh, having that complete library that HBO really wants. HBO wants you to go there as a de- as a destination and be able to get a complete story. And Jake, I think like that will transfer over once Warner Brothers has their own streaming service. I think Warner's is going to do the exact same thing. Agreed. HBO, I loved Hello Ladies, Stephen Merchant's show. It was fantastic. That first season was just brilliant. I mean, on the level of kind of like a, I hate to say poor man's, but I am going to say poor man's Curb Your Enthusiasm. Just very mm. uncomfortable comedy, brilliant comedy. And uh, it canceled after one season. But you know what they did? They gave us a Hello Ladies movie to wrap up the whole thing. And I mean, we saw yeah. him do it again with Deadwood. So, I mean, yeah, you guys are absolutely right. Netflix is... Netflix is getting out of control with it as well. Because, like, I don't want to pay for... I mean, right now, obviously, I'm paying for Netflix. But, like, when The Office leaves, when Parks and Rec leaves, and Friends leaves, like, I don't see people paying for a service 
consistently if like every new show that starts they're like well let me wait and see if it has a whole story before I even start this I just can't see people getting rid of it just yet we're going to talk about actually we will talk about streaming services later in the podcast so we'll save some of that I'm sure for that discussion um, nice. I love that topic. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a, quite a few things that I want to talk about when it comes to that. Next one comes from, uh, it's the last one here. Um, it's from Hitman 396. And, uh, Hitman 396 goes on to say, I've been listening to this podcast for around a month now. And whenever I go back and listen to older episodes, uh, oh, oh, and whenever I can, I go back and listen to older episodes. Uh, I have watched some of the shows that you have all talked about and found some great shows to watch. Uh, this episode had me watch the miniseries When They See Us, and it was one of the best miniseries shows I have ever watched. Thank you for being a great podcast and keeping me busy during my graveyard shift. That comes from Hitman396. Nice. That's a great review. Do you think he calls it the graveyard shift because he's a hitman and he kills people and sends them to the <laughs> graveyard? I was thinking about that, too. Yeah, I think so. Well, what happened? Somebody I'm just called. getting a fucking beer out. Jesus oh. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> well, first I heard Melissa kind of scream, and then I heard the clanging noise. No. So I thought maybe someone... I, I pushed my elderly grandmother into the wine cellar. Yeah. That's... Someone hit the life alert. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. Take that, Edna. There you go. Send her on her way. Yeah. Give me the sangria. <laughs> Uh, she's got a bad hip. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, thank you, Hitman396. Jake, did you want to circle back to that Game of Thrones comment, or are you just going to let that linger? I mean, it, it's whatever. It's it completely understandable that people wouldn't share my opinion. It was pretty polarizing final season of Game of Thrones. I don't, yeah. I'm don't. i not going to get mad at anyone that doesn't step in line with how I felt. You know? <laughs> yeah. What if you did? So, I'm sorry. What now? <laughs> I just said, what if you did, though? <laughs> what would that sound like? <laughs> I'd be pre- it'd be pretty outrageous of me. I, I get it. I get people's frustrations. Yeah. It's hard to it's hard to say goodbye to things you love. Yeah, it is. I feel like I want to sing Boys to Man. It's so hard to say goodbye right now. <laughs> I know. I set that up well. <laughs> it's like a, me and Jake going a cappella. It's so hard <laughs> to say goodbye <laughs> to John Snow. To John Snow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, pour pour one out for Game of Thrones. Yeah, pour one out. What do we got here on the? Uh, I got a few things I want to talk about. Yeah, Jake, I wanted to bring this up. We got I got some other things I want to talk about before we jump into the content. So chill the fuck out, people. Um, <laughs> um, Jake, remember when we did our Endgame review? Um, and if you've forgotten. That's fucked up, and you might want to see a doctor. But we talked about Avengers Endgame on an episode for literally over five hours. But at the beginning of the podcast, I asked the question, will Avengers Endgame beat Avatar in the box office? And part of me just kind of like wants to explain. First off, I want to say it has not yet. Uh, Secondly, I want to say the reason I think me and Jake were the two on the podcast that said it's not going to beat Avatar is because there have been other movies that have come out since Avatar that were supposed to be Avatar killers, which 
uh, well, you know, The Force Awakens. Like everybody thought that that was going to beat Avatar. Uh, mm-hmm. Even Infinity Game, uh, Infinity War itself was uh, be. Everybody was saying, "Oh, it's going to beat Avatar." And those movies did not beat Avatar, Jake. And I think like that's kind of like where we were coming from. Like, I mean, it's it's a juggernaut, man. Yeah, and just, you know, the shelf life of movies and how long they stay in the theater yeah. is so different compared to Avatar 2, which yeah. is kind of a lot of my reasoning. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, Endgame is putting up a fight, though, I'll tell you that much. Have you seen the guy? The, it was last week. Um, a guy had already seen it 103 times, and I think it's the same guy that's shooting for the Guinness Book of World Records for seeing it 200. Yeah, I did see that. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, man, I mean... At that point, are you just going and taking a nap during it? I was wondering that too. Like, are you really, how invested are, is it just like, you're just going to go see it 200 times just to be the guy? And I get it. Like, last year, there was that guy who had seen Infinity War some like ridiculous number of times, and they invited him to the red carpet premiere of Endgame this year. So, like, I get it. Like, it gets the attention of Feige, it gets the attention of the Russos, it gets the attention of Marvel. And, you know, these people have been, been, they've been paid back in spades, you know, as far as like their loyalty and, uh, and showing how much they love this stuff. So I don't know. I, I just, you know, I love the movie too, but like there's a, the, I think after a certain point, it's, it's just, it, you're just kind of like shooting for something. You're shooting, you're, you're not really supporting the movie that much anymore. You're just kind of like doing your own thing. Yeah. I just have a hard time believing that you, love the movie still after like say the 80th time mm-hmm. in such a short span like i compare it to like a song like if i hear a song 200 fucking times in two weeks i don't care what that song is right. i fucking hate it now right no that's true like there's a, there's songs that i absolutely love and then they'll get stuck in my head for like a week or two and then i hate them i want to push them out yeah and, and endgame is such a long movie as is like mm-hmm. i that's that's wild i I, yeah. I think you're right i think a lot of it's just attention it does get the attention of the Russos and mm-hmm. Feige and, yeah. and Marvel and Disney and. Do we know if he's like supplementing these tickets with like a subscription service, or is he going and buying a ticket outright for every one of these screenings? Well, think about it. Like, a uh, hundred and let's see here. How many days has the movie been out? Not a hundred. Yeah. So, like, even if he had AMC A list, he can only use it three times in a week. Right, so, like, so. he would definitely still be buying stuff. I just wonder, like, what percentage of tickets he's, like, buying at face value. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's and, and possibly he has an in-connection at the movie theater itself, mm-hmm. maybe, at that mm-hmm. point, too. Yeah. Like, you know, we're, we'll help you, and then, you know, when you get the Guinness record, you'll say where you saw the movie at, or right. whatever the fuck, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, go to the theater where the idiot watched it, uh... <laughs> yeah, you can see his imprint in the chair still. Yeah, they've got like, yeah, they've got his like, uh, you know, like how they retire jerseys. They retire his chair. <laughs> or like, yeah, they they do that with seats that are like allegedly haunted at like old like opera houses. <laughs> oh, they rope them off so you that's, can't sit. Yeah. Uh huh. Hmm. That's awesome. I never knew they did such a thing. Um, I don't know where the venue was, but I think that they, there's definitely like an alleged haunting at the, um, theater that the cursed child was at in London. I don't know if they like blocked that one off, but it was one of the ones I went to in Chicago. They were like, oh, we don't let people sit in that seat because they feel like they have like, you know, awake, like sleep paralysis or whatever. Cause like a ghost is like, get the fuck out of my chair. 
Mm, yeah, that wow. can really ruin Hamilton. Feeling. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, let's see here. Haunted chairs. Haunted. Have you ever gone to like eBay and people are selling like haunted dolls and shit? I would never. You wouldn't buy one. No. <laughs> I, I would buy one. I think that kind of shit's cool. Haunted doll. You're 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 letting a uh, supernatural force into your home, Jake. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down. I don't, I don't. Even if it wasn't haunted, I would work myself up into a frenzy, and weird shit would start happening around me. <laughs> I don't really buy into any of that stuff in real life, like you know the haunted dolls and the Annabelle type of shit. So I don't know. That that kind of stuff has never really scared me. Oh, I'm I'm buying you a haunted doll, dude. Yeah, I'm in. Mm. <laughs> you can do like a paranormal activity, like documentary of yourself. Yeah. I'm the exact kind of guy that dies first in these movies by talking like this. <laughs> you know what I would do? I would get like a like a you know like a young dog, and uh, that hasn't uh, been neutered yet, and I would just let the dog hump the fuck out of that haunted doll. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, what's uh, what's Ruffy doing over there? Ah, oh, he's hump, humping that haunted doll. <laughs> Yeah. Don't mind this. It's a new exorcism technique I learned. Yeah, it's, it, that's the thing. It's like, they, you know, ghosts have had it too good for too long, scaring people and shit. I would fucking put that fucking haunted doll through the goddamn ringer. That that haunted doll would have nightmares living in my fucking house. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would put fear into that fucking uh, supernatural bitch. That fucking doll. I would, that doll would be getting fucking constantly fucking humped on by my dog. <laughs> it's bullshit they, they're just going around scaring people doing scary shit oh I walked into the room and I felt a cold breeze pass through my butt fuck you you're getting fucked by my dog you son of a bitch feel that you, you feel that fucking red rocket on your goddamn leg you feel that on your, the- on your fucking fabric <laughs> it's always the move from point A to point B without seeing the movement type shit yeah. So yeah, put, yeah. Put a stop to that. Put a stop to that. Oh, yeah. Be- before, like, day one. Day one, getting humped by that dog. Day fucking one. I'm, I'm setting the president early. You're not even gonna have a night where, like, you know, ooh, the sun goes down and then, like, you know, ooh, the doll moved. <laughs> the doll moved in the room. As soon as that fucking doll moves in the fucking room, it's getting humped by the dog. <laughs> I'm waking the dog up, and that dog is going to be fucking uh, dreaming and creaming all over that fucking thing. <laughs> that thing's going to have so many goddamn fucking... The doll in the first place. What, what's that? How do you get the dog to be so ag- sexually aggressive towards the doll <laughs> in the first place? Like, what's the technique there? Dude, I don't know how to turn on a fucking dog. Are you seriously <laughs> asking me this, Jake? I figured you, I mean, I figured you knew how to get it to go at the doll. You were very prepared. I'll play some Heathcliff episodes or something. I don't know. <laughs> Since I'm in a frenzy. <laughs> Heathcliff sexual frenzy. There were dogs in Heathcliff, right? Yeah. Ah, uh, mm. sure. Yeah, there was like a dog alley gang or something. There like we that. go. There we go. Yeah. Uh, oh, I got a Michael King. I, yeah, we, let's, let's put a bow on that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that conversation's like a Netflix series. I'm never had any closure. It's fucked up, though, man. That's what I would do. I would teach these fucking uh, these entities, these supernatural entities, a fucking lesson. Not in my house, you son of a bitch. That ain't that that, that shit ain't gonna fly. That doll, that Chucky doll. Oh my god, I would let that dog go to town on that fucking thing. 
I mean, the, sometimes, like, what what was it? One of those movies, the dog gets it from the doll, I swear. A doll fucks the dog? No, it, it kills the dog. Oh, I, we were talking about fucking. <laughs> uh, I was like, <laughs> I would, that, that Chucky doll, it'd be called the fucky doll in my house. The fucky doll. Because that dog would just be going to town on that fucking doll. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, who do you want to hear screaming more, Mark Hamill or Brad Dorif in that version? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Definitely Mark Hamill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. agreed. Mm. I got a Michael Cannon mashup. Actually, I got two. Michael, take your pick. Take your time with them too. I know it's uh, convention season for you. Uh, one, I know that he will do. Uh, the second one, there is no way in fuck he's going to do this one, Jake. No, oh, I can't wait to hear it. Everybody, Michael Cannon mashups are, we've got a listener, Michael Cannon. He's an artist out of Hawaii, based out of Hawaii. You can follow him on Instagram, Art Till Dawn, A-R-T-I-L-D-A-W-N. Uh, he's incredible. And, um, he, uh, I, I give him, uh, pop culture mashups and he, and he puts them together and, uh, draws them. Then we post them on the Facebook page, post them on Twitter. And he's, he's amazing. And, and I love him for it. Um, but, uh, the first one, I really like this one, Jake. It's, uh, the Rocket Man movie came out a couple weeks ago. I want to okay. see Rocket Raccoon as Rocket Man. Oh, yeah. That, that'll be great. Isn't it? The flamboyant coats and glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. Like, I'm into it. I love it. I love it. The next one is, uh, based off of, uh, Pinky in the Brain, and uh, it's called Stinky in the Taint. It's a butthole and a taint, and it's part of, uh, they're part of the Enomaniacs. <laughs> Is the taint trying to take over the world? Yes. Okay. Just a disembodied taint? How are you to know that it's a taint? <laughs> it's a very, very solid question. <laughs> You're talking about how how is guess, he how is he going to draw a taint? Yeah, but like without a body. Oh, there's a way, right? Where, there, <laughs> where there's a will, there's a way. I mean, you can find <laughs> out how to draw a taint, right? And this will put his this will put his art skills to the test, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Remember that? Remember that fucking art? What was it? Art Institute commercial where they made you draw the cartoon turtle? They didn't have the fucking balls <laughs> to have you draw a fucking taint with arms and legs. Right. <laughs> I mean, oh man! <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Or not? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say that um, just a normal person could be a taint with arms and legs. <laughs> oh man! Do you guys remember Win, Lose, or Draw? That game show? Yeah, I remember that. Can you imagine, like, if they had taint? Like, I don't think anyone would get that. Like. Alan Thicke would be drawing forever. No, you could. It'd be so easy. All you would do is you would draw like the dick or the vajayjay, and then the butthole, and then just point to the middle. Big arrow. Yeah, big huge fucking arrow right there, and it would be like it'd be Taint City. <laughs> and then fucking Vicky Lawrence would have got the point, right? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Jake, you're impressed that I remembered Vicky Lawrence was on that show, aren't you? Yeah, I am impressed. <laughs> the only Alan Dick was literally the only name I could think of. <laughs> oh man, I can't believe I pulled out Vicky Lawrence. <laughs> oh, uh, 
Well, go ahead. Oh, I had nothing. All right. Uh, let's see here. I remember when Melissa had something, and then we asked her for something, and then it was just this long pause. Oh, I didn't really realize you were talking to me. Do you remember that, I Jane? thought we lost the call. I did, too. It was so weird. You said that, and I figured someone else was going to say something. It was like, like I don't know, like, like, did a butterfly fly in the room? You know? <laughs> it lands Someone on- else. I mean, in math, it's like, there's only me, you, and Brian, so I'm the one who made the comment. You didn't think it was you, so... It just left Brian. I'm over there thinking, like, what is she doing? Like, staring at flowers? Like, what's going, what's going on here? <laughs> no, just off into space. The doll got her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was the one who said I wasn't even buying the doll. This is bullshit. <laughs> the doll's yours now. It's too late. I've already gifted. S- I've heard Amazon sending it to your house right now. <laughs> mm. Haunted dolls. Uh, hey Jake, we uh we entered a uh podcast uh what is it? What do you, what do you call it? Podcast competition? What do you call it? A podcast awards thing? Sure, a podcast skill set. Podcast skill set? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, we entered a uh podcast uh kind of like contest or something and they had all these different categories and I, 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 I'll be honest with you, I don't even like totally remember entering. And then months later, we find out that we're one of the finalists. And I was like, okay, so they only had like 20 people enter. Uh, truth be told, they had over 150 podcasts enter this, uh, this, uh, contest. And it was for Scaricon, which is a uh, convention in, uh, Framingham, Massachusetts. Uh, they had, uh, the judges listened to over 150 podcasts. Uh, different categories like most humorous, best hosts, uh, best long form, best short form. And then they had best overall podcast. And, uh, Jake, we, uh, we won best overall podcast. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's unbelievable. And I mean, this is really cool. It's not like we like petitioned listeners to go cheat the system and vote us for the win. Like, Nice legitimate win here. No, this is, uh, we were actually chosen from, uh, members of Fangoria magazine. So, um, yeah, it wasn't even, it, it wasn't even about, uh, fans voting or people voting. It was, these were like judges that they had listen to podcasts and we were chosen. And, um, you know, I want to celebrate a little bit, but I, I'm, this, this is really for our listeners. I want to let you guys know that, yeah, you guys have like, uh, been a big part of this and so i jake it's it's really about our listeners kind of like celebrating something with us here because they're a big part of this and like we have listeners on the show with us and stuff like that so like i'm not going to spend too much time like celebrating this because i think if you get if you think you start getting too good at what you're doing i still think we're shit but i think if you still if you start thinking you're too good at what you do you get a little lax and you get a little too overconfident overconfident and you stop bringing it every week and it was like, I heard the news, I was excited, I told you, I told the Facebook page, I told Twitter, and then it was like, you know what, let's get back to the grind. Because, like, yeah. you can't sit there and, like, bask in your little accomplishment. Um, you got to fucking keep grinding, man, and that's what it's all about. I'm not, I'm never going to be happy. It, I'm never going to be happy with, you know, 100%. So, I'm happy, with, like, with, with the listeners that we have, the interaction that we have. But I always want, I always want it to be better and I'm not gonna just be like, oh yeah, we won an award, okay, we've arrived. It's like, it's nothing like that. And like, this isn't even like, <laughs> this is, you know, and like this, like, you know, uh, we were a finalist, we were the runner up for the Discover Pods award too this year. And it's like, 
you know, I'm just, it's just, it's cool, but man, it's, you know, it's not, that's not what it's about. It's not all about awards and stuff. It's about, I don't know, it's about reaching more people and, and making a difference and shit. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree that what I was going to say is the best thing to come from winning this Fangoria Award is just the ability to maybe re- reach a few new listeners. I yeah. mean, that's an avenue of people finding out about our podcast that we didn't have before. Mm-hmm. And even if it gets us one, two, three new listeners that, you know, stay with us and kind of join the family, then mm-hmm. it'll all be worth it. I agree. Yeah, and they'll probably end up listening and giving us a one-star review, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I would like that, and they'll bash Fangoria's credibility. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fangoria, I hope you don't have a podcast because you're about to get a one star as well. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, sometimes I gotta thank the people that gives us uh, that give us the one stars. I also want to say fuck you, but I also want to thank you because it does push me. It does push me. You know what I mean? Just when people when people don't like you, it also pushes you to go that much harder. Oh. Not not to win not to win them over, you know what I mean. I'm not trying to win them over. It's not about that. No, we don't want them back, but we just want to prove that it's not going to discourage us to stop doing the thing for the people that do like us. Yeah, well, the, and it's also like for me, it's like um, all those people that gave us one stars, two stars, and said all this shit. It's like, well, we just got rated best overall podcast by Fangoria Magazine, so fuck you, you know. <laughs> Shove that, yeah, yeah st- <laughs> stick that in your taint. <laughs> taints really you can't really can't really stick anything in a taint can you like it's not depend i don't know hold stuff in between it you think so do you think the taint is well you got a loose taint there Jake? creating the taint challenge right now i don't know yeah is it like i don't know do you i would i would prefer a very taut taint right <laughs> to where like you know you try to you try to put stuff in the old taint and it's just kind of like like <laughs> Bounces right off the old taint, you know what I mean? It ricochets right out of there. Ricochet, like ricochet rabbit. Boink, boink, boink! <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess, I don't know. You're acting like, uh, you're acting like the taint's like a kangaroo pocket or some shit. Yeah, I mean, make, make the best use out of what you got, man. Don't let anything go unused. Yeah, how much, do you, do you are you rocking loose taint? I don't know. Sometimes I can only carry five grocery bags. It'd be nice to carry a six. <laughs> One less trip to the car, man. If the tank can do it, I'm here for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got that guy putting produce in his fucking pants again. <laughs> <laughs> Aisle seven. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. That kind of shit does happen. Yeah. I got, I got an email here and he asked me to read it. Um, we got a couple emails here. We're going to get to the content. Chill the fuck out. Uh, hello, my name is Nathaniel. A couple months ago, I wrote a review uh, that may have been not so flattering of me. I had divulged a bit too much information by me mentioning my cutting. Remember that iTunes review? Oh. Okay. I, I do. Uh, with this email, I hope to offer an apology. I am bipolar and have been and, and have a processing disorder, so sometimes I tend not to have a filter. I am aware that you guys may have already forgotten and moved on, but I have been ridden with guilt and need to clear my conscience. PCL gets me through half my week. Also, I am currently going through a rough patch in in my uh, made some stupid decisions, and it means a lot if you could read this email on the podcast. Uh, P.S. The title of my review is a fan since episode two sixty seven. With sincerest apo- sincerest apologies, Nathaniel. 
that's an interesting email. I, I don't. I feel that's an unnecessary apology. I do too. I really do too. We man. loved that. We loved that review. There was no problem with that. Absolutely not, dude. Totally unnecessary apology. There's that. I mean, yeah, you don't have to really uh, apologize for that. I mean, not at all. I, you know, I mean, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think we were sincerely glad that we could be there for him. Yeah. To, you know, help him kind of go through those phases. And yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you don't need to apologize to us, man. It's all good, dude. We're all family here, bro. <laughs> we got you, fam. <laughs> got you, fam. Why am I? Why are we? Why are we talking like that? Let's. I don't know. It happens. I don't know. It shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I think I'm matter of fact that you said that. <laughs> yeah. uh, next one comes from uh, what's his name. Jason, how would you pronounce Jason's last name here? It's P-R-E-V-A-T-T-E. Is it Previt, Pravat, or Pravati? Uh, Previt sounds like the best one to me. I'm going to go with Pravat. Okay. That's a bold decision. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's why. Best overall podcast. That's why. <laughs> Making all the tough choices. <laughs> Woo! All right. Uh, hey, Brian, I wanted to let you know that I have been excited to watch A Silent Voice since I heard your original review. Uh, once it was on Netflix, I had to watch. While watching it, total Tupperware, by the way, my seven-year-old came in and started watching it with me. So as we are watching, we are having a talk about bullying, and she is getting angry uh, at uh, – I, I, I can't remember how to pronounce these characters' names, so I'll do my best here. Uh, she's getting angry at Noaju Yuno for being so mean and unwilling to be accepting of uh, Shuko's disability. Uh, it was a great discussion on how bullying can change people's lives. Now, fast forward four days later, we go to visit my brother – Earlier this year, my brother and his wife adopted a second child. This was a special adoption as this child has now been adopted twice. Once after her biological mom abandoned her and the second time when he first set, uh, when the first set of adopted parents decided to give her up. So as you can imagine, this poor little six-year-old girl has not had the best life up till four months ago when she became a part of our family. She was very hyper and developmentally behind because of being ignored most of her life. All of that to say my daughter played with, uh, played with her very well, well, played very well with her new cousin at our visit and we complimented her on it. Then my daughter said to us on the ride home, why does, I won't give the name here, but why does she have to be so wild and annoying? Well, as a father, I was heartbroken to her lack, uh, to her, the, the lack of compassion coming from my daughter. But thanks to your recommendation, I was able to take her back to a silent voice and how her having that kind of thought was no different than the girl she got angry at. That really helped her understand. I just thought you should know the difference, um, you made through your recommendation. That comes from Jason. So thank you, Jason. Wow, that's a fantastic email. It, it's crazy how watching the movie could lead to an incident that you can instantly relate back to the movie like that, especially with the child so young. And I you were able to kind of comprehend that. That's really awesome. Yeah. And I mean, this I, I, this is an amazing story. And it's like it's one of those things where, you know, I saw this movie in the theater. I'm so glad that I did. I've talked about it multiple times on the podcast. It was my uh, favorite animated movie 
of of 2017, and it was my favorite movie of 2017. And it's crazy how, you know, just talking on the podcast and then people watching our recommendations, how that kind of like carried over and had made a big difference in his in his family now, which, I mean. To me, that means a lot that uh, just a recommendation that I had on the podcast was able to kind of be like a, a learning tool for your child. And I think that that's pretty amazing and you have an amazing kid. So uh, hats off to you and your parenting. That's really awesome. Um, very cool. I, I, Just a great story all around. So, and it, yeah, I'm kind of blown away by that email. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Oh, yes, yeah, uh, we got a, a final email. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's uh, from Takumo Prime, and he wants to know if uh, any of us have watched Bruno on Netflix. I know, like, a lot of our listeners have watched Bruno. I have not watched Bruno. Is that the, uh, the man in Baron his... Cohen comedy show? No, 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 no. This is, um, it's, it's a show on uh, Netflix. Um, looks like, yeah, uh, it's only eight episodes uh, for the uh, first season, and each episode is around 15 minutes. Uh, it's funny, and if you're a dog lover, it's cool. I think the cast is very likable. It's very well done. It's a man and his dog. So, yeah, I might have to check that out. I know, like, Dan West has seen it, absolutely loves it. But, uh, um, uh, Melissa, have you seen it? I have not. Hmm. Mm-mm. I haven't seen it. I'm getting behind on so much stuff now, guys. It's insane. Yeah, you, summer used to be the time where you get caught up on all the all the stuff that you couldn't watch during the winter. Mm-hmm. But anymore, there's eight million new things during the summer too. I know. Yeah, it's crazy. With the streaming services, it's just going to be like that. So, all right, let's see here. Tell you what, we are going to take. We've gone for forty seven minutes, so I don't want to jump into good pop, bad pop yet. So we're going to take a quick break, come back, and then jump into good pop, bad pop. Cool. It is now time for Good Pop, Bad Pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. And if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. A couple things I want to talk about here real quick before I jump into something else. Uh, One Punch Man Season 2 took like a two-week break before they gave us the next episode. But man, was it worth it. Fantastic episode, Jake. This is just, this season is just started off slow. I went, I'm not going to say it started off rough, but it started off slow and it has picked up and I, I Tupperware it. It is so good. 
That's awesome. You know, if you get the fever for more One Punch Man, once this is all said and done, I can always uh, hook you up with my Viz Media account where they have every chapter of the uh, manga available. I've got one of them in uh, physical print, so, but after that, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, the art in that is just so good. Lots of, uh, I hate to make this comparison, but almost very, like, Rob Leefield in how every two-third page is like a giant gatefold spread of some, uh, some sort or not. Yeah, well, I mean, as long as it's done well, it's fine by me. Um, yeah, I, I always think of him as the king of those blow-up yeah. pages like that. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Let's see here. Um, I started Basket Season 4. The first episode came out on FX. Um, I'm a big fan of Zach Galifianakis and... I'm a huge fan of Baskets, and so I don't know if this is the final season, but uh, I'm going to give this first episode of Tupperware. I absolutely love it. If you're not watching Baskets on FX, why did I say it like that? I said Baskets. Baskets. If, you, if you're not watching Baskets. <laughs> yeah, by Ralph Baskey. You know, if if if, if I was like a uh, an announcer for uh, basketball, they would not they would not invite me back. You know what I mean? <laughs> Here at the basketball game. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, Brian, uh, we're not going to need your services anymore. Brian, we're confused. Uh, your ridiculous commentating went viral, but on the flip side, <laughs> you've made a mockery of the sport. So we're kind of split on like, yes, what we're going to do with what people are calling Mr. Basket. <laughs> what do we do? Do we fire you? Do we give you a shoe deal? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what what an amazing basket. A tisket, a tasket, a flower making basket. What is wrong with <laughs> You can be like the person at Walmart that gives people baskets. Yeah. Here's a basket. <laughs> here's a basket. Yeah. Here's a here's an Easter basket. Oh, now now we're just getting into different types of baskets. Right? No, yeah. No. Oh, it's no. gone too far. It's gone too far. It should have never started. Um, it was, no, it's not a. You can tell baskets. It's not yeah. a Netflix show going on season four. It, yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was. It was a weird way to kind of like enunciate the word basket, though. In that moment, it was weird. I caught myself on it. Like, why did you say it like that? You know yeah, what I mean? It was odd. It was like you added an extra letter in there. <laughs> it was no. It was a basket. Yeah. Uh, very very odd. Um, uh, Chernobyl on HBO. I'm. I have not finished it yet. Uh, Melissa, have you started Chernobyl? No. This is one of the ones that I. You know, I was in Spain for a week, so I wasn't watching anything, and so many things happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How is Spain? It was very lovely and wonderful. Mm. I had a great time. We uh, were supposed to do three days in Madrid and then miss a connecting flight, so we ended up doing, like, one and a half days in, like, a layover situation. <laughs> so we got to see a little bit more than we bargained for, and then we rushed through part of the trip. But, yeah, it was really good. But I am glad to be back in, like, my normal routine. <laughs> yeah, I bet. But uh, part of that normal routine should be why did I say routine? Watching Chernobyl. <laughs> I said basket earlier. Now I'm saying routine. All right. I'm not going to focus. I don't know what's going on. Here. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Um, 
part of that normal routine should be watching Chernobyl. It is, I, I have not finished it yet. It's, it's one of those things where I'm trying to get caught up on it because it's so fucking good and finish this miniseries. It's five episodes. I've finished three episodes. So I've got two more left. I will probably knock out those two episodes this week, this coming week and, uh, report back. But it is an absolute Tupperware, guys. This is so good. Like HBO has just knocked it out of the park. Uh, we're actually going to talk. This is a collaboration of HBO and Sky Network. And uh, we're going to talk about another collaboration that HBO and Sky Network are putting together next uh, in the news segment. So um, we'll talk about that later. Um, I do want to say real quick. And you know what? I want to say real quick. Uh, watch the second episode of Perpetual Grace Limited on mm. uh, epics and uh melissa i know that you have started this as well yeah um i we only got to talk about the first episode last week on the podcast two episodes are out now the third episode is going to be out tomorrow but i want to know what are you thinking about the uh steve conrad uh show uh perpetual grace starring ben kingsley jackie weaver jimmy simpson uh, man, uh, 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 who else? I just, uh, Chris Conrad, just fan- like fantastic show. What are you thinking about Perpetual Grace Limited? I am so happy that you hooked me up with this show. Um, so I was watching something weekly. I think it was like Killing Eve, and I kept seeing previews for Perpetual Grace Limited, and I was just like tuning them out because I was like, I don't have this streaming service. Like Jimmy Simpson doesn't necessarily sell a show to me just by himself, so I was just like ignoring this. I didn't watch the trailer and actually pay attention to it before I started it, and then I start the episode and it's like neo noir, like really fucking weird, sneaky Pete, <laughs> and I loved it so much. I really think it's a Tupperware um, and I love that it's airing weekly because mm. it's so much fun to like think about this show and any show really but um, I miss like the weekly release schedule and so I hate that I have to wait for the next episode of this one but I also love it uh, and did- I agree so much with Rebecca because the first episode I was watching it and I just kept being like what the fuck am I watching <laughs> What did you think about the new character that they introduced in episode two, New Leaf? So that is like kind of frustrating to me because I because I don't really know what's going on with that character, and I think that might be on purpose. But like with like the Lenscraft <laughs> shit, I was like, <laughs> like, I don't. Maybe I need to watch it again. But um, the first episode was so tight that I didn't expect to be, like, left kind of confused about, like, what the storyline was. So that was, like, a little frustrating. But, I, you know, to be – that's not taking away anything from the show. But, like, I haven't really felt out how I feel about that character because I'm not sure I know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's one of those things where it's, like, I just love the fact that Jimmy Simpson's character is impersonating this other guy but he had no background as to like how much trouble this other guy had gotten himself into and he's finding out about it he's having to deal with mm-hmm. all this other guy's problems and issues and it this show jake you got to get on this this is fantastic this is like this is the I, well, i've been dis- where are you guys watching this it's on epics epics <laughs> it's on epics i don't even know what that is it's the it's this it's the service that we've made jokes about that pennyworth is going to air on Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so, I mean, I've always kind of like 
you know, thought like, oh, who's gonna, who's gonna watch anything on Epics? And here I am spending five bucks a month for my Epics, uh, Epics Now subscription, and I absolutely am in love with this show. This is, right now, I think this is the best show on TV. It is that damn good after two episodes. There's nothing like it. There's nothing fucking like this show. It's like, I I was telling Rebecca, it was like, it's like Noah Hawley and the Coen brothers just got into bed and just started fucking the shit out of each other. Just blowing each other and fucking licking each other's taints. It's just fucking amazing. (laughs) It's so damn good. What's it called again? It's called Perpetual Grace LTD. Perpetual Grace Limited. It's got Ben Kingsley, Jackie Weaver, Jimmy Simpson, um... And uh, they introduced uh, Chris Conrad's character last week as New Leaf. I'm telling you, this show is absolutely fucking incredible. It is so good. I'm blown away. I'm just blown away after two episodes. Cannot wait to find out how much of this show has to do with actual space. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What's the deal with the astronaut? Why? What is the deal with the astronaut? Uh, feel the rhythm, feel the fucking rhythm. That came up again oh, in episode two. And the way that it came up in episode two was just fucking brilliant. Guys, I, we're not just, I'm not just saying that this is a great show. Um, and Epix is not fucking sponsoring our show or anything. I promise you, just like, if once this show is completed, if you don't want to pay for the Epix subscription month to month, drop, I mean, you can get Epix free for like a week, I believe. Or 30 days or a week or something like that. Just binge this after it's completed on Epics. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. It is absolutely fucking incredible. What is it? What's, this? What's the synopsis? Maybe I should just read the synopsis for you to kind of give you, cause like if I try to break, if I try to break it down, I'm not going to be able to break this down. You know, I mean, like I, I'll be, I'll be talking about the, I'll be talking about both episodes in detail. Yeah, I don't even know if a synopsis can like really tell you because like I feel like no matter what we say, you're gonna sit down and watch this first episode yeah. and repeatedly be like, "What the fuck?" In like a really good way. In it a great is way. so weird. It follows James, a young grifter that's played by uh, Jimmy Simpson's uh, Jimmy Simpson, uh, as he attempts to prey upon Pastor Byron Brown, uh, that's Ben Kingsley, who turns out to be. Far more dangerous than he suspects. So I mean, the synopsis like doesn't even do the show justice. It's just right that damn good. And the title sequence is an astronaut in space. Yeah, and well, for the, what reason? We have no idea. <laughs> yeah, um, I love the fact that we got uh, uh, Pawn Shop Boy in the second episode again. And that scene was just. <laughs> and guys, the earmuffs. <laughs> the earmuffs and the. Oh my god, Jake, you gotta watch he, it. Like, put him on and was like, "All right, let's go. I'll do it." <laughs> this show is incredible, Jake. I'll give you my epics information. Yeah, yeah, there I, I, is I googled it and I'm reading about it, and it sounds illusions crazy. and magic being done. Yes, <laughs> like it's so. It's, it's really good. So, yeah, Perpetual Grace Limited, guys. I'm not just bringing this show up every week because it's not something you should. This is the, I keep telling everybody, like, this is the best show on TV that nobody's watching. I would agree with that. I think that that's true. The genre that Wikipedia lists this show as makes me feel stupid. What? <laughs> what is it? They call it neo-noir. Yeah, it's totally, it's neo-noir. <laughs> It, it, it hit the flash, like because the flashbacks are in black and white, and yeah. like 
the way that it's shy is super unique. Like conversations happen so often where you're like looking at the person talking, but at the back of their head. And then like the people that's, what's in focus is like the back of someone's head and the people that they're talking to are like out of focus and like in blurry. So you're like, okay, I'm like hearing this conversation, but I'm seeing no one talking. And like in the first episode when they like follow the guy around his house and he like sits back in his chair and then you like figure out what his deal is. Mm hmm. I think the, okay. the ending of the second episode with the soda can was just like, wow. Like, pay off from I that first episode. Like, you're just like, what the fuck? Right? Shook. And even though I'm sitting there and I'm like, I and I'm looking at my boyfriend, I'm like, I think he's going to do this. And he's like, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I think that this thing is going to happen. And I, like, knew it was going to happen. And then when I realized it was really happening, I was still like, ah! Uh, 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 it's i cannot wait for the third episode like it's gonna be a 10 episode season i believe so this oh is, my god yeah this is really good stuff jake you gotta get on this one does this give you faith in pennyworth uh have you seen the pennyworth trailer it, it dropped this week i did not i have to see it yeah it's it doesn't look bad it doesn't look bad. It does not look bad. Um, I don't think that it necessarily has to be set in the in the Batman universe. Like this could have just been like another original show. But I feel like they're trying to get more people over to the service, and so they're just incorporating what could be hopefully a really good story into a Alfred Pennyworth origin story. So we'll see. I- Did I hear about the movie The Party on PCL? The Party. Have you seen that? It's Killian Murphy and Patricia Clarkson, like a bunch of other people. It's like, yeah, yeah, you did. It's on Epix. There you go. Yeah, watch it on Epix. It's it's like only an hour and twenty minutes. It's such a short film. And they like it. I yes, I uh, put that on my list to watch after you guys talked about the show because I love Killian Murphy, and it's such a weird little movie. I watch it all the time. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I saw that one. They played it at the art theater and I went and saw it there and reviewed it on the show. And like when you're watching it, it's one of those movies like you don't know what to think about it when you're watching it. But like once you leave the theater, you can't stop thinking about it and how brilliant and just how quirky and weird it was. And it's like so many actors that you will recognize from yeah. other things just doing this like really weird, like almost short film. And but it yeah, so all happens epic, so and it all happens in this, it all happens in that house, you know, so it almost could be like. Like a, it could almost be like a play, you know. I uh, yeah, yeah, it totally could. Uh, it, it's very fun. Very good. I uh, watched um, Men in Black International. Did you get a chance to see this one, either of you? I, I, I went and saw it. You did, Jake. I did. And Melissa, I know you saw it too, right? Yeah. Uh, the men in black have always protected the earth from the scum of the universe. In this new adventure, they tackle their biggest threat to date, a mole in the men in black organization. This one's directed by, uh, F. Gary Gray. I love F. Gary Gray. He did Friday, of course. I uh, did the remake of The Italian Job with Mark Wahlberg, which I actually really, uh, Charlie's Thrones in that one, right? And then isn't, uh, what's his name? Uh, Green. Seth Green. Is Seth Green in that fucking thing? Ooh, I cannot confirm that. Wasn't he? Didn't he claim that he was the one who created Napster? And I think it was the Italian. Oh, yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. I yeah. think you're right. I think you're right. F. Gary Gray also did set it off. He did the Negotiator. I, I really love F. Gary Gray. I think he's a fantastic director. Uh, this one stars. Uh, you like him too, don't you, Jake? 
Yeah, yeah, I think he's great. He's really good. Uh, this one stars Chris Hemsworth, uh, Tessa Thompson, uh, Kumel Nanjiani, Rebecca Ferguson, um, Rafe Spall, Emma Thompson, Liam Neeson. Um, I, you know what? I'm just going to throw my thoughts out here about this one and rate it. Uh, really had been looking forward to this one. I thought, uh, I, I, I thought that, uh, we were ripe for another Men in Black movie. Everybody's like, why, why are you doing these? Movies. Everybody's sick of reboots and remakes and revivals and stuff like that. I felt like it's a very rich world, the men in black. I, I think that there are certain things that you shouldn't reboot, shouldn't remake. But I think as far as like, uh, the world of like, um, you know, uh, men in black, I think like this is ripe for that. Like you could uh, have different, uh, you know, agents and there's all of these different aliens and, and the stories just kind of like write themselves where like different aliens are trying to take over, uh, and, uh, maybe kill us, wipe us out. And, and, you know, I just think it's, I, uh, that first movie, man, that first fucking movie, I saw that in the theater and I, I was just blown away. I just thought it was absolutely incredible. Um, this movie did not land for me. Uh, I, it, I, I love F Gary Gray. I love Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson. I love them in Ragnarok. I think their chemistry was fantastic in that movie. I felt like they had terrible chemistry in this film. Um, the only times that I really did laugh in this movie were at uh, Kumail Nanjiani's character of Pawnee. I thought he was great. Uh, all the Pawnee stuff was great, except for like the classic um, when they did that thing where they were driving too fast and he slammed up against the window just so they can fucking sell Pawnee window clings eventually. That was stupid. <laughs> but I... I'm going to give this a low tasted. I, I, um, I usually love F. Gary Gray and I don't know what happened here. I really just don't know what happened here. I think like it just was not a right fit for him. I think Hemsworth and Thompson, I think they could have been great. Uh, I think if you have Taika Waititi direct this thing, I think we got a completely different movie with different chemistry, different jokes. And I think it would have worked. Um, the villains were boring in this movie uh, they just, they, they look like, they look like, uh, two of Beyonce's backup dancers and like, they are two of Beyonce's backup dancers. Are you, are no, I just made that up. Are you serious? <laughs> so they are a part of a, I believe they're, they're real life identical twins and they are, um, like French hip hop dancers. So, uh, they, it looks like we're in. The Beyonce Flawless. Oh my god. Like short film music video they did. I just fucking made that up as a joke. I did not expect Spot that to be a on. fucking thing. That Nailed is it. so fucking weird. <laughs> um, so I didn't think that they were great. Um, I also think like the look of the aliens sometimes. It's so weird how they do this in this movie. Like the aliens, it felt like I didn't feel like I was watching Men in Black. It felt like I was watching Monsters Inc. Fantastic Beasts. I felt like Monsters Inc. Like when they're walking through like uh-huh. the hallway with the big monitor, which like my favorite part of the movie was like I said, Pawnee, and then that big monitor where we could see like what what who we thought were humans were actually aliens. I thought like the choices that they gave us were pretty funny in in that. But um I I'm gonna give this a low taste it. I did not like this, and it's sad because like all the things that they had, like, as far as, like, if you look at, like, 
um, the breakdown here of like F. Gary Gray, Tessa Thompson, you know, Camille Nanjiani, Chris Hemsworth. It all seems like it's going to give us, you know, just the men in black, uh, you know, story in general. I thought it was all going to be like the right ingredients for a great movie. And, um, this, it felt like a kid's movie at times, just, and a dumb kid's movie. So I'm going to give it a low taste it. Jake, what did you think about Men in Black International? Oh, Jesus, Men in Black International. Um, yeah, I found this movie to be extremely frustrating um, and almost cringy at parts. Um, such a weird fucking movie. Um, I actually thought Thompson and Hemsworth had really great chemistry. Um, I thought F. Gary Gray did a pretty good job at directing and all the problems in this movie rested in the incredibly, incredibly dumb and cliched screenplay. I just don't know how the fuck this even got greenlit. Like, how do you put this in front of someone? They read it. You have this cast and this crew and you say, OK, make this garbage pile. Like, It, it just blew my mind. It was like you brought up the Pawnee hitting the window thing. There's so many moments in this movie that you've seen 5,000 times before. This world is so ripe for fun and exploration, Mm -hmm. but instead we fast forward to a cliched end of the world scenario within, you know, 20, 30 minutes of this movie. And we're doing that bullshit, you know? And it's just so fucking dumb. I, the, I was laughing at how bad the end was. I mean, I don't even, I don't have to per se spoil it, but it is so cliched. The character that ends up being the mole turns into the bad guy. He's got the MacGuffin. Chris Hemsworth gives him the, I know you're in there. I know you wouldn't want to do this speech. He morphs almost back into the person, saves the universe and comes to his senses and gives the MacGuffin back. I'm like, my eyes couldn't have rolled further into the back of my head at the shit that was happening in this movie. I, I can't believe that it, it, they must think audiences are fucking morons for them to give the thumbs up to this and power to all the actors and actresses in this movie for trying as hard as they did. They must have known just how terrible this material was. Why would you not have the fun of Tessa Thompson entering this world and seeing all these different things for the first time? Why are you fast forwarding that right into an end of the world scenario storyline? I, for the life of me could not fucking understand. Oh my God. We didn't get any of her training. Here's the thing. It's like, yeah, the, the, the problem thing that could have happened didn't. Well, the problem was they were trying to be so different than the Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones thing is, is what they did is they basically, um, gave us those characters, but like, it was weird because like Tessa Thompson was the Tommy Lee Jones, but she's the new recruit and Chris Hemsworth is the Will Smith, but he's the old seasoned recruit and it just didn't work. Like you, there's, there, I'm, I'm sorry, but like for me, like the, the chemistry between Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith, it was just so good that it just made this look so bland and terrible and for two actors that I thought had fantastic and amazing chemistry in Ragnarok, they just fell flat for me in this. Like their little scene out in the desert was like, if I compared that little scene of them out in the desert to, and that was all Kumail Nanjiani that made that scene work. Not them in my mm. opinion. If I compare yeah. that scene to like the scene on the boat with 
Gal Gadot and Chris Pine, like that was chemistry. Like you felt that chemistry between those two characters. And I'm not just saying like romantically, they didn't like need that romantic connection um, in this movie per se, but like I felt like no connection between those characters. It was, it, oh God, it, the screenplay yeah, was a wreck. Me, it, it, yeah, the screenplay was just such a wreck. And for them to squeeze in what they did out of it, I, I was honestly impressed. It was just so there was it was so fucking dumb. From from Molly running into her childhood alien friend again, and mm-hmm. every way they got out of everything was the most eye rollingly dumb shit I've ever seen the, in a fucking science fiction action movie. The funniest <laughs> part for me was when the hammer scene. I'm not really spoiling anything because it's in the trailer where. You know, Hemsworth picks up the hammer, but like before he goes to grab it, it looks like he's trying to call Mjolnir and he has to like reach for it. And I, I laughed my ass off at that. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. This Kumail Nanjiani, I thought Pawnee was fantastic and I thought his delivery on those jokes were great. Melissa, what did you think about Men in Black International? Um, I thought it was fine. Like, I don't have, um, and I have been getting a little bit of crap for this opinion since I saw the movie, but, like, I thought it was not as dumb, but, like, I thought that, like, the laughs were kind of on par with the original one, but I hadn't ever seen that until, like, last month. And, like, I don't have a super big connection to, like, anything that Will Smith has ever done. So, like, watching the original, I was like, yeah, this is a movie. And when I saw this one in theaters, I was like, yeah, this is a movie. Oh my god! Like it made me laugh. It was kind of dumb, and I know that that's like not the wrong opinion, but I know that I have missed something <laughs> with the first Men in Black by not having seen it at like a more formative time in my life. Jake, if you would have uh, taken if you would have taken me back to 1995, 96, and told me that Will Smith was going to lose the youth of America, the influence over the youth of America, I would have told you you're crazy. <laughs> you mean he lost it? got Melissa on here and she just doesn't get it. I yeah. don't. I don't. <laughs> I, think I, that I don't think he lost me. I think I just missed him. Like that no, you got, what I'm, my, my point is like, me. I know he skipped you. What I'm saying is like, for me, I, I'm putting like, I'm taking myself back to the nineties. This guy was everything. Fresh Prince of Bella. Yeah. Hell, he, like he's, you know, he was part of like the hip hop, you know, with the parents don't understand and like, the funny, the funny rap and stuff like that. And, uh, and then, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, uh, Fresh Prince and then Men in Black and Bad Boys. And I mean, he was huge and like, it's crazy, Jake. It's like we, we, we see these, uh, these celebrities that we remember from back in the day. They were huge, man. They were fucking huge. I'm talking about Jim Carrey. I'm talking about fucking Adam Sandler. I'm talking about, you know what I mean? And like, the, as they get yeah. older, they get older, man. It's crazy. They lose a little bit of that, man. It's, it's, it's so weird. I, like, what is it, Jake? Is it, is it because, like, do they have a shelf life as far as, like, and I'm not saying Will Smith has a shelf life. I think Will Smith has, is a talent. I really, I think, like, he's still, I still think that Will Smith has yet to give his best performance. But I'm talking about, like, why are we talking about Will Smith? I, I still th- like that 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 youthful, energetic Will Smith is like—is that gone, Jake? Have we lost him? Is he gone? Yeah, I, I don't think we're gonna recapture that. I think a lot of credit for um, how great he was in that first movie goes to Sonnefeld too. That you know did that first movie. Yeah, yeah, Barry Sonnefeld. And I, I think um, he did something in that first movie that's just so hard to do is where you have that really campy, over the top alien comedy stuff going on. 
but yet you still convey the weight of this secret world that everyone doesn't know about and, you know, what it means for them to hold back the alien invasions and to keep the peace and everything. Yeah. And I thought that's what one thing that the new movie just really failed at was yeah. conveying, like, any of the weight of what the Men in Black are actually doing. It just – everything was turned up to 11 so quickly that, like, I just didn't give a shit. It was obvious that the world was going to get saved and yada, yada, yada. Like, yeah. I, I don't where do you, know. It where do you go? fun. Where do you go in the next movie from here? But Melissa, we I cut you off. Go ahead. Oh no, that's fine. Um, I think a lot of the issues with um, Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson's chemistry is that like Chris Hemsworth is very funny, and the the jokes that they were giving him didn't feel like natural to him. So I feel like he was like off kilter because like all of the first like scenes of him when he's like playing that card game and like trading sex for like whatever and like making like some dumb joke about it the next day, like all of that stuff felt like foreign to like his like comedy style so i'm like this is a weird like he's very funny let him be funny you don't have to make him tell like these very dumb like bad jokes yeah, so the, jo- the jokes weren't funny they they just weren't yeah but no. the first like 40 minutes of this movie when they're like showing you like the dual worlds and it's like going back and forth between like the human world and like where aliens are like out and about like it felt so much like watching like a wizarding world movie or like a fantastic beast film i loved it <laughs> i was like this is so fun and especially because like they're in london so my mind's are already like Harry Potter, Fantastic Beast. And so, like, all those, like, cute little creatures, I realize that that's not, like, the normal style of, like, Men in Black. But for me, I was like, this is so great. I love it. Like, look at these two worlds, like, working together. And then there was, like, no more world building. It was, like, the villain was, like, this alien that had no backstory, really, because hey, yeah, I feel like we're, you guys, we keep <laughs> spoiling. or scary. <laughs> Need to pull back on spoiling this entire movie because it was awful. Well, I like, think she's talking about the twins. I don't think that's any any spoiler. Like that's kind of who the main on screen villain is for yeah. the for the majority of the movie. <laughs> and they just show up and look sinister. Yes, yes. I know. They're, they're not funny. It's hard yeah. to be Vincent D'Onofrio ever. It's not interesting. It's not funny. It's yeah, yeah. Once you get over the fact that they're identical twins that turn into swirling fog, there's pretty much nothing more to see here. Move along. Yeah, I I, I just did not care for them at all, which is why they I made do the... villainy through hip hop club dancing. Oh god, that would have been better. Like if they would have done <laughs> hip hop club dancing, at least that would have been interesting. They were doing something <laughs> like they they should have just been vanquished within their first scene because the next seven scenes with them are exactly the same as the first six. You know, it's pretty bad. I'm trying to remember if either of you have rated this one yet. I give it the lowest of taste-its. Um, I'll just give it a regular taste-it, because, I mean, I did laugh. It was fine. I like Tessa Thompson so much. They're like, oh, watch her in a bad movie. <laughs> See, that's the yeah. thing. I think for me and Jake, Jake, I think we both loved that first movie so much. We were hoping that this was going to be the start of something special, yeah. and it just killed it for us. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The ending was so bad, too. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. It was so heavy-handed sequel bullshit. And It's just such a a shame if you're going to do Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth and something else. I don't see why those two people needed, like, an established IP for them to do, like, a buddy cop movie together. So if this wasn't something special, like you were saying, like, I don't see how this got made. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's crazy. Was there a post-credit sequence? I no. couldn't run out to my car and take ibuprofen fast enough. No, all <laughs> all you got to do, all you got to do is get on your phone real quick and just type in does such and such have a post-credit scene. I I do that 9 out of 10 times. Yeah. I I just I barely cared. Yeah, I I did it real quick and saw that there wasn't and I bounced the fuck out. So, yeah. Oof. Yeah, it's such a shame, such a shame. I don't yeah. And this is not doing well in the box office. No. It's not doing well on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure this will have killed the franchise for another 10 years. Yeah, well, unless some streaming service decides to do a TV show on it. So, I, I think, actually, that is this is a perfect franchise for weekly episodic television. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't you mind would, that. I wouldn't yeah, mind it. I mean, you wouldn't mind it, you said? No, I wouldn't mind it. You're, I'm, I'm saying you're not going to get Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson on that, but you're going to get... You know, you're gonna you'll get somebody, and it, it's fun aliens, and you know if you get Amazon or it would be uh, it would be Warner Brothers, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and I think if you don't, you're not confined to two hours, and you don't feel like you have to jump to end of the world scenario so quickly, and you can actually have some fun with the fun stuff. Did Warner Brothers make this? Is it Warner Brothers? Uh, no, it was Columbia. Columbia, so Sony, Sony, Sony. Sony. yeah. Because I, I did actually, one one of my few laughs was the uh, Columbia statue pulling out the shade yes. and do it. Mm. <laughs> I did thought you, that was actually pretty cool. I like that. Did you get the men in black glasses at the theater? I did not. Oh, I got them. I did not. Yeah, I got men in black sunglasses at my theater and that was the best part of the movie um does men in black have to be like end of the world because i haven't seen two and three no are those end of the world stories too because i feel like the aliens have such like benign problems that i would watch like tessa thompson and chris hemsworth solve like inter-alien disputes just like on earth and it's not like the world's not going to end but like just alien problems. <laughs> that's. I mean, that's what was. But like part of the fun and like the, the first movie is just like Will yeah. Smith tagging along with Tommy Lee Jones and like Tommy Lee Jones talking about all these aliens and their problems and like interrogating them and the one the one aliens given birth in the car while Tommy Lee Jones is interrogating the husband oh, and stuff yeah. like that. I mean that like and that we didn't get that kind of stuff in this movie really. It was all yeah, I mean yeah, just keeping the peace, checking on terrorists, yes. making sure things are where they're supposed to be. Like just the daily life of the job to me is more interesting than a tropey end of the world scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. But I you know what are you gonna do? It's it's they fucked up. I mean, oh, it's sad. And you had a great cast. Everything it looked like everything was in place for like a great like a new trilogy. And it just oh, it's just gonna go by the wayside. We'll see how it does internationally. Uh, no pun intended. Um, but if it does well, <laughs> but if it does well internationally, it could maybe revive something. And I'm begging Taika Waititi to get on this because I think Taika Waititi would just knock this franchise out of the park. He would kill in this universe. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's unfortunate he couldn't be a part of this one, but honestly, I unless he got to rewrite the screenplay, I don't think even he could have saved this. No, I know. I, I agree, but see, that's the thing. It's like we got two Thor movies that like weren't universally loved. And then he comes in and does this. Like, he's the guy that, like, if we do get a second one, he's the guy that you, that Sony, like, drops the money on to, to get him in to come in here and fix it, make it right. Yeah. yeah, I agree. In a perfect world, I agree with that. I mean, he's so great with these two actors as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's unfortunate that that'll never fucking happen now. Yeah, that's true. Uh, real quick, uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this at all. I watched uh, the new Adam Sandler movie on Netflix. <laughs> I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, it's called Murder Mystery, a New York it's- cop. Go ahead. Jennifer Aniston? Yeah, Jennifer Aniston. Nice. Luke Evans, Terrence Stamp, Gemma Arterton, Danny Boone, a New York cop and his wife go on a European vacation to reinvigorate the spark in their marriage, but end up getting framed on and on the run for the death of an elderly billionaire. This movie starts off kind of like it has some funny moments with um, Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston in the first like half hour. Uh, and then it just turns into like this murder mystery and it's so cliched and it's meant to be. It's meant to be cliched. I get it. Uh, but it just, I don't know. I would have rather have just seen a movie where these two characters go on vacation. Like, uh, yeah. with, with like their kids or something. I mean, it. You could watch Just Go With It. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's one of those things where like, if, if Adam Sandler did like his own version of the Na- National Lampoon's Vacation, I would probably watch that movie. Cause, Jake, did you see him on SNL recently? The, the, S- I did. I did. That was great, man. Yeah, yeah, he was he was really good. I I was surprised at how hard Opera Man was hitting me. Yeah. Oh God. And then the Chris Farley song at the end just broke me. So, but yeah, that was really good. I, yeah. You know what? I it was the second time seeing it, it got emotional to me too, but not because I'd seen it already on his special. It mm. kind of diluted it a little bit. Yeah, I didn't watch his special. Um, but uh, yeah, he was great on that. I mean. I don't know. There, 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 this had moments in like the first thirty minutes where I'm like actually kind of like laughing at Sandler and and enjoying Jennifer Aniston. Just kind of like this couple that he goes, he goes, you know, like they they've lost the spark of their marriage and like it's their wedding anniversary and they're gonna go like on this dinner and uh, and he he's in this convenience store buying her gift for their fifteenth year anniversary. In a convenience store, and he buys a fucking <laughs> card, like a CVS or something. Excuse me, and he buys a Walgreens a, or whatever. Yeah, and he buys this fucking greeting uh, a greeting card that 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 has a squirrel, and it and he's holding a nut, and he's like, "I'm nuts for you." Adam Sandler looks at it, laughs, and then grabs the fucking envelope like that's the perfect card for their 15 year anniversary. <laughs> And then I'm I'm dying at that. That's so funny. And then then he goes to the Amazon gift card aisle, goes to pull the hundred dollar one, and then goes down and just pulls the fifty dollar one. So his gift to her is going to be a fucking fifty dollar Amazon gift card and a I'm nuts for you fucking card. Like that had me rolling. And like that's the kind of shit that I thought was really funny. And then it goes into like this whole murder mystery thing where you know it's just the 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 classic murder mysteries that uh you know we've seen done before and um mixed in with a little bit of the sandler humor and some of it was funny but i'm gonna give this a low tasted overall it's nothing that i tell everybody that you're not gonna have to like rush on to netflix and watch this one but if it's like a sunday and you're i don't know and you're bored out of your goddamn gourd and you've seen everything else i guess watch this all there right. you go. There you go. Um, Jake, what do you got this week? Hey, I wanted to talk about a game that was released this week called uh, Collection of Mana. I just I don't want to go too far into this, but I want to bring it up to listeners out there that are 
me and your age, Brian, because they may have played a Super Nintendo game called Secret of Mana that was pretty popular back in the day. I remember that game. And um, the the draw to this game, Collection of Mana, is it includes Secret of Mana. It includes the Game Boy game that came out before it. But it also includes a 1995 Super Nintendo sequel to Secret of Mana that has since now only been released in Japan. And this is the first time it's ever come out in the States. Um, This has been one of those games that I've wanted to play my whole life. I've read countless articles about how this is the best Super Nintendo RPG ever made. And we never even got a chance to play it. It was never properly translated. It was near the end of the Super Nintendo's life, and they were moving on to kind of their next system. And, you know, before Final Fantasy VII came out, we really didn't get that many of the RPG-style style games. They kind of only gave us about 30 to 40% of them because they didn't think they'd sell too well here. So, yeah, this is a $40 Switch exclusive that features the very first English translation of the Super Nintendo sequel to Secret of Mana, which came out in 1995. And... um I haven't got a chance to crack too much into this yet, but wow, it is just mind-blowing to hear all these new tracks of music from all these Square composers that I've never heard before. You can tell this is a late-life Super Nintendo game because it pulls out all the Mode 7 fancy graphic tricks, and it looks really nice even for Super Nintendo, just classic you know, 16-bit JRPG style. This is some neat stuff, and um, if you, like me, have heard this game brought up a million times but never had any way to play it other than illegal translations that you can download on the pc um this is well worth your 40 dollars, and along with it you get the secret of mana game too and you get that game boy game as well and the reason they actually did this is because they're going to make a brand new modern graphic version of this game which is called trials of mana by the way the third secret of mana and it's going to be like a full 3d 2020 game so they thought it was pretty bad to release that game without none of us having a chance to even play the original that it was based off of so it finally opened the door for us to get an english translated version of this game and man i'm pretty pumped to play through this and crack into this it feels like the last great super nintendo game i've never got a chance to play and pretty geek excited that this dropped this week Hmm. very cool what was your favorite announcement at e3 this year Man, there was a lot of them. Honestly, this this and Final Fantasy VIII actually coming out again were the two big ones for me. Um, man, I never thought we were going to get Final Fantasy VIII because they did all the re-releases and they skipped right past it and did nine and they did ten. And all the Reddit posts were saying that Sony actually lost the original files to the game and that was why they couldn't remaster it in HD and bring it back and... You know, the fact that it was three, four years and there was no word that they were ever going to do that kind of led me to believe that that was true. So, man, I watched the uh, Square presentation live, and when that Final Fantasy VIII music hit, I I audibly mm. popped in front of my TV. And it's nothing more than just a HD code on the original game, but just to be able to play that again without dusting off my PlayStation 1, which you practically have to turn upside down for it to even work anymore, it... I'm glad for that to come out, man. That's I know it's a stupid thing to be the number one thing, but, man, it, it really got me. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I saw a little bit of the announcements and stuff. I'm excited for that uh, TurboGrafx-16 Mini. Yeah. Um, 
I'm I don't think they've released the full game list yet. No, the only six. Um, like the the in the six games that they released, I'm not like too excited. There's the, there's the Japan version and then the U.S. version, and like pretty much all the games are different on each version. I until you, I mean, you got to announce some better games. Yeah, I was surprised by that. You think you would come out of the gate with like three or four strong titles? Like the stuff that they told us is the stuff that I would sprinkle in at the end. Yeah. Not, yeah. Launch the idea of the system with like, yeah. where's the bonks and where's the splatter house? Exactly. Where's, where's uh, Keith Courage? Where's you know, um, you know, China Warrior and uh, what was that other? Like some I can't remember this street. It was not a Street Fighter game, but it was kind of like a Double Dragon type game that I used to play. But like, oh yeah, um, like, but they. I was surprised that they included a couple of uh, Turbo Graphics CD games. Oh yeah, I was surprised about that too. Man, that thing was a giant fucking failure. Yeah, they had a Final Fantasy game on that system though. Yeah, yeah, I remember that as well. Yep. Yeah. Oh, they had. Didn't they have Darkwing Duck and Tailspin? Oh, well, those were NES games. They might have had them on TurboGrafx. They were on TurboGrafx 16 as well. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest video game guy. I did watch the Square presentation. I did watch the Nintendo presentation, and. Yeah, it was, it was pretty exciting stuff for me. Um, first time I got to see Luigi's Mansion 3. Um, I'm a big fan of that franchise. I like how it's been so long. and They've only done three games, so it's not gotten completely stale. Yeah, I played the, a little um, bit of the first one. It's kind of like a Ghostbusters thing with like a vacuum cleaner. Is that right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite video game soundtracks is actually Luigi's Mansion, and I love how he breaks down the wall and actually hums the soundtrack himself while he's like trying not to be scared. He's, he's looking for the ghost. I've never mm. seen a video game character hum his own soundtrack while you're playing the game. And I always thought that was a really great touch in that game. Mm. Very cool. What, uh, you got anything else? Uh, no, no, just lots of video game junk this week. And saw the men in black. All right. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Melissa, what do you got? Um, okay, so a couple weeks ago, you mentioned that you had never heard of Fleabag until season two, like, went a little viral yeah, um, when it yeah. jumped on Amazon. Did you watch any of it? Uh, uh, when? How? You know, I, I don't know. I yeah, know. I know. I know. It's, but it's, I, mean, I'm, no, I need to. I need to. It's one of those things that I will have to start. I. It's so it's it's I'm it's one of those so things doing this show. I got to keep watching. It. I got to watch the new because, stuff. So yeah, I know. But like, so if you would have been like, yeah, I watched it, and you didn't talk about it on the show, I would have been like, man, I'm like disappointed that you didn't love it. So out of the two options, I'm glad that it's still on the list. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So uh, since you haven't seen it, and you mentioned it, and I'm obsessed with it, I figured I would talk a little bit about that. Um, Fleabag is a show created by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, uh, who also created and was a showrunner for the first season of Killing Eve. Um, and she's also doing a pass right now on the new James Bond script. So and, she's out here and, doing awesome shit. <laughs> and she was L3 in uh, yes, Solo. Yes. Mm. Um, so Fleabag is actually based on a one-woman show that she did in 2013. Um, and the first season of the Fleabag TV show came out in 2016. Uh, the show stars Olivia Coleman, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, of course, uh, Bill Patterson, Cyan Clifford. Um, she was in 2018's version of Vanity Fair, if anybody watched that. Um, Brett Gelman and then Andrew Scott. Shut the Sherlock. fuck up. It's got yeah, Brett Gelman in it. Yeah, one of the Black it. Mirror episodes. 
that it, just came out. It's got Brett Gelman uh, in it. Yes, yes, and he's a character in both seasons. I love so, Brett Gelman. Sorry. Yeah, so, it, I mean, everybody who hasn't seen this yet is really missing out. Um, I watched the first season back in 2016, and then the UK actually got season two before we did, about a month, and all of these reactions started coming out from, like, the critics over there, and I was being tortured waiting for this thing to drop mm. on Amazon. Um, I cannot say enough good things about this show. It is one of the only things that has ever, like, lived up to the hype when people started saying, like, the second season is the best thing that I've, you know, ever seen, which sounds insane. But this is the first thing that's even competed with YouTube's Wayne for my favorite show of the year. Like, the only thing that has even come close. It is, I want to say, a perfect 12 episodes of television. They're only 25 minutes, so the whole thing takes less than six hours mm. to finish. Um I don't want to say too much about the plot. The first season has a really excellent twist that, like, puts her behavior into perspective because she can be deeply, um, I don't want to say unlikable, but it's hard to kind of, like, root for what she's doing because she's a little self-destructive. Um, but she's hilarious, and you find out that she's working through, you know, serious trauma. Um, I know that for some people the, the first season alone is a bit heavy to actually get through, um, but after the second season, it adds so much. It's so good on its own, and it adds so much to the first season. It just makes the whole thing so worth it. Um it's weird. It does fourth wall breaking in a way that I haven't really seen before. And it's not just necessarily like played for laughs. Uh, they continue that aspect and even like change it and enhance it in the second season, which like I was a little worried that that was going to get a little tired by the second season. But I think that they knew that they would have to like change up some of the, that fourth wall stuff in order to like keep people interested in that aspect. Um, I I just I could go on about this forever. I know this sounds so ridiculous, but like I legitimately had like an existential crisis watching this show and it broke me into a million pieces and then put me back together again. Like mm. it is so good. Um the first season is like very very sad. It's heavy um and the, the end of the second season is is sad too, but it's so hopeful. It like makes you realize that like even if you've gone through like something so traumatic, like even if you've been so broken, so um, self destructive, like you still have things to offer other people. Like you still have love to give. You're still deserving of people giving you love. Um, it hits me in such a deeply emotional way. I want everyone to watch it. Oh it is my the best god! Thing. Yeah, you just well you. <laughs> just fucking sold me like that sounds absolutely incredible i and i'm it's it, yeah i think we all need that i think we all need that and it's it's nice when uh when you can watch something that'll i mean i don't know it, it break you and then but build you back up in the same it's, it's i very mean cool. i know it sounds like i'm being so over dramatic and like i'm not even being like hyperbolic yeah that's legitimately how i feel about this show that's good. I, I, cause I watch Bojack Horseman and I just leave mm -hmm. depressed. 
that show hurt my feelings and I never went back. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I love Bojack, but like sometimes I just still, I just leave <laughs> depressed, you know, just like, where's the buildup? You know, that doesn't happen. Yeah, but, this leaves you yeah. with like such a sense of like, all right, it's cool to be the most sad, but like things are going to be good. I'm, you know, everybody's yeah. going to be fine. You sold me on Brett. Myself Bre- included. You sold me on Brett. You I'm sold so me on, well, you so sold me on Brett Gelman, number one. <laughs> I fuck. I fucking love Brett Kelman. I think he's just fantastic. His character is a fucking card in this too. I think you're really gonna love. Him. Well, he's the reason I kept watching Camping. I love David Tennant. Tr- trust me, I love mm-hmm. David Tennant. But the reason I kept going back to Camping was Brett Kelman. I fucking love that guy. So I think he's just fucking incredible. So yeah, I'll, I'll watch Fleabag. It sounds great. Great. Yeah, I will watch. I gotta watch this, Jake. I gotta. It's, it's how many episodes in a season? Six episodes in two seasons, less than a half an hour each. Six hours out the door. All right, yeah, that's not much. I'm on it. I'll, I will make this happen. After I finish Chernobyl, I'm gonna start Fleabag. Yes, it's gonna happen. <laughs> I can't wait. Hopefully, next week I'll finish Fleabag and I can give you my review. So cool. Yeah, I would get more people to watch this, you know. Oh yeah, Tupperware, obviously. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure, yeah, Tupperware. I'm sure Epics has gotten at least five more subscriptions because of us talking about Perpetual Grace. (laughs) I know. That's a lot of subscriptions. They owe us money at this point. They owe us money. They owe us money. Um, I, uh, Melissa, do you have anything else? Um, I watched the first episode of the new season of Big Little Lies. Yeah, you know, I've never watched Big Little Lies, uh, the first season. Um, and, uh, God, this is, this is very reminiscent of our, uh, Fleabag conversation. Just, all you have to do is tell me, <laughs> just, t- just lie to me and tell me that Brett Gelman is in, uh, Big Little Lies and I will watch it. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, well, the first season of Big Little Lies is obviously great. That's how I got a second season in the first place. Um, they, this is a show that was originally based on a novel by, uh, Leanne Moriarty, I believe is how you say her name. How do you um, say her name? Hold on. Leanne Moriarty. Moriarty. Like, like uh, Sherlock Holmes? Yeah. Or? Yeah, like Moriarty. I don't Sherlock- know the answer to that. What? Hold Maybe on. What is, <laughs> what is going on with the youth of America, Jake? <laughs> they don't know that that fucking. We're just too old. Just we are too old. I, I, you don't know that Sherlock Holmes' uh, main villain is Moriarty. Because when you said when you said Moriarty, I the necessarily tell you that I knew that there were like villains per se in Sherlock. <laughs> what do you think he's What do you think he's doing all day? Huh? I thought he was just solving mysteries. I didn't know it was like a main villain for you, like, like, the whole thing. I lost my car keys. Could you help me find them? Like, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think, Sherlock? I smell a funny gas in my home. Can you find where it's originating from, Sherlock? I have not. I'm thinking about Sherlock Holmes. He's solving murders. He's solving murders. And they're all committed by this one person? No, no. He is a reoccurring bad guy, though, throughout the series. Also made famous by Star Trek Next Generation episodes. Oh, God, the holodeck episodes, Jake. I'm telling you, some of my favorite shit, dude. Yeah, I I feel like without that show, I wouldn't even know this trivia at all anyway. It's not like I'm sitting around reading Sherlock Holmes either. I get it. Yeah, that was old info back when we were young. Right, I don't know. I just wanted to pick on Melissa a little bit there. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. You were talking about uh, um, Big Little Lies season two. Yeah. So she wrote this book and the first season, I believe, was billed as a limited series. So they went through the entire first book. Um, it was a massive success and they got Meryl Streep to come in for the second season. So is this her first TV show? I'm sorry. What is this? Um, I don't know. You it's said you said I you said sorry. What? And then you answered my question. Well, because I thought I didn't hear you, but <laughs> and yeah, then you totally did. <laughs> my brain was like, "Hey, we heard that." <laughs> you, you were just you were all over the place. <laughs> and, uh, maybe she's got a gas leak in her house, Jake. <laughs> need to send out Sherlock and find out where that's coming from. Moriarty's at it again. <laughs> <laughs> Who? <laughs> oh, Melissa, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm terrible. Going. <laughs> no, you got uh, Meryl Streep. She's lying to people. Yes. Meryl Streep. Uh, yes. Everybody's lying. So this is starring Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, Shailene Woodley, Zoe Kravitz, Laura Dern, mm. Alexander Skarsgård, Adam Scott. Um, I wasn't necessarily thrilled when they decided to bring this back for a second season. Um, sometimes I'm wary of shows outlasting their, you know, initial premise or their source material or what have you. Uh, but the first episode of the second season actually really excited me. Um, I think that they're going to be able to actually earn a second season and it's not just something like, oh, this is a massive hit. Let's put Meryl Streep in it and continue it. Um, I'll give the first episode a high taste it. I assume, uh, based on what I've seen that this, you know, the whole season will be a Tupperware once we see all the episodes. Mm. Um, the most like top jarring, like shocking moment of this first episode, uh, was Meryl Streep. So right off the bat, they're like throwing her into this mix. Uh, watching her and Reese Witherspoon antagonize each other is, you know, a joy. Um, yeah, I don't want to say too much because you haven't seen the first season. Because uh, the first season has like a like really great twist, uh, and the second season is these women working through the aftermath of that twist. Mm -hmm. um, so the second season no longer has like a central mystery. So uh, we're seeing like them more internal internally. Excuse me. So they're doing like nightmare sequences and flashbacks. Um, John Mark Bellet, the director of Sharp Objects, did the first season. Um, he's not doing this second season. Uh, Andrea Arnold is the director. But John Mark Bellet is editing it, so it feels kind of cohesive with the first season. But, uh, you know, she's changing a little bit of like the small touches, like the way that like music is used in the show. That was a big deal in uh, season one. Um. Yeah, it's great. I think the first season is amazing, and you should definitely watch. And then this episode of the second season really eased some of my concerns with them getting a second season. So I'm really looking forward to what's going to happen with Jake, the rest of the episode. Jake, how did we miss out on the uh, Big Little Lies here? Uh, here's the thing. Uh, I've actually, I've actually watched the first episode of it. Michelle's a huge fan of it. And yeah, yeah, I I already know enough to know the twist of it all too, just without watching. So it's kind of detracted me from yeah. going ahead and just watching the whole thing. Mm. Huh? You know, um, but it's yeah, like I if mean, you can hear the end of sense, What's the point? If you haven't canceled it after Game of Thrones, you can watch this. <laughs> you shouldn't have canceled it because you guys uh, Chernobyl, and then True. Watchmen's going to be coming out. Hopefully. Jake, are you looking forward to Watchmen still? 
Oh, I'm so fucking excited. Damon Lindelof, fucking, oh my God. Uh, it's the whole Leftovers team, too. Yeah. It's not just Lindelof. Like, the the music coordinator is the same person, and one of my favorite parts about Leftovers was the music selection and choices, and to know that that whole team is right back at it again. Like, yeah. uh, super pumped. Yeah. Uh, Regina King, Don Johnson. Um, who else is in this fucking thing? Is Louis Gossett Jr. in it? Mm, I'd cast him. Let's cast him. Well, I don't know. I feel like he is. Uh, remember Iron Eagle? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember you, Iron Eagle 4 Aces High. Do you rem- <laughs> Yes. Do you remember Dig... Do you, do you ever watch Digstown? I have not seen Digstown, but I know of Digstown. Oh, my God. Uh, Digstown. Great boxing movie. Oh, so good. Let me look at Watchmen. Let me look this up. Let me read this cast. Can I talk hypothetical about Pretty Little Lies for a second? Yeah, go ahead. So let's say, let's say they Big decide to throw. Lies? What is it called? Pretty Big Little, little Lies. lies? <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Whatever. The three word show lies <laughs> in it. So once it goes to season three, what actor do they throw at it next time? Ah, like, oh, you're making fun of the. You're making fun of them adding Meryl Streep and like who are they gonna get the. Huh? Who yeah. is above Meryl Streep? Nobody, it's, right? It's like a gimmick, right? They'll get Nicholson out of retirement. <laughs> oh man, he was supposed to do a movie with Kristen Wiig. Oh, is that true? Mm-hmm. It's one hundred percent true. Oh, I would love to see that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was actually a remake of a French film. They're going to have it here in the U.S. And uh, I think he dropped. I think the movie's still getting made, but I think he dropped out. He's having. A, he's getting to that age where he just can't remember his lines. Yeah, that's sad. I love Nicholson, and I thought a lot of his late career movies were some of his fucking best. To be honest with you. Yeah, I would happen to agree. Uh, Gene Hackman got the same way. He got older and couldn't start remembering his lines, and so like Gene Hackman. I hate it when an actor goes out on a shit movie. His his final movie is Welcome to Mooseport with Ray Romano. Oh, woof. Yeah. Uh, oh my god, listen to this Watchmen cast. Uh, Yahya Abdul Mateen II. Um, he was just in that, uh, When They See Us. When They See Us, did you know there's a documentary? I think it's called The Central Park Five. It's on Canopy if you have Canopy. It was a PBS documentary. And, um, you, if you loved, uh, the show When They See Us, there's a documentary about it. I believe it's called The Central Park Five. I'm gonna be seeking that out. And watching that, Melissa, did you watch when they see us? No. I oh, you were in Spain. On, You're gonna give me the whole Spain. My, uh, give me the Spain excuse again, huh? That's on my list, right with Chernobyl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like I, not a vacation watch. I know. I you're not. That's not. It's a, hey, let's go to Spain and watch Netflix. You know, it's <laughs> that's you're especially not, a show or like Chernobyl or the like heavy shows we're talking about. Yeah, like let's let's. Yeah, like I watched Good Omens because that was fun. <laughs> yeah. Let me see with this Central Park Five. Let me see if I can find uh, where this is playing for people because I know there's a lot of people. Yeah, the Central Park Five. It actually came out in 2012. You can stream it right now on uh, Amazon Prime, Hoopla, and Canopy. So uh, Hoopla and Canopy are those uh, library services. Some libraries have uh, their own streaming services where they give you credits every month, and you can. Watch uh, watch movies on there for free. Um, I uh, Melissa, what else do you have? Do you have anything else? Um, I watched I Am Mother. Let's talk about I Am Mother. I also 
watched I Am Mother. This is a new movie on Netflix. Kind of came out of nowhere for me. I uh, didn't even realize that this was a thing. Uh, a teenage girl is raised underground by a kindly robot mother designed to repopulate the earth following the extinction of mankind. But their unique bond is threatened when an inexplicable stranger arrives with alarming news. It's directed by Grant Spoutor. Uh This guy has not done a lot. Back in 2011, he directed uh, four episodes of a show called Castaway. And he also directed a short film called Legacy. So he hasn't done a lot. But this stars Clara Rugard, Rose Byrne, and Hilary Swank. It's literally only like three actors. And I think, Melissa, correct me if I'm wrong, every actor in this is a woman. Yes, except for the robot. human person in the robot suit, in the robot who is suit. a dude named Luke. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's it. But um, I, this came out of nowhere. And it was created, written, and directed by men. Yeah. What did you think about this one? Um. Yeah. The first, like, two-thirds of this film, I was like, this is probably going to be, like, just a taste it. And by the end of the film, it was a high taste it, and I have thought about this movie mm-hmm. so fucking much <clears throat> since I saw it. So, I mean, it has to be a Tupperware, yeah. because I have put so much energy into thinking about this film. I really think it has interesting things going on beneath the surface. It, You know, it's a fun watch, and then I've just been really enjoying like digging into all the different things that like they could have been trying to say with this one um yeah so i mean i'll give it a tupperware i it it took a minute to grow on me but we are here now (laughs) fucking hell like seriously seriously the thing is with what you just said was my experience down to the t because because i'm thinking like this is a taste it after i got done watching the movie i was like okay that was a high taste it and then, yeah. and then it was like, you know what, Brian, I don't feel like me watching this has given me all the answers that I need. I'm going to go seek out some answers on this movie, see what other people are saying. And I did. And now I see the movie in a completely different light. This movie is fucking brilliant. It is fucking it has brilliant. So much going on. Yes. Yes. <laughs> there's like, there's this, there's this moment at the end. Where I, and I don't want to spoil anything. And if I do end up spoiling something, I will give you a spoiler warning. So don't worry about this. But there's a moment at the end of the movie where something happens. And even today, uh, I told my dad, I, I sent him a text message, shot him a text message a few days ago. I said, watch I Am Mother on Netflix. My dad's always looking for new things to watch. My dad loves mm-hmm. science fiction. Um, uh, so I, I sent him a message and I said, watch uh, I Am Mother on Netflix. Didn't even tell him what it was about. And he started watching it. I get a text message from him today saying, hey, could you, could you give me a call when you have a moment? No. Oh, I want to, oh. I want to talk about I Am Mother. And yes. so I said, well, I'm going to see, I, I was like, I'm going to see Shaft. And, uh, I said, as soon as I get out of Shaft, I will give you a call. We'll talk about it. And, uh, so I called him. And he's like, what's up with, I got a few questions for you. Had about three questions for me. And, um, I was able to answer all those questions. I think like this movie, it, 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 it does leave you with questions. There's like, there's uh, certain things that happen to certain characters and, uh, you, you, you might not know what happened. It, it's, it, I think it's a movie that you can watch two or three times and really, you know, and mm-hmm. then, and then, and, this movie's really deep. I was not expecting this from a Netflix fucking film. Like, 
Can can I can I spoil something with a cast of four? With a cast of four, it reminded me of Ex Machina in that way. It reminded me of the inverse Ex Machina. And here I'm, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to get into spoilers. Here's your spoiler warning. Yes. All right, Um, Melissa, watching this movie, it was for me what was so brilliant about it is like when humans make something and we find a defect in it if it's coming off like you know uh, off a, like a conveyor belt and and we find something that uh, we're going to be selling or putting out into the world that has a defect in it we destroy it and this was basically mm-hmm. that this was like yeah. mother is trying to create the perfect human and the, you know, we find out that the the second human that she created was incinerated, and then also, I mean, I was blown away when we find out at the very end of the movie that Hillary Swank was the first daughter. I know, and then you like know because I for a while I was like, I think I because you don't trust mother, you don't know whether you're supposed to mm-hmm. the whole time. And then when it started, you started getting to like the feeling of like, oh, mother is like, um, like an omnipresent, like God character. Yeah. I, I'm feeling like very uneasy about the fact that there's this like other woman there who like doesn't really understand her own backstory and like seem to show up at this place at like a certain time. So in my mind, I'm like, I feel like there's something else going on here. And then. When you find out that it was like all a plan, you're like tricky ass God character does it again. <laughs> well, she like she never had a family to begin with. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that was all like just a, just made up backstory. Never had a family to, to begin with. Um, all of those drawings, like yeah. And Clara Rugard, the the girl who plays daughter in this, is so good. Yeah. Like her joy when she sees those drawings in the book. Um, since we're doing spoilers, like after she does the surgery and she like panics, mm-hmm. I was like, this looks like real panic. Like I feel panic and anxiety watching this. And then at the end, with like just her like tears in her eyes, I'm like, this is a great actor. Mm. Uh, she was in the Lodge, which I didn't watch. I kind of wanted to and just missed it. So I whoa, guess- whoa, whoa! The Lodge that has that even come out yet? I think so. Wasn't it on last year? I don't think the lodge has even come out yet. Like that's with uh that's the horror movie with like the the two kids and the woman and the and the oh, father. Oh, I was thinking of what was the show called? You're right. You're 100% right. No, the I lodge is, of- the lodge is premiered at like Cannes or Sundance, but it has not yes. been released yet. So it's going to get released I in the fall. That, I thought that they I thought it was in reference to that show Lodge 49. Oh, okay. No. That was on yeah. last year. Are, okay. Are you thinking Ladder 49? No. <laughs> you remember the, it was that, wasn't that the Fireman movie? I haven't seen it. <laughs> mm. We are a um, fucking okay. hot mess. It's even a movie that's coming up. So that's yeah. even better. <laughs> I've heard nothing but good things about The Lodge, by the way. Yeah, that's going on my list right fucking now. Yeah, The, um, the Lodge comes out this <laughs> fall, so... Did you think about High Life when you were watching this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, my God. This this is 
Jake, this is this is a fantastic Netflix film. I think this is the best. I, I think this might be the best Netflix film I've ever seen, uh, besides Roma. I just came back. Are you done with the spoilers? Yeah, done with the. Oh, we're done with spoilers, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're done with spoilers. We are. Cool. Yeah, I want to see this. As soon as you read the description, I got excited. Yeah, yeah. This is like That's, that sounded incredible. <laughs> yeah, and like Hilary Swank is really good in this movie. Um, Clara Rugard is great. Um, I tupperware the fuck out of this movie. Can't stop thinking about it. Had a great conversation on the phone with my dad about it today. And like that made it even so much better. Cause like, you know, it, and, and my dad will do that every once in a while. It might, it used to be me. It's crazy how, uh, as a child, like I would ask my dad about like what happened in movies and he would have to explain them to me. And like my, now that I've kind of like watched more content than my dad, He's coming to me for like, hey, what happened? And it's so cool. I love having that bond with with him about the movies and stuff. So it was absolutely fantastic hearing from him today and talking to him about that. And I think that made this movie much more special too. But yeah, I I highly recommend I Am Mother um, on uh, on Netflix. This this is kind of I didn't even know this was coming out, Melissa. I knew, and I don't know. I think I just saw like. Maybe like a, I don't know if I saw a trailer. Like I had this movie on my calendar for mm-hmm. things to watch. So I saw something about it and thought like, oh, that sounds up my alley. Put it in my calendar and like forgot about it. I actually downloaded it to watch on my flight home and then didn't. And I'm so glad because like I didn't want to watch this movie on a plane. I mean, I would have, yeah, but it was yeah. so much better like sitting, you know, in my chair, like focused on nothing but this movie, because like we said, like there's so much going on. It's like, there's a lot of stuff in this movie. Like you could blink and miss. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that'll change like how you're thinking about like the things that come after. Um, yeah, it was really great. Uh, the only comment that I have to make that is not a spoiler, but is what I'm thinking about the most is this daughter is wearing handmaid's red. In the whole movie. Oh, really? <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> wow. Are you oh my, are you saying it's set in the same universe? I'm not saying it's set in the same universe. I'm just saying when I saw her in that outfit, I was like, that's a handmaid's red outfit. Why are you wearing that? And by the end of the movie, I knew. Wow. Okay. So, like, yeah, it very, could be in the same universe. It could be. I'm, I, 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 I'm going to have to. Oh, my God. You're blowing my fucking mind now. Like, has <laughs> has anybody made that connection online yet? Um, I haven't heard anybody say like the word like handmaids yeah, about it. Um, yeah. I don't want to go into like my whole other thing about the movie connected to that just because I don't want like the concept to be spoiled for anybody. Um, but people have like the same thoughts about it that I do. Who's covering, that, who's covering like, this? Vein. Is somebody doing an article on this for, our, for, for the website? know for sure i could look into that somebody needs to find out because like if not like you would be fucking you'd kill yeah if nobody's doing it i would love to yeah so i'll look into that and we will find out well brooke's listening right now so brooke (laughs) get in touch with melissa poor not poor brooke brooke is fucking amazing she's so amazing she's awesome and so yeah if nobody's doing this fucking movie and even if they are, kick them off of it. Give it to Melissa. All right. Oh, That's. You're done. You're done, JJ. <laughs> it's over. You're finished. <laughs>
uh, I went and saw, and I'm going to get back to you, Melissa, if you have anything else. Did you have anything else? Because we'll get back to you. Um, I have this, like, funny little thing about how I saw a Machine Gun Kelly show, and he played the drums to a Molly Crew cover, so, like, I basically saw Tommy Lee live. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. All right. Yeah, you can get into it if you want to. No, it's just that, like, they, uh, like, shut off their visuals and turned on, like, clips from the dirt, and so everyone was like, oh, this is awesome, and then, like, you know, the drum beat for Shout at the Devil started, and everybody mm. realized that it was, like, actually Machine Gun Kelly playing the drums and not his drummer, and then his drummer did, like, a lip sync to, like, you know, the vocals. It was really fun and cute. <laughs> oh, man. That is pretty funny. So yeah. they are milking the dirt on their tour, and they should. <laughs> Jake, are you a fan of the crew? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm not a diehard by any means, but there's no disdain. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I did, I mean, I wasn't even bringing disdain into it. Should there have, wow. That was a. Well, I know some people are, are real anti all the hair rock and everything, and, and that's not me, but I mean, uh, on the same page, it's also not something I'm jamming on the regular oh i am i am dude i you go kickstart my heart oh god it's it's on my spotify i promise you i have clicked that green fucking heart uh on uh, i'm a huge fan of the crew love the crew i watched uh the tommy lee goes to college reality show when that was on tv and it was it was god it was fucking glorious and hilarious i love that fucking show God, if, if that's stri- if I could find Tommy Lee goes to college, I would watch that again. Such a good, <laughs> such a good fucking show. It was fucking cool, dude. I love. I oh god, I love the crew. Uh, I went and saw Late Night. Uh, anybody else seen Late Night? No, I did not. I really want to though. Late yeah. Night is a comedy drama, or a, or as the kids are calling it, a dramedy. Dramedy, Jake. Yeah, I like it. Kids are calling it a drama. <laughs> I like it. We've been we've been calling them dramedies since I was like fifteen. I know. I'm just <laughs> sorry. Uh, it's uh, directed by Nisha Janatra, uh, who did some episodes from uh, the show Transparent. Um, I never seen Transparent. That's the uh, what's his name from uh, Jeffrey Tambor. Jeffrey Tambor. What? Yeah. Uh, that hurt me when he had accusations. Did he get cleared? Uh, he got kicked off that show. <laughs> he got kicked off Transparent? Oh, man. Uh, Late Night comes from a screenplay by Mindy Kaling. Uh, it stars Emma Thompson, Mindy Kaling, Max Casella, uh, Hugh Dancy, John Lithgow, Dennis O'Hare. Uh, yeah, Dennis O'Hare from American Horror Story. Uh, Reed Scott and Amy Ryan. Uh, the plot follows the host of a late night talk show who teams up with one of her new staff writers in an attempt to save the show. Uh, you've got Emma Thompson here. She plays Catherine Newberry. She's the only woman to ever have a long running program on late night. So kind of like a David Letterman, a Conan O'Brien, a Jimmy Fallon, a Jimmy Kimmel, a Jenny Carson. Um, she's like, did you ever watch Joan Rivers, Jake, when you were a kid? I love Joan oh, Rivers. Yeah. yeah, 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 me too. Why the fuck did she get canceled? She was fantastic, wasn't she? Yeah, I, I, maybe that just wasn't the right outlet for her. Ah, man. I thought she, I loved the Joan Rivers show. Did you ever watch the Dolly Parton? She Part- got canceled? She got canceled. Well, her, her talk show did. Yeah, they didn't cancel. Oh, they didn't not cancel. her. Not her as a person. Not her e-fashion okay, show. I, I'm with it. I thought you meant like, 
she got personally canceled. <laughs> yeah, she got canceled as a person. They're like, we're done with Joan Rivers. We're done. We're done with. Did, did Joan Rivers? Didn't she get on like QVC a lot, Jake, or the Home Shopping Network? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I think I she did. I think she. I think Joan Rivers was on fucking like QVC or the Home Shopping Network, and she was selling like chunky jewelry, like chunky old lady Hawk, jewelry. Hawking jewelry on that shit. Yeah, chunky old lady jewelry. I'm not talking. You know, like how like uh, the young girls like they have like the like the slim like I don't know like they don't they don't wear like the like they the slim necklaces and like like I don't know petite jewelry, but fucking Joan Rivers had like you know. Fucking like chunky ass jewelry, like like the necklaces look like something like <laughs> Betty Rubble was wearing. You know what I mean? <laughs> I dig, I dig. Yeah, old old person jewelry, like, old, old like jewelry. a brooch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Doesn't yeah. doesn't a doesn't a brooch? Big old, big old stone encrusted in gold, dude. Yeah, big old stone encrusted in gold. brooches and like what else? Is the old like, the the big old pins, but like those pins that they wear. Those pins, like those fucking pins, those pins are like, you could, like, like, it's like like a goddamn sewing needle from, like, the early 1900s. You know what I mean? Kill you. You could kill a man with one of those, (laughs) those fucking brooches. You you drop a fucking brooch on somebody, it's like a goddamn anvil hitting you in the head. Fucking chunky old lady jewelry. It's ugly shit. I I swear to God, Joan Rivers. Yeah, we're going to talk about late night here in a second, people. It's probably going to be a late night tonight doing this fucking episode because I can't shut up about Joan Rivers on QVC selling chunky ass jewelry. I think it's (laughs) trying to milk comedy out of brooches somehow. You want to see something fucking funny? You want to see something fucking funny? Go on to YouTube and type in Mike Rowe, R-O-W-E, Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs. He used to be a QVC host. And you want to watch something funny? Watch him selling lava lamps. It is the funniest fucking video you'll ever see. Look it up, people. Fucking hilarious. I'm does not... QVC even exist anymore? Yeah, Home it Shopping does. Network or those things? It's it's uh, QVC does because I know it's like Roku tries to get me to fucking watch it on my app uh, on the on the Roku. <laughs> you watch that one time for Joan Rivers, and it forever won't. I know. Can you? uh, Those fucking shows are so dumb. Like two ladies talking about a Roomba for like fucking an hour. You know what I mean? You're just watching. You're watching two Roombas. These little fucking uh, little uh, uh, fucking remote control fucking vacuum cleaners on your floor, and they're talking about those for fucking an hour or two. Yeah, and look at these. You're gone. You're gone. You're at work. You're at work. And it's it's cleaning your floors. What what's it gonna be like to come home to clean floors? What's it gonna be? How much time are you gonna save when you come home to a clean floor? What is a clean? You can't leave your room a cleaning when you're not home because it gets stuck on shit. Oh, but doesn't do anything. (laughs) No, but here's the thing. Like right now, if you order, if we're gonna give you twenty percent off. We're going to get you 20% off. We're also going to give you a second charging station. You're only going to get that here on QVC, a second charging station. So let's say the first charging station is too far away and it starts to lose battery and it's going to go back to the charging station. It's not going to make it. You got a second charging station. You're going to make sure that you got your Roomba charged. You're going to have your floors clean for you all the time. How does that sound? How's it? Just call the number on the body. Honestly, screen. it sounds fucking wonderful please take my money i don't know <laughs> fucking, it's just stupid like uh people t- uh fucking uh, remember the uh, okay i'm late night i watched late night 
I gotta, I gotta stop myself. I gotta, I really gotta fucking stop myself. I watched late night, uh, yeah, Emma Thompson plays Catherine Newberry. She's, she runs a, she's the only woman to have a long running program on late night. Um, uh, her ratings are plummeting and, uh, she's being accused of a woman who hates women because all of her writing staff are men. And so, uh, basically she's looking to hire a woman, any woman, and Molly Patel, played by Mindy Kaling, comes in for an interview to be a writer on the staff and she works at a chemical plant. She has no um, experience being a comedy writer, but she loves comedy and she does a little bit of stand up here and there and she becomes the first um, female writer on her staff and uh, she's a, a Indian woman. And so like, uh, you know, uh, that's a big part of this is like, um, um, you know, like, Oh, uh, how, how, People like minorities are treated when they get a job as not being qualified. It was just like a diversity hire and all this stuff. That that is a big theme in this movie, and like it's a big part of this movie. And I, I, I I'm first of all, I'm going to give it a Tupperware. I loved this movie. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. This is it's uh, Amazon Studios. So a really good thing about this movie is like after its theatrical run. It'll be immediately available on Amazon Prime, which I love that about that, uh, about Amazon Studios movies. Um, both of the female leads in this are great. Emma Thompson is so good in this role. She is sarcastic. She is funny. She's hard-nosed. I loved her. Her delivery on jokes was so good. I love a fucking sarcastic, mean person. Uh, believe it or not. Um, so, <laughs> I know, isn't that weird? Uh, Very shocker. shocking. Yeah. Mindy Kaling in this movie is so charming, and her character has, like, this sunny p- disposition that, like, at first you're so annoyed by, but just like the other characters in this movie, the more you get to know her, um, the more you reject her, like, the more you get to know her, the more you, like, invite her in. And you kind of love her. And then you find out that she has a little bit of an edge to her as well. The movie is not cookie cutter like a lot of other dramedies, though. Um, it goes places that I feel like are really important. Um, it The Emma Thompson's character messes up, like, in the public spotlight. She does something really stupid that people find out about. And um, it kind of goes to that place. Like, is there redemption after you do something really really horrible like that as a celebrity and you're in the, in the public spotlight. Um, this movie also tackles like white, white men in entertainment, uh, like writers and stuff like that. Like, and it, and and the movie's not saying like, like we can't have like, you know, like we got to push all the white men out of Hollywood. It's, it's just saying like the movie's basically saying like minorities have voices too. They have new stories to tell. White men, we've been, we, basically it's like, why are we rejecting things, like really great things? Like, why are we reject, why are we so defiant as far as like, like letting new voices be heard? And it's like, cause like in Hollywood, Jake, Melissa, we've seen some really good movies and entertainment come out in the last few years, like Black Panther, uh, Crazy Rich Asians, Get Out. Um, I saw the trailer for Aquafina's new film, uh, The Farewell. Oh, The Farewell. Like, that looks amazing. Like, if you have not seen that trailer, seek it out. But the trailer for The Farewell, 
like this looks Oscar worthy, and Aquafina looks. I think that's going to be my favorite movie of the year. It could be Just mine from what as I've well. Heard about it, like it looks very good. Like that trailer, like I was getting like choked up in the fucking trailer. Like oh my god, like and like that's a story that you're not going to get if every if here's the thing. I'm not saying pushing. I'm not saying pushing like push every white male out of Hollywood. That's not the answer. But it's to be more inclusive. Right. It's to be more inclusive. I think that's what they don't understand. They don't We're understand it. Space away from you. We're just trying to create more space yes, for it's, more voices. Exactly. There's always room for more. It's not We're about not- pushing anyone out. It's about inclusion. It's about hearing new voices. It's about getting new great stories. And like, why are we wanting to reject things that have been so great? We've got Black Panther. We got Crazy Rich Asians. We got Get Out. We're getting, we're getting all these great fucking things that are coming like, uh, down, uh, down the pipe because like we are, uh, there, there is this movement for inclusion and, uh, but it's, it's like somebody's like wants to hold on to like, like all the, <laughs> the old stuff and not let like anybody else in into Hollywood and like let all these new voices be heard and it sucks and it's like what it I, 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 I equate it to like if you eat the same meal every day or you listen to the same song every day it's gonna get old and and I'm not saying like there's not gonna be like new like there's not gonna be like white males that aren't gonna be able to give us new stories that are exciting I'm just saying that white men are not going to be able to give us a story about an Asian family or an African-American family or a Pakistani family the way that a Pakistani would be able to or an Asian would or an African-American would be able to tell us that story. And those are stories that need to be heard. And I think like once we see those stories on screen and they impact you, if you see something that's emotional on the screen that comes from someone else of a different ethnicity that affects you, that can change you. And I think we need to embrace this change. And I think like we can all be entertained by this at the same time and learn something about one another in our cultures. And I think like that's what this movie does. This movie shows you that it's not, they're like, they're not, here to take her germs they're they're here to show us their voice and and their story and i i love the message in this movie the comedy is fantastic it's on point i still think book smart's the funniest movie of the year though but i think the comedy's on point the message is on point minda kaling is really charming really funny in this i love her she's adorable and i loved her i thought she was great uh emma thompson is so good in this movie and her haircut looks like she's fucking zach morris from 1992 um once you see that in the show in the movie you'll never be able to not think it if you're a saved by the bell fan um I Tupperware the fuck out of this. I absolutely loved it. So late night, see this in the theater. Uh, 100% amazing fucking movie. Yeah, it looks, it looks absolutely fantastic. I can't wait to see this. It, yep, exactly. Cannot wait. Really, really good. Um, watched, uh, the new Ad Astra trailer. This is, uh, the 20th Century Fox trailer for James Gray's new sci-fi film, Ad Astra, which is going to hit theaters on September 20th. Uh, this is the guy who directed The Lost City of Z. I have not seen The Lost City of Z. Is that the Charlie Hunnam movie? 
I think so. I haven't seen it, though, either. I think it's on Amazon. I haven't watched it yet. I've heard a lot of good things about that movie. Need to get on that one, too. But uh, James Gray and Ethan Gross, uh, Ethan Gross from Fringe, wrote the script uh, in which Tommy Lee Jones plays a man who left his son to go on a mission to Neptune in the search for extraterrestrial life. Uh, 20 years later, his son, played by Brad Pitt, sets out to find what happened to his dad and learns that his experiment threatens the entire solar system. Uh, his journey will uncover secrets that challenge the nature of human existence and our place in the cosmos. Uh, this movie stars Donald Sutherland, John Finn, Jamie Kennedy, and Ruth Negga from Preacher. Um, they also co-star in this one. Uh, but you've got Brad Pitt. Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones are going to be like... Oh, Liv Tyler's also in this movie. Uh, John Ortiz. Oh, John Ortiz is in this fucking movie. But uh, saw this trailer. Uh, Melissa, what did you think about the trailer for Ad Astra? Um, I'm really into all the space stuff that's coming out. <laughs> like the Apple Plus show with Joel, or, uh, uh, Joel Kinnaman. Joel Kinnaman. Uh, Joel Kinnaman, yeah. Yeah. So super that, excited how- for this. Uh, more space. Excited for this also. Um, this reminds me a lot about The Expanse, which I'm rapidly becoming very obsessed with because it's about like an alien weapon that will destroy all of humanity. Um, I feel like this is a big conflict of interest to send a son who seems like he became an astronaut because of his dad <laughs> into space where he might potentially have to destroy said father. I This is not a good recipe for a successful space mission. Yeah, maybe get somebody like who's not related to the guy. Right? Like, I need to, this movie needs to explain to me why this is the only person who could do this mission. I don't think that they think this movie is not dumb. I don't think that they think that Tommy Lee Jones is still alive. I think that they think that he's dead. And they think they, it's probably they're going to set it up. They haven't seen the trailer. Well, I'm just saying, hold on. Here's the thing. I'm just saying that I think that at the end of the day, it's going to be one of these situations where, like, Brad Pitt is the guy who's most qualified, right? Yeah, it's yeah. going to be like an Armageddon scenario. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, Bruce, what is that? Bruce Willis and his uh, fucking drilling team is, like, the most qualified. I mean, I assume that's why Liv Tyler's there in the first place, just to really cement that point home in the movie. Don't want to close my <laughs> eyes. I don't want to fall asleep. Remember that song? Remember that fucking uh, Aerosmith yeah, song? because I'll How forget that song forget? ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, back to you, your thoughts about the trailer, Melissa. Uh, that's my main thought. My main thought is a big conflict of interest red flag. <laughs> okay. What, uh, if you had to rate the trailer, what would you rate the trailer? Oh, uh, I taste it. I, I'm going to see this movie. All I right. Jay. I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm going to give this trailer a low taste. Um, I think this movie does look really interesting. I do want to see it. Um, this, this trailer had a fine line for me of getting its point across and maybe showing too much information. Um, I don't know. I just didn't much care for it as a trailer. Hmm. Okay. I, uh, I'm going to give this one a high tasted. I, uh, I enjoyed the trailer. Uh, and, uh, I don't know. I, 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 maybe it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, I wasn't the biggest fan of interstellar. And so I'm thinking like, could this be, could be, this be the 
interstellar movie I was looking for, you know? I, so we'll see. I, I, that movie is 2001. Um, <laughs> I, I just, uh, I really want, like, I really want that next great, I, and I don't know where this movie's gonna go. Is it gonna go like sci-fi horror after, you know, I mean, like, where's it gonna go? That's, it's part of the, part of this, my rating is like the mystery. Like, I, I feel like they didn't show us everything. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Not everything, but I mean, you're probably gonna have more than one trailer before this movie comes out, and I feel like we've already gotten pretty far with the first trailer. Like, just already knowing what we know kind of, you know, puts ideas in your head. Um, I, I thought a lot about Contact when I saw this trailer, too. And how this this movie's a little bit more upfront about the father relationships. <laughs> yeah, I just think, like, could this go, like, I don't know, like, where's it going to go? Is it going to go sci-fi horror? Or where's it going to go? Like, is it going to be more Event Horizon? Or is it going to be? In, I don't know. So. And I love yeah, the cast. Like, like uh, Ruth Nega, Donald Sutherland. I think, like, you got to, and you know, Brad Pitt. I think it's, I think it's a good cast, too. I'm I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, it did when it did the roll call, I was very like, Oh wow, that's a stocked cast. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Looks cool. When's this thing come out? It this summer comes still? out. Um It's this year. I, I remember seeing that. September twentieth. So okay. early fall. Uh yeah. Good time. Yeah, this uh this was a uh this was a project. It was actually announced in early 2016. Gray said he wanted to feature the most realistic depiction of space travel that's ever been put in a movie. Hmm, that's interesting. Sounds like one for the IMAX for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree. Jake, I wanted you to talk. Uh, I don't give a shit about this movie, and it's not because I... Um... <laughs> And Frozen 2. I, I have never seen the first Frozen. I never will watch the first Frozen. I have my reasons. Don't worry about them. Jake, you know those reasons. Um, but uh, what did you think about the Frozen 2 trailer? I haven't even watched it. Oh, man, I loved it. It was a Tupperware for me. Um, I'm really impressed just by Disney marketing here where it would be so easy to kind of rest on the laurels of what was popular of the first Frozen movie. And the way both these two trailers, I guess the first was a teaser and this is a trailer, have remained very kind of dark and mysterious um, when it's this giant kids franchise is really impressive to me. I, I'm really pumped for this movie and, man, I, I can't wait to kind of see what the mysteries of what's going on are. They've been really secretive about kind of what the main plot's going to be of this thing. It seems like it's a little bit of an exploration of Elsa and what her powers are and potentially where they come from and what the boundaries of those powers are. But it, it's hard saying what's going to go on here. Um, a lot of theories that their parents may be alive and that may be something we see that um, Anna herself may have powers that she hasn't shown yet. Um, lots of theories going out there. And, you know, those theories are able to kind of build and grow because we've gotten just two super mysterious trailers. So I kind of hope you know, a la Avengers Endgame, we treat this movie like that, and we really kind of keep the plot under the blanket until the movie comes out, because I'm really digging the marketing of these movies so far. Um, I got a feeling, though, once Toy Story 4 rolls out and this thing goes full-fledged marketing, that all secrets will be out on the table, and we're not going to uh, 
they're not going to be able to keep it so mysterious for so much longer. That, that's my fear. But I'm loving the marketing we're getting so far for this movie, and I'm super pumped, man. I'm I'm not going to lie. Frozen Two is my easily my most anticipated movie of 2019. Mm-hmm. I can't fucking wait. I mean, we're a week out from Toy Story Four, and I don't feel like they've given away too much. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I, and I guess maybe post Lion King is where we start really uh, dipping into the uh, showing it a bit more fun and fancy free and kind of maybe debuting a couple songs and making it seem a bit more kid friendly than these first two trailers have made it seem so far. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Melissa, got any thoughts about Frozen? Um, Evan Rachel Wood is credited in Frozen 2, so I'm very excited about that. Because <laughs> I love her. But I've only seen the first one once, so I'm not super attached to it. I don't dislike it, but um, I'll probably have to watch that one again before I see this. I can't necessarily say I'll see Frozen 2 in the theater, but I'll definitely see it at some point. Yeah. Do they make, uh, do they, does uh, Disney make, like, Frozen treats for these fucking cartoon oh jesus dude if you can market it they make it so you can like yeah. you can just, like uh, buy a frozen olaf and suck on that fucking thing uh, <laughs> i don't think currently that exists but i i am pretty sure it did and it probably will come november okay uh all right speaking of things you can suck on i watched shaft uh today um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a perfect segue. Perfect segue there, huh, Jay? I loved it. That was a good one. That's a good one. I'm proud of myself. Watch Shaft today. JJ, aka John Shaft Jr., uh, may be a uh, cybersecurity expert with a degree from MIT, but to uncover the truth behind his best friend's untimely death, he needs an education only his dad can provide. Absent throughout JJ's youth, the legendary locked and loaded John Shaft agrees to help his progeny navigate Harlem's heroin-infested underbelly. And while JJ's own FBI analyst badge may clash with his dad's trademark leather coat, there's no denying family. Besides, Shaft's got an agenda of his own and a score to settle that's professional and personal. It's uh, directed by Tim Story. And, uh, Jake, if your name was Tim Story, would you have somebody draw your name in the Toy Story logo and have it, like, Tim Story? I mean, I would learn how to do that myself if that was my name. Yeah. I wouldn't want to have to rely on someone every time I wanted to do that. No, you could just have somebody do it and then just have it. No, I, I got Are you talking about, like, like, you're signing your name, like, that yeah, way, I mean, every time? I mean, if, I, if my name was Tim Story, I'd have a good sign. I wouldn't fuck around. I like I like where your head's at though. I like the logo. All right, I don't, I don't think like we're even like on the same page with anything right now, Jake. No, no, no. Tim Story, he like when he sends an email, he's got his little his yes. name stamp where it's like in like Toy Story or whatever. Yeah, where he's got the red line and the. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he didn't do it his whole life, but you know, last twenty plus years. Last twenty plus years, when Toy Story became a big thing, you only have to have you don't have to like pay a graphic artist to do it once. You don't have to learn how to do it yourself. So I didn't understand no. what you were talking about. No, I just went I just went somewhere else with it, like actually signing my name that way. No, man, that no, no. Those are those are two different things. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Story's done a bunch of shit, right? He has. He's a bunch of not the greatest stuff, too, if I'm not. 
crazy. Yeah. I'm looking up his IMDb. Look up Tim's story. Look up his, look up the, look up Tim's story story. The yeah, yeah, story. yeah. He directed the first two Fantastic Four movies and the Ride Along movies and Barbershop. I, okay, hold on. Are you saying that Ride Along was not a great movie? Are you saying Barbershop was not a great movie? Barbershop was the best of all those movies I named for. I love, oh, fuck off. I love, I love Ride Along. And I thought, I thought, uh, Barbershop, the Barbershop movie is great. I love it. This one, uh, this stars, uh, Samuel Jackson, uh, Jesse T. Usher as, uh, his son, J.J. Shaft. Uh, the original, uh, Shaft, uh, Richard Roundtree makes an appearance in this. Regina Hall, Alexander Shipp is in this. She was our storm in the, uh, the newer X-Men films. Uh, Method Man, makes an appearance in this. I just saw this like literally like before we recorded. So I, I, I haven't, I don't even have any notes that I've written down on it. I, I will say this. Uh, it's a rated R comedy. Um, it's a, I, uh, it's, it's a, it's a comedy. Yeah. I, I mean, I saw from the trailer, like and the trailers don't do it justice. Cause like the comedy in the trailer is like, okay. But my God, I, I fucking had a blast watching this movie. My audience had a great time. Um, I know it's like a rot, it's like rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. I think that's bullshit. I think like, I had a fucking blast. I thought this movie was fucking hilarious. Samuel Jackson was so cool in this movie. Um, Usher was fucking, like, uh, Jesse T. Usher was fantastic as his son. He's like this, uh, I mean, and this, this plays into all the fucking shit that you've seen in the movies. Like, you know, like, uh, the son, son didn't have a relationship with his father, was raised by the mother, and the mother raised him not to be, to be nonviolent. And then he meets his father, and his father's this big badass, and then they go on this adventure together, and a little bit of the father rubs off on the son, and the son starts to become a little bit tougher and find his own manly voice, and blah blah blah. Like, <laughs> I get it. Like, it's been done before. But it's like, with Samuel Jackson doing it, it was so much fun. It was it was a blast. I, I give this movie a Tupperware. I fucking loved it. I loved my experience watching the movie. I thought it was fucking hilarious. I loved it. I don't know. I don't, fuck the critics on fucking whatever the fuck. I don't know. That's I, awesome. So, I mean, the last Shaft reboot movie was definitely kind of heavy drama, and this sounds like it's kind of a big departure from that then, huh? Huge departure from the last one. This one was like, this was a comedy. And it had me laughing the whole time. And they did away with the whole, like, you know, uh, Richard Roundtree, his shaft being like his uncle. Like, it just leaned into, like, no, that's my dad. Yeah, that's better. Because uh, yeah, I didn't, I mean, the last one was watchable, but it was, like, you didn't need to see it a second time. It was kind of boring. So, I don't know. I think going full comedy was just a smart way to go with this franchise. And it was funny. It was funny. I mean, I, I had a, I had a really great audience. We all laughed at the, everybody laughed at the same parts. I mean, Samuel Jackson was just, he was very funny in this movie. And, um, I, I loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was a blast. So I think this is the perfect Father's Day movie to see this weekend. Like, yeah, so, like, but don't, like, don't bring, like, your fucking, like, little kid. Cause it's R. There's a lot of, the, the, Samuel Jackson says the word pussy a lot in this movie. A lot. <laughs> I think it's like, like, the word pussy is used in this movie a shit fuck time. Oh man. 
<laughs> That's funny. So they earned their R with the language. Oh, they totally earned that R. Oh, my God. But, man, I laughed. I laughed out loud many times. And I thought the action in it was very good. But it's like it's like not, there's nothing like new with the story. We've seen the story a million times. But it's just it's the fact that you've got Samuel Jackson in there and he's just killing it and he's hilarious. It's it's the comedy that really makes up for this one. That's cool. Richard Roundtree, you get much time in it? No, I mean you're talking like the last thirty minutes. Okay, that's that's fun enough, I guess. Mm-hmm. Last thing I wanted to talk about is a show that I watched. It premiered on uh, Cinemax. Um. Are you getting ready to talk about what you stroked to this week? What, what are you talking about? Oh, I, Cinemax? Oh, yeah, Cinemax, because they have the soft porn. Why the fuck would I go to Cinemax to jack off, Jake, when I can just get on the goddamn internet? I don't, I don't know. That's Why the I'm fuck doing. am I watching soft porn to <laughs> jerk off? Oh, great. I get to watch a fucking guy gently pull off a woman's stockings for 15 <laughs> minutes, and I might see a nipple. You've like, got a strong imagination, man. Are you, you are you kidding me? I'm just going to get on <laughs> Pornhub, dude. What are you talking about? I'm going to get on Skinamax. Are you kidding me? <laughs> get out of here. Give me more credit I'm than that. Shocked. I didn't know. I always forget Cinemax has original programming, I guess. <laughs> they do. They got original programming. I'm going to go, what? What, 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 what so Cinemax is my porn destination? <laughs> Hey, what are you? <laughs> like, oh man, I don't think he meant to put this in the notes. No, it's like Jake's like Jake's like Brian. I I, I need to talk to you about the internet, dude, and what you can find on that. Like, Jake's gonna open up a whole new world for me. Like this whole time, I've been going to Cinemax to watch boobies. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> man. Do I have news for you, Brian? Brian. You are so, Brian, you are so stuck in 1991, bro. Like, come on, dude. Catch up with the rest of the world, man. We're not watching Cinemax, man. Like, dude, here. Jake, like, pulls out his iPad, types in fucking. Put the VHS tape away. Put the VHS tape away, dude. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's like, I'm still going out to the woods looking for porn mustaches. Like, you know, like, like, like porn magazines out in the woods. Oh man! All right, they've only been rained on a couple times. I'm keeping them. Exactly, exactly. Melissa, you have no idea what we're talking about. Like, but back in the day, in order, like, listen, I fell asleep watching Kangaroo Jack one time, <laughs> and I woke up some very alarming things on my TV. <laughs> back in the day, you kids wouldn't hide porn in their houses because their their parents would find it. So we. would We'd stash, like, playboys and fucking hustlers out in the woods. Where did you get them in the first place? Dude, who knows? You got a, a guy from who knew... From our parents, yeah. from our friends' parents, from whoever's from house. Perverted so you guys too. both actively participated in woods children porn. Oh, 100%. Children in the woods with... Okay, cool. No, I never I never placed it, but I did. I did participate in finding it. Oh, I, I, I found it out <laughs> in the woods. You randomly found it was like, oh shit, or yeah, like, ran- like hey, randomly. I put the thing in the randomly side. found it. Oh shit, I never like got oh the clip off. Like, cause you'd find kids like forts or huts or whatever, and then like you'd find that kind of stuff in there, you know. Mm-hmm. And it would change your whole world. 
And, and, <laughs> and then so then you took it. It became yours. And then you would hide it somewhere. Like, oh, my God. I found, like, there was a dumpster that I found. I felt like fucking, like, I felt like uh, a fucking <laughs> pirate that just found, like, gold. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you know, it's like, wow, I'm rich in porn. Okay. It was like the original Pokemon the Go. <laughs> All right. Traveling Woods porn? Yeah. <laughs> Traveling, yeah. I, I, you steal it and hide it somewhere else. It's just... Keeps on the cycle. The only traveling wood was me walking home after looking at that porn. Oh. <laughs> 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 Melissa set that up on purpose. Better deny it. Oh come on! She <laughs> said, "Hey, she sets them up. I knock them down." All right, here we go. I watched a, a new show called Jet. Uh, that's Jet with two T's. Um, it's uh, world class thief Daisy Jet Kowalski. Isn't Kowalski the name of that fucking monster from Monsters, Inc.? Um, yeah, it's, it's also the name of the prisoner in the Rin and Stimpy episode, right? Oh, man. Wow, you're doing a deep dive into Rin and Stimpy right now. Yeah, I just I remember Rin saying Kowalski a lot. He smoked packs of cigarettes at, at a time. I don't remember that, man. I haven't watched Rin and Stimpy in a while, man. That's crazy. <laughs> Oh, uh, I'm, uh, Killer Kowalski. It's, yeah, it's kind of coming back to me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, world class thief Daisy Jet Kowalski is just out of prison and already being forced back into what got her there by a group of eccentric and dangerous criminals. Uh, this stars, uh, the main lead here, uh, Daisy Jet Kowalski is, uh, is it Carla? Is it Gugino? Gugino? How do you spell her fucking name? How do you say her name? Excuse me. Don't ask me. I would say Gugino. Does Gugino does does Gugino sound like a like a uh, a take home pizza, like a frozen pizza, like a DiGiorno, like a DiGiorno or a Frischetta? Like uh, I, you know, like you know, like when uh, it's like it's a new one that's on the shelf, and you've already tried the Frischetta, you've tried the DiGiorno, and you're like, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm gonna try this fucking uh this four meat Gugino. <laughs> four meat Gugino. And see how this works out for me. You know, it's on no, sale no, right 11. now. Eleven ninety nine is a lot to ask for. It's on sale right now because it's a new product. <laughs> it's been knocked down from eleven ninety nine and they've got it down to six ninety seven. Am I going home with the Juginos or am I going yeah, home with a five ninety seven fucking DiGiorno? No, you're trying it. You're stepping it up. Two seventy five jacks. So you're Oof. you're going home with the I'm nuts for you card, the fifty dollar Amazon card, and then also the Giginos. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a sexy <laughs> night, and you're gonna watch Skinamax. You're gonna watch Skinamax, right, Jake? <laughs> I mean, possibly. And I don't think I've watched a program on Cinemax for thirty years. What are, you, what are you trying to? Are you shaming me right now no, for I'm, watching I'm a not Cinemax show? You, I'm just talking about the. I'm surprised it's even still a viable network. I'm not shaming you at all. A little, no, I feel, I feel a little bit of uh, like, what, what are you doing over there on Cinemax, Brian? Huh? No, no don't take your, don't take your paranoia. <laughs> I'm just saying, I can't, I can't believe the Cinemax thing even exists in today's day and age. 
Like, what is, what is even going on? It was always kind of the shitty sister of HBO, right? Yeah, a shitty sister of HBO. Listen to you. Listen to you over there. Oh, my God. I mean, it'd get the movies, like, three months late. And just everything. Like, it felt like it was just the HBO reject. Yeah, like, HBO is Jake Gyllenhaal, and then you got fucking Maggie Cinemax. (laughs) 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 Sorry. That was mean. Um, Funny, though. (laughs) Oh, man. Um... Yeah, this one stars, uh, Carla Gugino. Uh, Mustafa Shakir is in this episode. He was, uh, the Bushmaster in, uh, Netflix's Daredevil. And then he was, he's also, uh, Big Mike in The Deuce. In, uh, what, what are you giggling about over there? Sounded more like a Cinemax role, the Bushmaster. I, I think, I think I've, <laughs> I think I've made the uh, Bushmaster porn joke in the past, Jake. I th- think you're late to the party. Um, Giancarlo Esposito uh, from uh, Breaking Bad and uh, – God, he's been in a fuck ton of shit. He was in Breaking Bad. He was in uh, – what else was he in? Was he, he, was he in Under the Dome? Oh, shit. I try to forget that every know. moment I can. Anyway, he's also yeah, but yeah. I, um, I I I watched this one too, like right before we recorded. I'm gonna give this first episode. It's like, it's very stylized. Um, she's a she's a thief. Uh, she has to, you know, she's been she's been in prison. She just got out. She's trying to raise a daughter, and uh, she's trying to just live an honest life. She kind of gets pulled back in for one more job. And it kind of goes through that job where she's got to like, uh, team up with another guy and they've got to steal a ring. And, you know, things kind of go crazy. Um, I- I'm going to give this first episode a taste it. It was okay. I don't know. I don't know. I think the show could get better. Um, I don't know. I wasn't the biggest fan of this. I'm just going to give it a taste. It was okay. It just, it felt like to me, it felt like to me, like the creator is, he'd watched some heist stuff and was a fan of Quentin Tarantino. Like, you know, and I'm going to see where it goes. I'm going to watch, I'm going to continue to watch it. I'm going to watch like the second episode, but it was, I'm going to give it a taste. It's nothing to... Yeah, if you don't have a Cinemax subscription, like <laughs> apparently, like the rest of the world, um, then this is not the reason to pick one up. Yeah, this show sounds terrible. I mean, that seems like way too much story to just see some skin. It's not a porn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm joking. I know you're joking. <laughs> I, I picked that up, man. I'm a little disappointed to hear that. I was kind of excited about this premise. I was thinking about getting a free trial. Maybe I'll wait and see if uh, it gets any better, I guess. I'll watch, I mean, I'm, I'm going to watch the second and third episode. It was okay. Like, it's not as, it's not bad. I liked it. I did like it, but, like, it's just not, it's not great. It didn't, it's not, like, Perpetual Grace Limited. It's not, it's nothing like right. that, okay? It's, and I love Carla Gugino, uh, Gugino. However the fuck you say her fucking pizza off-brand name. I mean, I I think she's... 
I don't think you've ever shown anyone more respect. <laughs> Jake, do you think, is it a frozen pizza or is it kind of like a take and bake? No, I think it's frozen. I think you're right. It's like a high end. It's like a high end DiGiorno. High end DiGiorno. Right now, there's a lot of that bullshit going on right now. Yeah. Uh, the, it's so it's not it's not like a Papa Murphy's where it's like a take and bake or you know no 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 yeah no yeah, I used to do the Papa Murphy's it's just it gets a little ridiculous though you know the whole it's a lot of pizza you know what I mean it's a lot of pizza and it costs a little it's it's extra it's like I don't give a fuck about waiting a few extra minutes for a frozen one to cook right yeah I agree I, I think it I don't think like that's the best one person way to go about things to take and bake. Would you be surprised if Carla Gugino, like if she if she if she came out with her own like line of pizzas after this? Would you be surprised? I would be a little bit insulted if she didn't bring us up. Like I think like at this point I think like we were like we had a big hand in this, right? Yeah, she should come on, plug the plug the Skinamax show. Yeah. Talk about the frozen pizzas. We will be that platform. <laughs> Since it's on Cinemax, she could make, do you think that she would make the pizzas kind of look like, like some kind of like weird genitalia or something? <laughs> I mean, that's not a wrong direction to go. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably actually very much the most wrong direction. I don't but. know, man. I don't know. I, I would, I don't, I don't, dude, I don't know what's happened to this show. Our show is just stupid at this point. We're talking about. It's, it's, it's really de-evolved. <laughs> it really like has. 20 minutes. <laughs> the last 20 minutes, it's gotten really bad. I feel partially responsible and I'd like to apologize. Well, yeah, I mean, you had to, like, I get it. Like, uh, ooh, the Cinemax, that's where we went for porn, like, 20 fucking years ago. I get it. But, like, you know, come on, Jake. Can I just talk I about? I mean, I thought I thought this was a platform to talk about shit from twenty <laughs> years ago. We do that a lot. <laughs> it's like it's like I'm giving you shit for stuff that I do all the time. <laughs> I mean, and I did I did open this line of conversation with an apology. <laughs> to make me feel more guilty. And now, and now we got we got this wonderful actor, Carla Gugino coming out with <laughs> coming out with her own line of of distasteful pizzas featuring <laughs> featuring genitalia. Um, you know what I mean? Like, oh, here's yeah, double meat. Ooh. Nudge, nudge wink wink. Ooh, try our new pepperoni pussy pizza. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, DP double pepperoni. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Oh, we probably need a break. Let's take a break. It's just getting <laughs> it's getting stupid. So yeah, it's getting stupid. I might give everybody a follow up on Jet if I continue to watch it. I I, I probably will watch the second episode to kind of see where this goes. I mean, it was not terrible. It was not, but it wasn't great. It just wasn't great. It was, it was right. I think I've said this before. I feel, you know, I feel like, I feel like I've already kind of, I'm just reiterating bullshit I've already said previously. Yeah. I, I mean, I, 
I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> Without just saying the same thing I said. Okay. Yeah, uh, Brian's doubling down on the same bullshit he just said. <laughs> Guys, if you didn't hear me the previous five times. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. And uh, I can't promise you that we won't talk about other food uh, being in the shape of genitalia. That might happen. <laughs> we might. We might. It, would, it would be an empty promise. <laughs> empty <laughs> <laughs> it's sad that we have to that we, that we can't make that promise Jay it's sad it's sad that we can't like they it, it, like they can't come back to like a uh um a uh food genitalia free podcast like we can't make the, it might come up again who knows we cannot provide that safe zone. And the more we try to say we can, the more likely we won't. Probably won't. Probably won't. You know? All right, guys, we'll be right back. Hey, what's up, everybody? Sorry that the audio quality on this part of the show sounds like garbage. It's because I'm using the microphone on my laptop as opposed to my mixer. Because right now, I'm in bed, and I don't want to get up, and I don't want to plug it in to the old mixer. So deal with it. Uh, I just wanted to interrupt the podcast real quick. To help support a friend, uh, Johannes, our listener from Sweden. He's also an artist. He's done individual episode art for the show for years. And he's absolutely fantastic. I fucking love this guy. He's so great. He's promoted the show. He's fucking done art. He's so awesome. And his art is amazing. I post his art on the Facebook page. I post it on Twitter. Um, you can follow him at Johannes Agro, J O H. A-N-N-E-S-A-G-G-R-O on Twitter and uh, check out some of his arts. And you know what? I want to support this guy. Like, he is absolutely incredible. He started this, uh, it's Kofi.com, where you can, like, donate uh, a little or a lot. I mean, if you love his art, if you love what he's done for the show, and if you just want to support him as a comic book artist, because he's a legit comic book artist, He's currently walking, uh, working. He's currently walking, yes. I'm glad that he hasn't lost the ability to walk. That's great. He's, I don't know if he's currently, he, I don't know what he's doing right now. For all, he could be sitting down right now, a drawing, I don't know. Um, but uh, he's currently working on his first comic book. And I want our listeners to help support this guy um, in any way possible. Even if, it's, if you can't donate, just send him a fucking tweet and say, Hey, man, I believe in what you're doing, man. Chase your fucking dreams. You're awesome. So, um, please, uh, I'm going to put the link where you can donate to Johannes in the show notes. So definitely click on that, uh, read a little bit about Johannes, and then if you can support him, please do so. We love you, Johannes. All right, back to the show. Listen, Groot, it's simple. If you want to help the Pop Culture Leftovers, go to thepopcultureleftovers.com and do all your shopping from the Amazon link. I am Groot. It doesn't cost you extra, and it helps the leftovers. Got it? I am Groot. Yeah, people can buy hats at Amazon. Are you still hung up on that hats thing? I am Groot. Yeah, okay, I got it. You don't have to buy your hats there. I am Groot. You're impossible. 
for anyone else who doesn't have a strange or borderline psychotic hatred for hats, please head over to popcultureleftovers.com and use the Amazon link already. I am rude. And now you're wearing a hat. I freaking give up. Attention, the following is an important consumer warning. Listening to PCO might be harmful to your health. I'm Yaden Palm. You might know me as Sturdy, but after years of listening to PCO, I might have developed a multiple personality syndrome. At first, I didn't quite buy into it until... <laughs> the cynical laughter of the Joker popped into my head, but things got really weird when my wife found me in the dark closet saying, The power of the darkness. And I will let nothing stand in our way. At which point I jumped up and said to her, Well there, honey, I didn't know you were sitting there watching me. Then it dawned on me, I don't even have a wife. It was Ollie Williams with the Blackie Report. It's gonna rain! Get your umbrella! All in all, the condition isn't that bad, because I have the PCL. Ohana means family. For more of my voices, search me on social media, Y-E-A-D-O-N, Paul Vio. All right, hey, we are back. Um... Jake, I think like uh I think like my promise of like uh getting back to the grind even though we were the best overall podcast has totally been thrown out the window with uh, everything we've talked about tonight. No, I disagree. I this disagree. is like why this, yeah. you're the best overall podcast. I don't think exactly. so. Exactly. Exactly. No, it's I think this is terrible. I think uh I think we've brought some terrible stuff to the table this week. No other podcast has the balls to bring it to the, to the levels we bring it to. And then put said balls on a pizza, correct? <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's a time-honored tradition. No one, hey. no one can divert a subject like we can. They call it the, uh, the teabagging pizza, right? Because it's balls on a pizza? Why not? Why don't they have teabags shaped like balls? Oh my god, Jake. Holy <laughs> fucking shit. Why are they not selling that on QVC? <laughs> they, you know they make those little tea strainers when you're getting your like special blends, they could just dangle on your cup like the back of a pickup. <laughs> they it could be yeah, they it could look like the uh, like old man hanging balls and like you're make, <laughs> like you're making tea, you know what I mean? I don't get the balls in the back of the pickup truck. I have never understood that. <laughs> Rednecks are a complicated sort. <laughs> yeah. It's a subject I've never been too clear on. I don't know. It's still funny. <laughs> I do laugh every time I see it, but yeah. I would never uh, participate. Yeah. I, Melissa, how does it feel to be on the best? best <laughs> It's awesome. I love it. <laughs> the best overall podcast. <laughs> you can't even say it without I agree yourself. with that title wholeheartedly. <laughs> we, we, we love having Melissa on. Isn't Melissa great? She's great. Yeah, I mean, she just said that without laughing. So, yeah, yeah she, I'm she's dead, fantastic. I'm serious. <laughs> no, I, I know. <laughs> uh, let's get into the old. Uh, what, what are you going to say there, Jake? News. Yeah, it's getting the old pop culture leftovers news. Yeah, 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 read all about it. It's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. Real quick, in the news, I this is news to me. I The Bruce Lee, uh, the actor playing Bruce Lee in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you've all seen the trailer, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. 
That's Mike Moe. He played Ryu in the Street Fighter Assassin's uh, Street Fighter Assassin's Fist film from 2014. Oh wow, Jake! I love that movie. It's fantastic. I wonder how big of a role he'll have in this movie. I assume not the biggest. Not but. the biggest, but man, I bet it's going to be a great scene. And like you know, both trailers feature him. And uh, man, I fuck. I'm, I'm telling you guys, if you haven't seen Street Fighter's Assassin's Fist, it was originally split up into a few parts, and then they combined it into a movie. Uh, a few weeks ago, I got on here and said Pokemon Detective Pokemon was the best video game adaptation. I'm going to retract that because I forgot about Street Fighter's Assassin's Fist. That is the best. It, I'm, in my opinion, it's the best video game movie ever made. It is so fucking good. Yeah, I need to see that. I, I've only seen the crap Street Fighter movie. Ah, oh, with Raul Julia and Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen the really cool animation stuff, but yeah, I've not seen yeah. this, this cool Assassin's movie. you got to watch Street Fighter, Assassin's Fist. There was a sequel that was made, uh, and it was, but they didn't give it the full movie treatment. It's only like 30 to 40 minutes long, and it's not good. But that first one is so fucking good. Gotta watch it. In quick news, Glow Season 3 has cast Gina Davis. Yeah, I, I got super excited when I saw that. I, I haven't seen her in just so little these days, and yeah. I think she's a perfect fit for this story. Oh, me too. I love Gina Davis. She was a badass in the 90s, man. 80s and 90s. Oh, yeah. She was awesome. Yeah, for sure. She was married to <laughs> Remy Harlan, so I mean, the two of them were making yeah. those terrible 90s action movies together oh uh, what was the what, what was the, the, the what was the pirate movie she was in oh fuck the legendary bad one i yeah. think it was cutthroat island cutthroat island but you know what movie she was in that she was really good in was like it was like the original born identity movie the uh if mm. what was that called jake what was that spy movie she was the in? the long kiss good night oh god i saw that in the theater i was on a i was on a, I, I saw that on a first date with somebody and it was an ad. I loved that movie. It's so good. Yeah, that's a, kind of a breakout movie for Samuel L. I think too. Samuel L. And dude, it was uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, first time I remember seeing Samuel L. was in uh, Coming to America, where he played the guy that held up the McDowells. Yeah, yeah. I always think of Loaded Weapon as the first time I really Loaded knew Weapon. Who he was. Yeah, but um, Long Kiss Goodnight. That was a great movie. That was the first movie where I heard a woman say, "Suck my dick." I lo- I lost my shit hey. in the theater. <laughs> I lost yeah. my sh- paving the way for all of us. Fucking hey, man! I fucking I lost my shit when she said that. It was so I was like I have never heard a woman talk like that before, and I I I, I lost my shit in the theater. I'm pretty sure that is a Remy Harlan movie, Longest Good Night. Really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, Russian Doll got a uh, season order uh, for uh, season two. So we're getting Russian Doll season two. Did did either of you watch I am Russian Doll? Really excited about that. Oh yeah, I actually just caught up with it a couple months ago. I'm telling you, uh, like, but I loved it. One of my favorite. Like it's a slow burn, Jake. Like I'm telling you, like you're gonna have to get through like the first three episodes, I think, before you really understand what the show's about. And once you <clears throat> once you get to that point, this is one of the best shows I've seen on TV all year. Yeah, that's another one I feel like you have to pay attention to. Like it's yeah. not like a background show, mm. or it's just like this is everything the same every day. Yeah. <laughs> but once you start paying attention, there's like the little things that are different. And you're like, all right, okay, I see some of the stuff they're doing. And Natasha Leone goes from being annoying to being amazing in this series because, like, at first, like 
I her accent was driving me nuts. And then I just started to fall in love with the character. I, that's just me. That's just me personally. But like I I fell in love with her. She's so good in this fucking show. It's so good. Yeah, I need to check it out. The premise sounds really interesting and yeah, I've caught little bits of it here and there and it does look really interesting. Um, That's one that I was like, okay, this doesn't need a season two. But when they made the announcement and they said like, oh, we pitched this originally as three seasons. Mm. I'm like, okay, good. Yes. I want you to have your three seasons. Like if you were just making this up as you go along, I would be less excited for it. But it seems like this was, you know, the plan the whole time, yeah. which is great. Yeah. <laughs> they know better than to ask for a fourth season from Netflix. So three <laughs> yeah. seasons. No shit. <laughs> Yeah, like, we don't want to press our luck with fucking uh, no whammies, no whammies with Netflix, right? <laughs> three seasons, three seasons, <laughs> three seasons, three seasons, big bucks, big bucks. Uh, Love, Death, and Robots is going to get renewed for a second season. I, I love the first season of Love, Death, and Robots. Each uh, episode, uh, different uh, animators and uh, different story, kind of like the. Uh, Kind of like heavy metal meets Black Mirror, I guess. I don't know. That's a terrible description. But I renewed for season two. Cannot wait for the uh, second season of Love, Death, and Robots. Yeah, same. I, I also cheered when I saw this news. I'm very excited for this. Yeah, I, I. it's one of those things that, you know, it's not a continual story, so it, it never necessarily needed a second season. But I think we kind of all hoped we'd get more of this. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, got big news here. <clears throat> I'm going to read this as an article from uh, Dark Horizons, and uh, they go on to say, a Morgan Stanley analyst has projected that Disney could have more, and they're talking about the Disney Plus service, Disney could have more than 130 million subscribers across its various online video services worldwide by 2024. Whew, yeah, that's a lot. I I mean, they've got the <clears throat> franchise and show power and money to make that happen, you know, so. In comparison, let me ask you this question. Do you know how many subscribers Netflix has? I do not. Netflix makes up 30%. Right now, Netflix makes up 30% of online streaming subscribers. So when you're talking about every service that's out there that you can download and stream, Netflix has 30% of those. Um, in comparison, if these projections from Morgan Stanley are correct, if Disney in the next five years can hit, can hit 130 million, um, in comparison to Netflix, Netflix right now, last time I checked, Netflix has around 139 million. Okay, so basically they're saying about equal to what Netflix is now in mm -hmm. the next five years. That's huge. Yeah, that is huge. It's a daunting task. I mean, that's the kind of promise any streaming service is trying to make when they get started, you know, is mm -hmm. that they're going to get those viewers. So, I mean, they're definitely banking on it. They're they're putting all their eggs in the basket and yeah. trying to make that happen for sure. Here's one There's of no shortage of material they're putting on this thing here's the thing though the analyst warns the studio to not get complacent uh the quote is disney is not a tech company in its dna nor does it have a long history as a direct to consumer digital retailer which is like one of the reasons for the longest time we kept hearing like apple was going to end up you know apple was going to try to purchase disney yeah yeah that makes <laughs> sense yeah i also kind of took that quote as like if you think about any of the other direct to kind of TV movies Disney has done, they've all been kind of 
subpar to their normal material. Yeah. I I think that uh we'll see, man. I still I still firmly think that like they have to do so I don't know. They got to do like they're going to grab like the child demographic. They're going to grab the uh Star Wars fans. They're going to grab you know <clears throat> they're going to grab those fans, but I I feel like right now Netflix just has a broader audience uh, like you know you're not yeah, gonna yeah, get, you're, not, get, you're not getting everything's niche there's not that one mm-hmm. all appealing show every everything is built into some pre-existing franchise and pre-existing brand loyalty mm-hmm. and they, they need that like show that's not necessarily a star wars show and not necessarily a marvel show well, yeah but it's, a a, it, it's show. It, but it's it's disney plus it, the, it's in the name that it's all going to be pretty much child friendly it's disney plus okay it's not yeah. It's here's the thing. It's like sometimes, sometimes I want to. Sometimes I want to watch Skinamax. You know what I mean. Sometimes you know, but sometimes I want to watch uh, something with an adult theme. I'm not going to get Black Mirror on Disney. I know five years from now it's going to be complete. We're going to be a completely different place than we are now, Jake. I get that. Like, and I think more. I think there's a lot of families and a lot of kids. They're going to, you know, like kids are going to start November hits, Jake, and uh, kids are going to be going to school and they're going to be talking about the new Monsters, Inc. show, right? The new the new Monsters, Inc. show on Disney Plus. They're going to be going home and saying, Mom and Dad, I want to watch this show. Mom and Dad are going to have to shell out the money so they can watch, uh, you know, Billy Crystal and John Goodman play monsters and do whatever the fuck they're doing on that show i mean that's just that they're but i still think netflix i don't think people are going to be able to get rid of netflix either we'll see we'll see like i understood like we we got in that whole talk a few weeks ago and i i know that you're looking towards the future saying like netflix might not always be king and i get that like we'll see what happens i just see with netflix spending 15 billion 16 billion a year it just seems like they're very much in this game right now we'll see what happens we'll see what happens but i think like this it's is just even- such a crazy <clears throat> entertainment world where original franchises just seem to have such a struggle and hard time getting off the ground and once netflix is left with just that it's going to be a little bit weird i think but they're picking up other things in the interim not everything that they like they're picking up stuff that is like you know they had the Castlevania show you know and the, yeah they got they got the Jurassic Park animated show coming Fast like, and Furious uh, cartoon yeah yeah I mean they're definitely they're definitely not unaware of all their big franchises leaving and it seems like they're trying to look for those big IPs to yeah. uh, flash on their home screen once that happens but I mean like Melissa we wouldn't have been able to watch I Am Mother on Disney Plus right right. Yeah, I don't think that Disney Plus alone is going to edge out Netflix. Like, I could see where Netflix and Disney Plus would be the combination, like, going forward Mm. in the immediate future. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know many people who are not already saying, like, well, when Disney Plus is here, I will be paying for it. Like, that's, like, already predetermined in most people that I've talked to's minds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like uh, the Warner streaming service, like we got news about that last week, and Jake, like, is that a game changer? 
16 to 17 dollars but it includes hbo and cinemax and then all the warner brothers library is that a game changer a little bit you know i i when i read this article i was sitting next to michelle and i said hey the warner streaming is going to cost 16 17 bucks and she was like oh my god and then i said well it's going to also come with free hbo and she's like oh well that's a must it's basically two dollars more than what we pay already right right that's what i was just thinking like i'm getting so much more for not you know, two dollars more. I was already thinking like I'm paying fourteen dollars for HBO right now. <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean that's huge. I, I, like when you first read that headline, you're like, oh my god, how do they have the fucking you know balls to fucking charge this? But then yeah, once you throw in the HBO, I believe Cinemax is part yeah, of it. Yeah, HBO Cinemax. So you can watch, <laughs> all, watch, watch all the porn you want. <laughs> so yeah i mean and then you know that's going to be the home of the office that's going to be the home of friends that's going to be the home of parks mm-hmm. i mean bundle that in with hbo and this one seems like a no-brainer i i i'm actually surprised to say i mean and probably at this point you're going to throw dc universe in here yeah too. yeah 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 can can i talk about that real quick yeah yeah i might as well um the cancellation of swamp thing after one episode. Yeah. I, here, how do I say this? Um, I've lost all faith in the service and it's not because of the quality of these shows. Titans, Doom Patrol, Swamp Thing have been fantastic. I've, I'm, I don't even think I'm gonna w- watch the rest of Swamp Thing, Jake. I'm that pissed off at the fucking service. I spent for a whole year. They gave me the 15 months for like the 70, 80 bucks or whatever I spent. But like for 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 a service to do what they've done and cancel Swamp Thing after one episode, I've lost confidence in not the quality of the shows, but I've lost confidence in the service itself. Yeah, it's just pathetic that they don't have confidence in this thing, not even a year past its its birth, you know? Like they it's ridiculous. And I know all the reasons are kind of weird and tax crazy bullshit. But to me, that's that's beyond the point. If, if Warner Brothers really had faith in this, they would find a way to make it happen anyway. Here's it's the not thing. like they're hurting for the money. Here's the thing. Well, uh, they're hurting for subscribers. I think it's all I think it's I think like I think it's uh, they see that this is not a profitable thing. I think this these shows will roll into the Warner streaming service. Um, it's just they they don't have the subscribers. People are not shelling out the money to get DC Universe, and they're like, then let's just wait for Warner Streaming to start, and then we'll just roll it into that. They had planned this. This Business Insider came out with an article saying that they had planned for three seasons of Swamp yeah. Thing, and the series would continue beyond those three seasons and possibly lead to a Justice League dark crossover. That's huge. Jeff Lemire wrote Justice League Dark for the New 52 when it first came out, and you had, like, all these characters like Constantine, Zatanna, Swamp Thing, and it was Justice League Dark, and it was a great fucking series. One of the only good series that came out of the new 52, Scott Snyder's, uh, Scott Snyder's, uh, Batman, uh, Justice League Dark, Brian Azzarello's Wonder Woman, and then, uh, Jeff Lemire's Animal Man. And, uh, those, those, for me, those were the big four. 
and then we're going to get possibly a Justice League Dark crossover after the three seasons of Swamp Thing. And, like, now we get a can- – I've lost complete trust in the service, Jake. I feel like I've been duped. I feel like I've been duped. I know that there's a lot of stuff coming on there, but I was really counting on new and original programming. And if you can't give me one episode without canceling a show, I feel like I've been duped. Yeah, it's just totally bad PR, too. Mm -hmm. You know, trying to advertise this brand new show. Episode two hasn't even fucking aired yet. Right. And every major news out, you know, media out, outlet is reporting that the show's canceled already. Like, that's just terrible PR. And that, that kind of thing could have been avoided. Melissa, are you going to watch Swamp Thing now that it's been canceled? Um, I'm not going to not watch it any more or less than I was going to before this news. To be honest, like I'll watch it if I get time, and that's not really changed based on this news. I mean, ugh, it. Yeah, but like, let's say word of mouth. Me, let's say word of mouth. Yeah, like, I mean, if I'm, this ends and people are like, they thought they were you. It is very obvious that they thought they were like this season is set up. No, I'm not going to watch that because I'm already so frustrated by watching shit that doesn't have an ending. Yeah, yeah. And it's like one season of something can be excellent. We've seen that, you know, many times. Uh, freaks, um, freaks and geeks. Yep. Or like when it's plants, sharp objects. Yeah, um, yeah, true. Chernobyl right now. Chernobyl. It's, right. Yeah. So I just wonder, like, if if Warner Brothers always planned on having their streaming service, why would they launch DC Universe in the first place? Like, did they think that they were going to have enough subscribers to support both? Yes, mm-hmm. I do. I, I think they. Ho- yeah. I think they hoped they would. I, I think they hoped that they could ride this. It's just wave interesting of- to, yeah. It's just interesting to think like it would have been such a better idea to maybe have some of these shows just be like on you know like wb.com like for streaming to get you hyped for their original content that included dc on their you know new streaming service and it all could have been hyped for this one service instead of like like you said like i you don't have any faith in the service so like for some people i think that's going to be like well i don't want like warner brothers streaming service because they fucked me over with dc universe i don't even excited about melissa i don't even know if they're going to make it the 15 months like I, I've paid for the 15 months. I don't even know if they're going to make it the 15 months. Are they going right. to stretch it out? Like after that 15 months, like what do you do at that point? Like are they going to give me a free Warner Brothers streaming service at that point? Like to finish this well, out? Well, they're, they're going to screw should. you. They're going to just leave it open. Like you're, even though new content won't be being made, they'll consider you getting your money's worth because you still have access to the bank no, no, content that's, that's already what, there. Th- th- I, I know, like, but that's, I understand that. that. That's definitely a route that they could go. Like, they still have content that's sitting on the service. They're not producing new content. But yes, I can watch everything that they've thrown up there. And then they can give me, like, the full catalog of comics or whatever they, they want to do to kind of, like, try to make it up to me. But, like, that's not, that's not going to leave a good taste in my mouth as far as, like, right, no, I wonder if they're no. thinking about that at all. The way that. No. Or they wouldn't have just fucking canceled Swamp Thing the way they did, or let that thing, yeah, you know they'd have I, at least that. waited till the series fucking ended. See, there's well, there's the and we talked about this. There's the theory I talked about it. It's it's the theory that that they're trying to do something different. Like they, that's the norm. You wait until the 
series has concluded before you announce the cancellation. That's the norm. The conspiracy theory that I've heard through different outlets is that they canceled it immediately to, number one, bring attention to people that there's a Swamp Thing show. Number two, that there's a... Oh, that seems so dumb. I know. I agree. Yeah, that is dumb because now you just don't watch in the first place. There's mm-hmm. no grassroots to get a season two because you've cut off, like, you cut it off right at the cord, man. I know. People aren't going to watch it all now. I think it's I think it's a, it's a risky thing, and I think, like, if you if anybody with any common sense, if, that's, if that is true, you're going to realize that that's going to fail for you. So. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. Because I'm definitely not, oh, okay, now I'm aware that there's a DC Universe uh, service. <laughs> yeah, you're aware that they canceled their shows yeah. in episode two. Exactly, exactly. And, I mean, it's not like, it'd be one thing if it was Netflix where there's, like, you know, 50-plus fucking original series, at, you know, at one time, and you're, you're canceling three or four of them. Mm-hmm. And that still makes you upset. But here we've got, like, four original shows. Fuck three, just three. We haven't. We don't even have Star Girl out yet, dude. Okay, I thought we had um, Young Justice. And no, yeah, well, that Young Justice was on season three. Okay, okay, you're right. Yeah, though those, it's these those are were the only four I was counting. This is like new content that they're bringing to the service. You're absolutely right, but yeah, like Young Justice was already established. We're on season three, but as far as like new live action programming, you're on your third series and you've canceled it. Yeah, that, that's a 33% chance of any show starting being canceled after one episode to, right. to people's eyes. Like, it's just, it's just terrible. Like, this would be a little bit of a softer blow if there was, you know, 20 plus DC original shows going and they're like, okay, Swamp Thing just isn't working. Don't get me wrong. My complaint is not about the quality of the shows. I fucking love the quality of the shows. It's no, my, it's the lack of faith. They, if yes. anything, they should have more faith because of what they've been able to do like apparently the big wigs can't even recognize that they are actually making quality product right. for one of the first times in a fucking decade right. with warner brothers superheroes and this is what they do they cut it off at the fucking knees before I, it even has a chance to start i couldn't agree more and like i i would watch these shows over the cw dc shows any day of the week now these are just these are phenomenal in my opinion so and there's shows that can't even exist on on you know the CW they with can't. their you know the content. This right. is a it's a platform for a completely different kind of superhero show that's really never had a chance to to exist outside of maybe like an HBO or something. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like, unfucking believable. Uh, director Quentin Tarantino is ready to boldly go where no other fucking man has gone before. I've got Quentin Tarantino Star Trek news from Empire. Speaking the mm. upcoming new issue of Empire, Tarantino confirmed that his new frontier for Star Trek will be swear laden and that it will be R rated if he steps behind the camera. Quote, it's an R rated movie. He said, if I do it, it'll be R rated. As for the latest stage of the project, the filmmaker said, quote, there's a script that exists for it now. I need to weigh in on it. But I haven't been able to do that yet. Uh, when Once Upon a Time in Hollywood hits the big screen later this summer, it sounds like Quentin Tarantino could be setting off at warp speed into cosmic science fiction. So, yeah, he's saying 100% he's finished his script. 
It's ready to go. If they're going to let him, it hasn't been greenlit yet. It's ready to go. He's definitely saying it's, it's going to be an R rated Star Trek film and there will be curse words in it. Talk to me, Jake. Talk to me, Melissa. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited for this. Um, you know, they've already kind of opened the door for this from what I've heard with discovery, right? They were, they dropped an F bomb on that from what I know, right? You're 100% correct. So it's, it, Tarantino won't even be the first person to make this kind of thing happen in a Star Trek episode. So if you're willing to do just that, then, you know, this is what one thing I've complained about Star Wars is their inability to kind of genre, genre swap and do different things with their franchise other than the norm. So man, I hope Star Trek does this. I don't, I'm not a believer that just because you're part of this giant franchise that everything has to fit this mold that everything else is part of. I, I think there's plenty of room for a Tarantino interpretation of a Star Trek story. And, man, I'll be there opening night. Is this the prime universe of the Kelvin? Or is it a new universe altogether, I Jake? Think it's, I think it's kind of an Elseworld story is the way you go with it. Um, make it vague enough so if people love it, you can potentially push it into a a more shared universe with the other stuff. But I think initially you, you just kind of make this a, its own one-off thing that takes place in the Star Trek world, you know? Dude, I'm with you. Like, I want this so fucking bad. Like, like, um, for the people that don't want this, I get it. I, I suppose I get it. I don't get it. I love Quentin Tarantino. I want this movie. It's not like he's introducing midichlorians. He's just introducing an F-bomb. So f- fucking deal with it. Let's see what he can give us as far as the story's concerned. Like, come on. Like, if this movie, it, it's, Jake, a Quentin Tarantino Star Trek film, I, I want to see what this would look like. I've got to see this yeah, for, I mean, this is like, this is I, like, I've got to see this with my own two eyes. I've got to hear this with my ears. I have to watch this movie. This, Jake, I, I will always wonder what a Quentin Tarantino Star Trek movie is going to be like if I don't get this now. Like, if it's bad, don't worry about it. Just do, if you're a Star Trek fan, if you're a Gene Roddenberry purist, and and this is something like the last thing that you want to see, just pretend it doesn't exist. Don't worry; it's not going to fucking ruin anything for you. But for me, I've got to see. I, dude, curiosity, man, I got to see this. Yeah, I, I just want to know. I mean, obviously, he has a lot of passion behind it, or he wouldn't bother with it at all. Yeah. So I'm really curious as to, like, kind of what the genesis of wanting to do this in the first place is. Like, there's got to just be that one killer idea for a story that he came up with that, you know, we obviously won't know until we mm-hmm. start seeing trailers or synopsises or this thing gets rolling. But, yeah, I'm very curious. Like, is it – did he write it like he writes a Tarantino movie did he is it an homage to kind of the way Star Trek is and the way that flows or, you know, with a little bit of his style sprinkled in like I'm right there with you, Brian. Like yeah. I have to see this and what his idea of this is. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, it feels like an Elseworld story within itself. Right. I, I feel like this is like a movie that should not exist in our literal universe, Jake. But like it's <laughs> being talked about. And so, like, that's why I've got to see this. Like we're not talking about. We're not talking about just some random filmmaker. We're talking about, and I'm not, I, we're talking, I think Quentin Tarantino is a living legend. One of the greatest living filmmakers alive right now. And if he wants to do a Star Trek film, I want to, like we're getting a Martin Scorsese produced Joker film here. And I'm open to that now. 
And it's an origin yeah, I mean, story. This is even next level to that. I yes. Mean, yeah, it'd be like if Scorsese was directing the the Joker film. Do you not like like seriously think about the think about this from like a film lover's just think about this as a film lover. You've got one of the best directors right now. And it, I know it's it's mind-blowing to think about Quentin Tarantino, the guy who did Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, doing a science fiction film. I know it's mind-blowing. But my God, isn't it going to be kind of like, even if it is a bomb, isn't it's it's going to be something to, it's going to be something to witness, man. It's going to be something to witness. Yeah. And if it's good and a huge hit, yeah. it really it really could be something that opens up like eyes over at Star Wars camp when it comes to... Uh, being a little bit less safe with these movies, you know, like yeah. in an alternate universe where the Quentin Tarantino Star Trek movie exists before Solo comes off, you know, maybe maybe Lord and Miller don't get fired from that movie. Right. Maybe the bold direction is a bit more yes. for these kind of things. So, right. Yeah. And not only do I want to see this, but I, I really kind of do hope it's good and a hit. Yes. And kind of knocks some sense into the Star Wars camp when it comes to uh, different ideas and, you know, ways about doing Star Wars movies that well, you do are. Who would have thought that the comedian from a Comedy Central show called Kean Peel would be the biggest horror director out there right now? <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. You can't stifle someone's creativity before you let them have a chance to be creative. Boom. And yeah, it's just not a good way to do things. Melissa, jump in here and disagree with us so we can attack you. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, I have not seen any Star Trek. So. On the surface, like, all the things you're saying are exciting. I just don't have any real frame of reference for it. Like, I love when beloved franchises, uh, like, evolve and more people can get into them and you get, uh, like, interesting filmmakers doing mm. cool things with properties that people love. Like, I always love that. I'm always interested in it. I just have never seen Star Trek. What if? But uh, what do you think about Quentin Tarantino? Like, like, like Quentin Tarantino. Mm, not, not, not just Quentin Tarantino. Strong. What do you think about his like films? Towards him, either way. Um, I haven't seen many of them. <laughs> oh my god! Really? That's like so. Right. So, uh, like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is going to be the first time I'm seeing a Tarantino movie, like realizing that it's like an important director. Yeah. Like I've seen Reservoir Dogs. You said he did that, right? Yes, he but did. like. Like I'm saying, like, I've seen it one time and I wasn't thinking about the fact that it was like a, you know, a director of like this generation. Like, I need to revisit all that stuff now that I pay attention to what I'm watching. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. Like, I'm looking at it as a way also, Jake, to like Quentin Tarantino is, uh, in my opinion, like, uh, would you consider him a household name at this point? I I would. Yeah, I like I, I haven't seen his movies, but like I know. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone knows the name, regardless of whether or not they're familiar with the library. They know the name. So, do you think that people that wouldn't go typically to a uh, Star Trek movie might be inclined to go to a Star Trek movie because Quentin Tarantino is directing a Star Trek film? Oh, 100%. It was kind of the next thing I was even going to talk about. I, I would be willing to bet that a Quentin Tarantino Star Trek movie would be the highest grossing Star Trek movie of all time. Mm. You're not saying 
Yeah, it's interesting what Jake's saying here, people. Uh, don't get it confused with Jake saying it's going to be the best Star Trek movie of all time. He just said it could possibly be the highest grossing Star Trek movie of all time. Yeah, I mean, right? I, I, I don't know what is up to this point. I'm, I don't know if it's one of the new ones or not. I know for the longest time it was uh, Voyage Home. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd have but, to go um, to box office mojo and and just check out the Star Trek stuff, but I have no idea. Yeah, but I mean, Star Trek movies aren't usually known for opening nine, night packed houses, like in the way that like Star Wars movies are. Right. And I do think like, even like Melissa, she's not very familiar with Star Trek franchise, but I mean, the kind of curiosity of something just completely different, the R rating, the more m- mature content that may be present. I think a lot of people that had previously no interest in Star Trek or even people that kind of turned their nose at Star Trek are going to go see this movie. I agree. I agree. I'm, you know what? And if the movie's not good, it's not going to destroy me. And and if you're, if you're, if you're a Trek fan, don't let it, I mean, if the movie's terrible, don't let it get you down. Just, it's a, just, just be like, ah, that movie didn't exist in my universe. Whatever. It was a interesting experiment, but I, I have a hard time feeling like Tarantino's not going to give us something special, something cool. Yeah, I, like I said, for him to even do this, like there has to be that spark of an idea that really like spurred yeah. this. Because I remember when this story first gained heat, it was all coming from him, mm-hmm. just saying that he had this really killer idea for a Star Trek story. Yeah, and we, that's still kind of been the one part of this we don't know is like what that killer idea is. Why do you want to stifle that creativity just because it's Tarantino and you're used to seeing him making movies like Jackie Brown and fucking Pulp Fiction and he doesn't do science fiction and he curses in his movies. So I, I, dude, I'm all for this. I want to see what he can do. I, I, I yeah. Yeah. And if he doesn't do this, I, I really do just want to see one Tarantino franchise movie. Like I've always when they when the news was going for a while that he was going to do a Friday the Thirteenth movie, I yeah. was excited. He's done some television. Like, yeah, a little bit of television. He's done but, like a like a CSI or a Law and Order or whatever the fuck. If you want to go through he, and look at his filmography, he's done some television. He's never like owned a popular IP for like a two hour plus movie that he wrote. No, though. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But he he yeah. it's it's not like it's not like the guy is he he just has to do like original stories. You know, as far as like, he's just got to do Kill Bill and Hateful Eight and Django and stuff. So, did you hear about yeah. the Django Zorro crossover movie? I did see what? the news on that. That seems very bizarre. Gerard Carmichael. Um. Would be writing it with Quentin Tarantino if that were to happen. I don't. I don't. I don't think that that'll ever happen. I don't. Yeah, I, it seems seems very bizarre. Yeah, it sounds like a comic book. It sounds yeah, like a, yeah. It, it, right? I agree. Yeah, it sounds like a comic book crossover. Like, yeah, it doesn't or sound a like mini series. I don't see that happening. I think this. I think that's all talk. I think this Star Trek thing could happen. I'm fifty fifty on this Star Trek thing happening. Yeah, every every year since this is kind of broke, it seems a little bit more possible that it might actually fucking happen. I don't think we're we're not getting Star Trek four. We are not like 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 originally they were talking about Chris Hemsworth coming back and being like playing, you know, because he's such a huge star now. Chris Hemsworth coming back and playing like it would be Captain Kirk going back in time and meeting his father and them going on an adventure. And Hemsworth is like, no. 
they haven't, that ain't happening. <laughs> that's, that's not happening. I haven't heard anything. Like, like they're not willing to pay me the money or blah, 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 or whatever it was, whatever the story was. It's not happening. And so I, and I think people have lost interest in that franchise after the last two films. I don't think that, I think that first one, J.J. Abrams nailed it. People loved it. And then I think Star Wars came out and people just do not give a shit anymore. Into the Darkness just was not that good. And then the third one was just, just an average film, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. There's nothing that franchise has no gas. Like there's nothing to keep the layman or non Trekkie coming back for that franchise anymore. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I'm, I would be more, I'm a, I'm more excited for Avatar 2 than I would be Star Trek 4. Sorry, that's the truth. I can't fucking believe that I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Jake's not, Jake's not bullshitting either. Everybody that says Jake is just Brian's yes man, you are full of shit, man. Me and this guy fucking go back and forth on shit all the fucking time. Yeah, I can't believe, I, I agree though. Fuck, man. I, and I, do not want Avatar 2 at all, but yeah, Star Trek, the current movie incarnation is pretty fucking tired as well. Yeah, dude, fuck that shit. So, we, earlier I talked about Chernobyl. HBO and Sky uh, success with Chernobyl, they're now reteaming with uh, Jude Law for the fantasy six-part limited series The Third Day. This news comes from The Hollywood Reporter, Set on a mysterious, I don't have a lot of information on this guys. This is very early in development. Uh, set on a mysterious island off the coast of Britain. The third day tells the story of Sam, played by Jude Law, who encounters the island's secretive inhabitants and their strange rituals. Fantasy and reality begin to blur for Sam, triggering past traumas and brings him into conflict with the islanders. Uh, the series is going to be directed by uh, Mark Munden uh, from National Treasure and Utopia. Uh, the Third Day will be the first original to come from Sky's new production house, Sky Studios. It'll uh, film in July of this year, and it will air next year. Sky Studios, Jake. Um, Disney owns Sky now. Hmm. Yeah, that that is correct. Uh <laughs> Wow, uh, so it, this is kind of like a team up of like Disney and HBO if you really want to get down to it. Yeah, that's pretty much two giant powerhouses. I wonder if this was kind of the ledger was in the works before all the Disney stuff came because the Disney Sky thing just happened very yeah, recently, right? I, yeah, well, like when the deal closed. I mean, well, the, the, the Sky was always part of the package. That was part of the problem for getting the deal done too because Comcast really wanted Sky. And so like there was a there was a time where they thought that Comcast was uh in the bidding for um for Fox just so they could get Sky and that they might just get Sky and then Disney gets Fox. Disney ended up getting Fox and Sky uh in the long run, but um uh I yeah, I this is uh I think like I like I don't know how long this relationship's going to last between HBO and Sky now that Disney I think uh Sky Studios it'll probably we'll see like Sky Studios stuff probably eventually go to like Disney Plus You know what I mean? I I, I think anything in the future 
with Sky Studios might be worked out with Disney Plus. But I think like with the success of Chernobyl, like they kind of want to keep the train rolling right now. And uh, Jude Law in a in a six part fantasy, he's on an island and these secret. There's not a lot of information to go on here, but like after watching Chernobyl and I'm I'm looking forward to this. It's like. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you always have my attention when all you have to do is kind of say HBO these days, honestly. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yep, I agree. Yeah. And Jude Law. And Jude Law. <laughs> Jude Law. Yeah, he's good. I like, do you ever watch, uh, um, uh, Melissa, do you ever watch, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Sky, Com- Sky Commander in the World of Tomorrow. Did you ever see that movie? I did not. <laughs> Nobody's ever, Jake, did you see it? I did not. God, nobody's ever seen that movie. I love that fucking movie. <laughs> did Jude Law star in that? Yeah, it's Jude Law and Angelina Jolie. Yep. Oh, wow. What? Yeah. I remember the marketing for the movie. I own it. I fucking own it on DVD. It Sky Commander and the World of Tomorrow. I love that movie. It did not do, like, I bet, I guarantee you, like, the Rotten Tomatoes score is just shit. I get, I love that movie, though. Yeah, it kind of has that Rocketeer World's Fair yeah. kind of feel to it a little bit. It's uh, a very, little bit more. It's kind of it's kind of steampunk in a way. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I remember the trailers being really interesting. I would watch that. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. It's good. Watch it. Sky Commander in the World Tomorrow. Is it streaming anywhere? Let me find out mm-hmm. if it's streaming anywhere. I was I was looking Doesn't, it up. I just googled it, and it does not seem. Like it is streaming for free. Sky Commander and the World of Tomorrow. Do you like the way That's I sang that? No, it's it's called Sky Captain and the World oh, of Tomorrow. Sky Captain and the World Sky of Tomorrow. Captain and the World of Tomorrow. It's not streaming anywhere, but you can rent it on Amazon for two ninety nine and for fifty cents. I will sing that song to you. Nice, Sky Captain. And the world Don't give it away for free. I know. I'm giving you a taste. I haven't even gotten to the fucking hook yet. All right. Seventy-one percent right, on, on right. Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty good. <laughs> How much? Oh, is in this thing. Seventy-one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's fresh. Yeah. It looks diff- it looks decent. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was good. I thought it was good. It's good. I even wrote a goddamn song about it, Jake. Started started singing it and then and then uh, Melissa. I keep wanting to call her Rebecca. Melissa, fucking like reminded me like don't give it all away. Well, you literally just said I'm gonna charge for it and then you just and then started singing. I know. For free. I know. I'm like a fucking whore. I'm a fucking whore. <laughs> Except a bad one. Can I'm a, not collect the money. I know. It's like a, oh shit! I just gave that guy a blowjob and he came all over the place. Fuck, what the? And I got no money. I got no money. What? And this is the third time I've done this in the last 15 minutes. <laughs> like, what am I doing? I'm terrible at this gig. Jesus. My pimp's gonna beat the shit out of me. <laughs> I know. I know. Pimp, pimp humor. Nah, it's distasteful, Brian. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> Best overall podcast. Everybody. Yes. You find out why about every five minutes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when we get off the rails and I start talking about stupid bullshit. Steven Spielberg is writing a horror series for Quibi that you can only watch at night. 
Did you guys see this news? I did. I did. It, please tell me the show really isn't called Spielberg After Dark. Uh, Spielberg is penning a horror series for Quibi that users will only be able to see when their phone knows it's dark outside, founder Jeffrey Katzenberger said. Katzenberg, excuse me, said on Sunday. Katzenberg was at the Banff, Banff World Media Festival in Canada to answer more questions about his and CEO Meg Whitman's burgeoning short-form program incubator and also revealed more programming plans. Guys, first off, if you don't know what Quibi is, uh, Quibi is a new streaming service. Uh, I don't know when it's going to launch. Uh, as soon as I know, I will let people know. I have signed up for the Quibi newsletter, so when they have news for Quibi, I will be one of the first people to find out. Uh, Quibi stands for Quick Bites. Uh, which is going to be quick bites of media, quick bites of entertainment. So each show is going to be like anywhere between like five to whatever minutes, very short programming. And um, I mean, they've got uh, Antoine Fuqua is making a show for Quibi. Now they've signed on with Steven Spielberg and, uh, uh, here, here we go. Katzenberg said, Steven Spielberg came in and said, I have a super scary story I want to do. He's writing it himself. He hasn't written anything in a while, so getting him to write something is fantastic. Katzenberg said Spielberg has already written five or six episodes, which Quibi calls chapters, like a novel of a 10 or 12 chapter story. The program is being developed under the title Spielberg's After Dark. Spielberg is also developing a revival of his anthology series Amazing Stories for another new content programmer, Apple TV+. Plus. I heard that got scrapped. Oh. Yeah, I, I saw a brief like blip out of that, too, that that's up in the air. Yeah, I heard that that's not happening. So I don't know how current that news is. Um, These two things seem like in direct correlation with each other, too. Like, if that did get scrapped, like... Those kind of stories are the perfect kind of stories that potentially could be these stories. Yeah, too. you never know. Yeah, like okay, so amazing stories isn't happening for Apple, so I'll just take those stories to Spielberg's After Dark on Cinemax. Oh, sorry, on uh, Quibi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that too. You know what? Um, this sounds interesting. I, you know, I can't help but be excited with Spielberg writing something as well, too. But I gotta say, I, I roll my eyes at the gimmick, the whole like, oh, if my phone doesn't sense that it's dark in the room or dark outside, I can't even watch this show. And like, it gives it such a pretense that like when it's, you know, not super scary to everybody that it's a failure, like it's just, kind of building itself up to be more than what it may be i let, let me talk i want to get for me let me get into the gimmick here spielberg had an unusual request he wanted viewers to only be able to watch the program after midnight given that phones can track where it is at that moment and keep tabs on when the sun rises and sets in its area. Katzenberg and Whitman challenged their engineers to come up with an idea for how to view the show when it's spooky out. The result? A clock will appear on phones, ticking down until sun sets in wherever that user is, until it's completely gone. Then the clock starts ticking again to when the sun comes back up, and the show will disappear until the next night. Grown. I mean, do you think that's cool? (laughs) (laughs) 
does it does it does it create some kind of like anticipation does it does it i mean does it does it like is this the uh think about this it's like you know like uh uh, you know, like, uh, what was it? The, uh, McDonald's Szechuan sauce that they re-released. Like, ooh, you have to, you have to go to McDonald's at early in the morning and you gotta wait in line to get maybe two packets of a fucking bullshit sauce. And like, Nintendo does this all the time with like, oh, we ran out of consoles. We don't have any more consoles to sell. Like, this is like, it's not the same thing, but it's kind of like the same thing when you think about like, ooh, you got to sit around and wait until midnight. And so now you got people like tweeting online saying, I'm waiting till midnight to watch the new Quibi Spielberg thing. And like, ooh, it's a frenzy. And you got people like waiting up and everybody's talking about it the next day. Like I had to wait until the sun went down to watch this fucking stupid bullshit. Yeah, luckily there was a heavy cloud front, and I was able to watch it three yeah, hours early. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know. I think. <laughs> it's, what are you thinking, Melissa? Go ahead. No, Melissa, go ahead. Oh, I want to watch this show less than ever because they're telling me when I can and cannot watch it. <laughs> like Correct. on principle, don't tell me what to do. If I want to watch your stupid scary show at 10 a.m., I should be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking stupid, and like I said, it really gears it up to be a disappointment because it's like you're gonna have such like well it's so fucking scary that i can't watch it until they tell me to when it's completely dark outside and then when it's obviously not that like you're just gonna be like oh well that was something what if i'm fucking tired you fucking and if it is super scary i'm still not watching it at night so what if i'm fucking tired you inconsiderate prick yeah, no shit. Right. What if I like what every or what people my, work nights? People, people work. can't watch TV at night. Oh yeah, I can't wait to fucking like uh throw my whole schedule off so I can watch this stupid fucking five minute bullshit. Yeah, and what about like well now I have to stay off Twitter because fucking Johnny in Arizona's son went down before Bill and Washington's did. Yeah. Oh, good. Everyone's point. watching it and at what about, different like, times. Is the service going to be international? Yeah, um, yeah. Quibi, I don't know. Uh, there's been, uh, there's n- honestly, like, the service hasn't launched. They have no pricing. Right. I mean, I, I signed up. If you go to, like, it's like Quibi.com or whatever it is, you can sign up for their newsletter. And they have, they only sent me, like, a follow-up email saying, like, you've been signed up for their newsletter. And that if they have any news, they'll let you know. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. It's dark. You can watch the show now. Oh, they do talk about cost. Here we go. Um, Katzenberg told Quibi will offer 125 pieces of content a week or 7,000 pieces in one year. Katzenberg and Whitman have been on a bit of an industry roadshow in the recent months, offering various explainers about the service to industry crowds. Katzenberg revealed over the weekend at the Produced by Conference that Quibi will have two pricing tiers at launch on April 6, 2020. The first costs $4.99 with one pre-roll ad before each video segment, a 10-second ad if the video is less than five minutes, and a 15-second ad for t- five to ten-minute videos. An ad-free option will cost $7.99. Hmm. 
That's interesting. Well, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna need names like Spielberg if they're trying to peddle those kind of prices onto people. And they got Spielberg and they got Antoine Fuqua. So yeah, you gotta pay and you can't watch the shit when you want. That sounds pretty fucking bogue. Just just for the Spielberg thing. Just for the Sp- everything else will probably they don't. It's not like yeah we. we we got a show where you can only watch it in the afternoon, you know. <laughs> Here's all our morning show. What are you doing watching morning shows at 10 p.m., asshole? Subscription canceled. Yeah, you're double charged. They, they kick you off the service. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what kind of fucking big brother crazy shit is this, man? This is nuts. This is weird. Well, that's Spielberg. That's Spielberg saying, like, the only time where I want people to watch my content is at night. <laughs> you know? Fucking A, man. That is some pretentious shit. That is kind of... And I love Steven Spielberg. I think like... Oh, he, me too. Me too. But that is some pretentious bullshit, right? It's fucking nuts. Like, what if like what if we told people like they could only listen to our podcast at a certain time? Yeah, that's... Like, fuck. Like, if we had the option on iTunes that our episodes will only be available for like a four hour. <laughs> four hour Not long enough. <laughs> get, get the leftovers countdown after your phone. I've never heard the last hour of this episode because you only give me four hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's where it gets that's where it gets leftovers after dark too. Yeah, true. We get really dirty on that one. Oh my god! Oh, That's man. where I'll use all my tank jokes. <laughs> Saving it yeah. for the after dark hours. What the fuck? <laughs> you guys missed it. Like we're me and Jake are getting all dirty talking about taints and vaginas on pizza. And as soon as we hit stop and we go to break, fucking Melissa's like, "How do you think that they would make a taint look on a pizza?" Like for just. You know, like me and Jake look all pervy, and then we got, uh, and then and then Melissa shuts the fuck up the entire time. Look at all like, look at she's gonna come out, come out unscathed by our pervy conversation about pizza, pizza penises and pizza boobies, and then she's all asking us about pizza taints. What a pizza taint would look like. <laughs> Yeah, as soon as you hit pause, Sailor Melissa. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Sailor. She's just dirty as shit. (laughs) My gosh. Crazy. Listen to her. She ain't even fessing up to it. Look at it. Listen to her. Nothing. I'm the one who brought up paints again. (laughs) (laughs) It obviously did not absolve you. No. Uh, You're still guilty. Yeah. Yeah, I ain't worried. It's it, Jake. It was literally like after I hit stop, she started. Now I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about perverted pizza now. So be, no, I, I laughed as soon as she said it. I, I right away. I was like, Oh, now you're saying. Now you're saying. Stop. <laughs> as soon as we hit stop. As soon as we hit stop. Oh, Jake. Man. I'm telling you, we put ourselves out there, man. We talk about the real shit, dude. Oh, how can you number, not? Number one podcast ever. Best overall podcast! <laughs> Recognized for our taint awareness. I think you went so loud that it cut out. Oh my <laughs> god, I know. It's ridiculous. Know. I'm a ridiculous. One of my headphones actually popped out of my ear. <laughs> 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 
I'm having that visual in my head. <laughs> oh man, do you guys want to take a break or do you? I mean, I don't know. What do you want to do? Like, what do you want to I do? I could always, I could always use a break. I could use a drink and a pee. Are you good, Melissa? You want to take a break? Yeah, Let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll knock this shit out. We'll knock it out so fast. I'm done. No, I'm gosh. done. I, I'm, I'm loving it. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Listen to you. Sounded like uh, the '90s McDonald's slogan. I'm loving it over there. <laughs> I did not mean to do that. Yeah. What, what, what's, what's next? Uh, good time, great place. That's why this is my place. The good time, great taste of McDonald's. What's going on with you, Jake? Yeah, I'd like to have it my way and knock this thing out. That's Burger King. Let's not mix up our franchises, <laughs> sir. All right. Let's keep. The, let's keep. Let's keep. The, let's keep this Mickey D's. All right, buddy. All right. All right. Jesus Christ! What are you going What's 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 a Chick Fil A slogan? I don't know. I don't know. We're bigots. I'm very much. Oh yeah. I was like, must not make these jokes. <laughs> I went. Hey, it was tasteful. I said we're bigots, right? No, I, I applaud the show. Uh, yeah, my Chick-fil-A slogans are not good. <laughs> <laughs> no, my Chick-fil-A slogans. We don't want to lose listeners. Best podcast ever. <laughs> okay. Like, come, I don't know. You can fucking, you can listen, you can leave. I don't give a shit. I don't get, get on fucking iTunes, tell me what a fucking prick I am. Get on fucking iTunes, tell me I'm the worst fucking host ever. I need to, and the show would be so much better without Brian. Oh, fuck you, best overall podcast, suck my fucking dick. How about that? <laughs> How about that? How about that? I saw a fun- be another fun time to remind you that there's no iTunes anymore, I think. Right? Yeah, Apple reviews, whatever the fuck. I'm gonna, I'm gonna still call them iTunes reviews. I'm not changing it. I'm not changing it. Um, I saw, what did I see today? I saw, it was, uh, Somebody, somebody made like a meme on Reddit, and it, it had me cracking up. Do, did I? Do I have that pulled up? That I can pull. It's a Windows 8 meme. It was fucking hilarious. Here we go. Yeah, uh, somebody. So it was somebody wrote something like somewhere online. Windows 8 can suck my dick, and this guy followed up with, "I can't believe how far technology has come." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I thought it was pretty funny. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to blaze through Marvel news. We're going to blaze through DC news, and we're going to wrap this shit up. How's that sound? I love it. Sounds great. (laughs) All right. We'll be right back. (laughs) Greetings, Leftover Army. Pop Culture Leftovers is the people's podcast. They're always looking for new writers and YouTube reviewers to join the team because they themselves aren't talented enough to write them. In all honesty, they're not even sure Frank can read, but their listeners can. So send your reviews to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com, and if the leftovers like it, they'll contact you, and you could see your article featured on popcultureleftovers.com. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Leftover Army. You should follow the leftovers on Instagram at instagram.com slash popcultureleftovers. And on Tumblr at popcultureleftovers2.tumblr.com. If you get a few shots of vodka in you, it's almost as sexy as my voice. That's gangster. Hey, we're, we're back, Jake. <laughs> that, break, that break didn't help me at all. I'm probably more giggly than I was before now. <laughs> I got a question for you. 
if uh, if there was a uh, if you had uh, and this is for you too, Melissa. If there was a button, a Brian rein in button, where you could rein me in, where I'm going off track, would you have hit it by now? Would you have hit this button, Jake? No. I uh, wouldn't push that button I in my life. I wouldn't have hit it, but I'd probably regret not hitting it after the fact. <laughs> like, because, <laughs> like, like, I don't know, man. Like, you know, I think, like, we're going, like, some good places on this show, and then I take it to some stupid places, you know? And I feel, I feel like, you know, like... I'm the equivalent of the dog humping that doll that we talked about at the beginning of the episode. You know what I mean? I, I think it's been, I think the only time tonight I would have hit the button was during the brooch stuff. The, oh, the brooch? Yeah. <laughs> That's the one? The That's chunky, the, the chunky jewelry conversation? Yeah. I was a little bit like, I don't know what's happening here during that one. <laughs> I'm bringing up the most obscure bullshit about Joan Rivers ever that nobody's ever heard of when Joan Rivers used to sell jewelry on QVC. Yeah, it completely made me. I always hate when I forget what we're even talking about in the first place. <laughs> And I was I was really there during the Chucky Ruler reception. <laughs> so you you would have hit the rain in Brian button. Yeah, yeah. Most times, no though. I, I feel like eight out of ten times I'm not hitting it. I'm there with you. Yeah, but like in that moment, you're like, okay, yeah. yeah. I need to make that button available. Like there needs to be like an audible sound that we hear. Yeah, I feel like to give so you props, you guys I feel are like, creating a safe word right now for the podcast. Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like now that we're examining this, you like seem like you're like, okay, yeah, I probably should have reined it in during the tricky like, jewelry. Like Jake hits this button, and all of a sudden you hear, "Shut up!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, I was thinking it'd be a lot more subtle. Than no, that. no. My concern. <laughs> you're gonna hear this button and be like fuck off Jake I'm going in three times harder now that's a great point Melissa yeah. I, I feel like mm. had I hit that button we'd still be talking about <laughs> at this moment like three hours later we're still talking about Joan Rivers and this <laughs> fucking bullshit like oh shit oh god Brian I'm still trying to figure out what the name of that jewelry is he's fuck. giving us the whole fall line <laughs> <laughs> the whole spring collection. <laughs> All right, let's let's rain it in on the rain it in conversation. <laughs> uh, we got our first. Hey, let's move into Marvel news. I will play the Marvel bumper. It's been a while. Just want to point out, best overall podcast, Jake. Just want to throw that out. No. Yeah, no contest. I didn't even need the reward to know that. I want to, like, I wish I had, like, you know, like as a podcaster, I wish I had, like, a uh, fucking uniform, you know, like Napoleon with all the fucking decorations on it and shit. And I had, like, that best overall podcast fucking, like, you know what I mean, metal hanging off of my chest. Yeah, at, I'm. that would be fucking amazing. Look at this shit. <laughs> best overall. <laughs> Most humble podcast. Yeah, I would I would sell it in the Joan Rivers collection. <laughs> it, it would be oversized and huge. 
I didn't even make that connection. <laughs> I didn't either until I said it. <laughs> I, I that wasn't, was obviously subliminal there. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, subconscious. I, I know. I wasn't like I wasn't like looking for that joke, but it just kind of like it, it organically happened. People. Um. We got our first look at the uh, screenshot taken from the uh, Disney investor meeting back in April of the Loki series. Kevin Feige held this portion of the meeting, which focused on the Disney Plus show. Uh, we saw the logo for the show, as well as a pic of Loki standing in front of a movie theater, and the marquee said Jaws. Uh, so we're led to believe that Loki will be jumping through time with the Space Stone, and he's back in 1975 probably in this pick, uh, the year that uh, Jaws uh, was released. Uh, you can also see the cars. There's like two or three cars in this shot. Those cars are also from the 70s period. Um, so, yeah, Jake, like, here's my question. Um, it's a space stone, but it's not the time stone. What's up? What's going on here? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe Loki's found just some other means of time travel. To go along with the stone that he has, hmm. the DeLorean, possibly. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that's a different studio, but maybe. <laughs> what, what about that? Uh, remember, remember the Time Machine movie? That fucking steam, right. that steampunk looking fucking thing that that dude would sit in and it would spin around. It looked, it looked like one of those fucking uh, those uh, watercraft things that uh, they use in the Bayou. Right, yeah, like a, like a hovercraft, yeah, yeah, like the hovercraft from like Flipper and shit from the sixties. <laughs> Finally, a Flipper reference. I know. Yeah, we, we did it. We did it. Finally, I just, just bingoed on this episode. Bingo! I need my card check. Two hundred, yeah, bingo. Jake hit bingo. Two hundred eighty episodes. Two hundred eighty-eight episodes in, we finally had a flipper. Do you remember what was that show with the the bear, Gentle Ben? Did you ever watch Gentle Ben? My dad used to watch Gentle Ben. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I remember lots of like comic strips making fun of that shit too. Oh yeah. So. Uh, we heard the rumor that the show is going to portray Loki as, quote, an unlikely influencer on historical events. Jake, I want to take you back to our Endgame review, and I said that I wanted to see the show as something like Quantum Leap, and it sounds like they're doing that. Yeah, that is really cool. That, that, that is a great question that you posed, though, about how he is traveling through time. Yeah, space would just, like... So how does the space zone work? Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, However from, they tell us From it what works. we already know, how has it been working previously? Have we seen this one in operation much in the movies? Where did the space stone first come from? Uh, I mean, was it the one that they got from Nova? When we saw uh, the space stone uh, is the one that we've seen San Thanos use when he like just shows up out of nowhere. He's using when he has already. He, when he's doing that, he's not time traveling. Thanos shows up in the first film with the Power Stone. He gets the Space Stone from Loki immediately mm -hmm. after. Okay, and that's the one that that was the Tesseract. That was the Tesseract, uh, and not to be confused with uh, the other stone um, in Avengers, which was the Mind Stone, where in Infinity War he ripped it out of fucking the Vision's forehead. Yeah, and Doctor Strange had the Time Stone. Yes, and then the Ether, which was the Reality Stone, got that from uh, the uh, the Collector, right? 
Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. And then the soul one we know was in Gamora. Exactly. It, ooh, not it, not in well, not, go, in, not in her. Not but. in her. Like it was a fucking like uh, fucking uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's. I knew it. Goop. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> Jade eggs. <laughs> Jade eggs that you stick in your vagina. Infinity Jade eggs. Yeah, Infinity Jade Don't eggs. Don't do that. That's so weird. She she sold. Don't put things in your vagina. Do PSA. not put stones in your vagina. <laughs> I mean, you can put other things in your vagina. You can... I, things that are made for vaginas, <laughs> yes. Don't, don't put things that you plan on leaving in your vagina, I think, is the, is the proper sentence, right? Yeah. yeah, things don't chill in there. Yeah. Come on, y'all know this. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to put, like, gravel in your pussy. You know what I mean? Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> don't, take, don't take a trip down to the old rock dump and shove, like, uh, you know... The rock quarry. It's not a kink shame. We're don't legitimately to, worried. Don't go to the rock quarry and start just shoving like different uh, rocks in there. They should make one of those rocks that have like the hidden compartment where you put like your house key in it that you can put up there. <laughs> that'd, that'd be, be kind of handy. Yeah, I know. Oh man, we're locked out. And then like mom's like, nope. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Gwyneth. Every single person who tries to take drugs places is like having light bulbs go off in their head right now. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, the old key rock. The old key, <laughs> the old key rock. Yeah, so looking forward to the Loki series. <laughs> Speaking of keys, uh, uh, Loki. Yeah. Loki. Oh man, you're killing me. I don't know. Um, did you want to hear about this? Uh, what was it? THR's Heat Vision newsletter had details on what the X-Men Fantastic Four movie would have been like. That crossover. Did you hear about this? Oh, no. I, I, I know what it would have been like. Very bad. Well, in 2010, according to our secret sources, uh, Fox considered building toward a crossover movie that would have pitted the X-Men against the Fantastic Four. Uh, the studio enlisted first-class screenwriters Ashley Edward Miller and Zach Stentz to pen the script which saw Johnny Storm go Nova while trying to apprehend the villain, villain Mo- Molecule Man. Johnny blows a hole in Manhattan and sparks the Superhero Registration Act in response to the carnage. Uh, the heroes are split on opposing sides, and among the key matchups was Wolverine versus Mr. Fantastic. Uh, that battle ended with Reed Richards pinning Wolverine down extending his hands until they're one molecule wide and using them as scissors to cut the mutant's arms off. Uh, eventually, the heroes make peace, leading to a post... How do you make peace after that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry about that arm thing. <laughs> it's all explained in the post-credit scene. <laughs> Eventually, eventually the heroes make peace, leading to a post-credit scene that teases what's next: a scroll, <laughs> a scroll invasion. Uh, <laughs> uh, I believe this a hundred percent. I mean, it's classic box where they're like ripping off the same thing the other studios doing, right? They're like, oh shit, we can we have the rights to this fucking superhero registration act shit. This too. is 2010, though. This is way before Civil War, Jake. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's true. That's true. 
Oh, man. This would not have been well-received. Oh, man. Mr. Fantastic winning against Wolverine. And it's, that would have... Don't think that this no. is the Miles Teller Fantastic Four. You know, this would this would have been the Michael Chiklis. Yeah, this is this is yeah, this is Chris Evans. This is Chris Torch. Evans. Yeah, Human Torch. Starting the war. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's wild. That's crazy. I love the no, that that's so nuts. How violent, too. That's so unlike Reed Richards. He's cutting Wolverine's arms off. Yeah. He's extending Wolverine's arms until they're only one molecule wide and then using his arms as scissors to cut off Wolverine's arms. <laughs> it's like, why are you hitting yourself to the next level? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so wow. weird. What a dick. I don't know, man. Sounds terrible. That does sound terrible. Wow. I, I almost wish that would have happened. They would have gotten uh, Bourne uh, filmmaker Paul Greengrass to direct. Hmm. Wow. <clears throat> it's, it, the Fantastic Four movies were so campy, too. Like, it all of a sudden, we're going in this uber serious direction because mm-hmm. the X Men are involved. That It just seems so wild. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, that sounds terrible. I don't know. I would watch it, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would watch it, like, tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, my God, that would have been Hugh Jackman, too, dude. Yeah, that's In that crazy. scene, to think about that. I feel like it's so bad it could have <clears throat> ruined, like, in the world where that movie exists, there might not be, like, that might have ended the whole, like, Logan might not exist in that world. I think it would have ended, um, because after that, after this, after they scrapped it, we got first class, which ended up being like a big hit for them. And then we got Days of Future Past, which was still another hit. So I don't know. I it's a good thing that they scrapped it when they did, but we ended on Jake. Did you see Dark Phoenix? No, I ended up ended up getting <clears throat> pretty sick and not going to see it yet. Mm-hmm. Did you like it? Uh, I gave it a taste. It it is. It's not what you want to go out on. Yeah, it, it, yeah. I, I've i avoided the spoilers still, and I, I do need to go see it, because, I mean, I, I want to see how the franchise ends, yes. but I don't. I didn't have hope that it was going to be with taste. It's not terrible, but it's not great. It's just, it's not like, if you're thinking, like, like this is the end of 19 years, and you know, like, the 19-year culmination of these movies, like... It's not like the 10-year, 11-year ending that Endgame gave us. You know what I mean? Yeah, it kind of goes out with a whimper, it sounds like, and not much, like, esteem for the legacy franchise that it, it somewhat is. Melissa, did you see Dark Phoenix? I have never seen an X-Men. You've never seen so, no. an X-Men movie? No. Wow, not you're one. just like, you like you haven't seen the X-Men movies no, I've never like seen a Star Trek from movie? movies for like ten years, and just came back like three years ago. Wow. <laughs> okay, I don't know how. Like, if you if you went back and watched the old X Men movies now, Jake, I don't think that I don't think it would hold up. Like for me, like, like yeah. I really wanted to do it for Logan, <clears throat> but like uh, the Brian Singer of it all, I just oh, he's not. Just Brian Singer's not involved. Brian Singer's not involved. That's all. All James Mangold. Not in. Okay. Well, in for Dark Phoenix, right? Dark Venus yeah. is Simon Kinberg. 
Well, I was just saying, like, I didn't ever see Logan because I wanted to because I, like, feel like I want to watch all of them. Okay. But then going back to, like, the very first ones, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. And then I just can't decide and don't do anything. (laughs) Yeah. Just watch Logan without any of the other movies, honestly. Yeah, I would do that. Just watch Logan. I don't know. I really wanted Dark Phoenix to be really good because I love Sophie Turner. And I think that she can be and will be a really, really great actor. And it's a shame that this was like her first thing post Thrones to come out. It's not, she's not bad in the movie. It's not her. It's just, it's, I mean, she's not terrible in the movie. I like Sophie Turner in the movie actually. And I liked, uh, Michael Fassbender was fantastic. It's just, it's just not like, you know, it, it's not how you want to cap 19 years of build up. Like, this is not how you want to end everything. And But better than Apocalypse. It's better than Apocalypse, for sure, in my opinion. Absolutely, 100% better. Like, anything's better than Apocalypse. Like, watch, I mean, we could have watched fucking Nightcrawler take a two-hour dump, and that's better than fucking Apocalypse. <laughs> You know what I mean? I, w- I would watch Cody Smith McPhee. He doesn't even have to be in like proper Nightcrawler makeup. They could just paint Cody Smith McPhee blue and have him on a toilet taking a shit for two hours, and I'll watch that over Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Poor Apocalypse. Yeah, were you were you contemplating hitting the rain and Brian button there, Jake? No, no, I was just, I was thinking about how terrible Apocalypse was. Apocalypse was pretty fucking bad. DC News, um, let's see. Oh, yeah, rumors for Matt Reeves' Batman film from BatmanNews.com. Has anybody called him Bat Reeves yet? No. Well, I that just, seems like a match. Doesn't it? Uh, Riddler and Firefly rumored to be joining Penguin and Catwoman in the Batman. Ooh, I'm going to hit the Matt Reeves rein it in button. <laughs> it seems now that we have uh, Robert Pattinson as uh, Batman. Uh, it's time to turn to the rogues gallery that will appear in the Batman. Uh, for about as long as Matt Reeves has been involved with the Batman, we've been hearing that the film would feature multiple villains. Penguin and Catwoman have been confirmed. They put confirmed in quotes for some time in that they are to the two most frequently linked to the story, the Geeks Worldwide, which is racking up a pretty impressive track record for accuracy as of late, is reporting that the Riddler and Firefly are also in the mix for the story. Uh, the Geeks Worldwide uh, also provided a casting breakdown of what Reeves is reportedly looking for out of each character. The Riddler, any ethnicity between ages of 30 and 40. The Penguin, any ethnicity between the ages of 20 and 40. Catwoman, any ethnicity between ages 20 and 30 and firefly any ethnicity between the ages of 20 and 30 numerous reports over the past year or so have said we may see as many as six villains so don't rule out a few more being added into the coming months reports have also indicated that the film will see batman going from villain to villain to interrogate them and get clues that will lead them that that will lead him to the next and this will culminate in him confronting the main villain in the film who has masterminded everything it's beginning to sound a bit like the storyline from Batman Hush just minus the character of Hush Jake I hate everything about that yeah yeah this is super terrible i 
man, what I really wanted for Matt Reeves was a more focused Batman movie where we could actually see Batman kind of do his thing, not yet another kind of villain showcase piece. So I don't know. I'm not. And then the fact that they're going to mine the Hush storyline but leave out Hush just seems ugh, really uninspired. Didn't Matt well. Reeves deny that, though? Like, I feel like I read an article where Matt Reeves denied that, that it's not going to be Hush. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. I just, man, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what casting does I, to some of these villains, but... It's not like I read, I don't know if I read an article saying Matt Reeves was like not gonna do hush, but I heard, I, I feel like I've read an article where Matt Reeves said he's not gonna pull from another story. It's gonna be his own story. And so if for like, for him to call his own story like hush minus hush is like, that's bullshit if it's true. I hope that this is not true. Yeah. And I mean, that's probably, that's the kind of thing Matt Reeves will probably never say, even if it is true, right? That's going to be like a fan, like what they decide when they see kind of the story. Mm-hmm. Like, I, he, I don't think Matt Reeves would ever sell his, you know, even if it was slightly based off of that story, he wouldn't go, well, it's hush, just minus hush. Yeah. Yeah. Melissa, are you excited for Robert Pattinson as Batman? I'm more excited about Robert Pattinson as Batman than I've ever been for any Batman <laughs> ever. I love Robert Pattinson. Um, that's a lot of villains. I don't have like as much of an extreme negative reaction to it just because I'm not super like invested in Batman stories outside of uh, like the Christian Bale movies. Like I never saw any Ben Affleck Batman. Um, but I just can't think of any movie that's ever had six villains that wasn't a mess. Mm-hmm. Good point. So yeah. that's not great. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I still hope it's great because I love Robert Pattinson. And if they give him, a, like, good things to work with, it will be a good movie. I think that's just the kind of actor that he is. So hopefully. I hope that nobody knows what the fuck that they're talking about when it comes to this movie, other than the fact that we're going to get Robert Pattinson as Batman, and I hope that everything else is a surprise. I really do. Because, like, I, you know, I don't know who we're going to get as a villain. And we keep hearing Catwoman and Penguin, Jake. Like, that, it is reoccurring. Like, if you compile all the articles that we've read, like, it's always coming back Catwoman and Penguin. It always is. Yeah, I would bet. I would bet five hundred bucks. Penguin's part of it, and like three hundred bucks. Catwoman's part of it at this point. Yeah, we'll see. That's kind of what I've seen from it all. Uh, We'll see. I. I mean, I'm hoping that it's a great movie. Um, I love Matt Reeves, and I was. I've been really impressed with Robert Pattinson, especially watching High Life. I need to watch some of his other films, but we'll see. We'll see. I. I think it's premature for people to count him out just basing it off of twilight and half of those people have probably never even seen the twilight film they're just well like like, fuck twilight you can base it off of cedric diggory and you know he's gonna be great (laughs) yeah i mean it's i don't know i think like some people are just like oh i that's the movie where you got sparkly vampires let's just bash him you know so right and they have no idea they've never seen him in anything else go watch good time come back. That's what I need to see. I need to see good time. Yeah. I do need to see good time. 
Um, Chris Pine talked to Variety about Wonder Woman 1984 and how in this film his character is defined by his love for Diana. I read somewhere today um, somebody on Twitter has claimed that they've seen the movie and they say it's really good. I don't know. Hmm. I, cool. Yeah, somebody claimed that they've seen it. So it's really good. They said it's, a, it's very much a love story, but it's very good. Uh, but anyway, uh, Chris Pine talked to Variety, and here's what he said. What I think defines this series, and perhaps the character, and certainly Patty's interest, is redefining the notion of a hero's journey as we know it. This is a woman, a superhero, defined by her capacity to love. I'll say no more. But I hope audiences are moved in unexpected ways because they're expecting something. I'll probably get a phone call from Warner Brothers for even saying this. What I found this time, the tables had turned on me as a man in terms of how I interacted and played on screen. I loved my lady. I loved as the character, my woman, my partner. So that came to define this man. What a wonderful thing as a character to be in love as a man on screen in a big film. So... um yeah, I, the last movie, like, that's what really defined her character is, like, her love. And that's, like, what made her special, in my opinion. Like, her love for for humanity, especially after her, you know, love for Steve Trevor. I think this is going to be a very romantic kind of, like, film. Um, and then he also... There's going to be tons of action. Don't, don't worry about that, guys. It's not like we're going to watch a goddamn notebook again, okay? So chill the fuck out. But um, Chris Pine also indicated that he doesn't really have any action scenes in the movie. And not for lack of trying on his part. But director Patty Jenkins would shut him down whenever he wanted to be involved in an action scene. He said, it was interesting. My ego comes out. And I told Patty all the time, I want the big fucking fight. Let me climb something. I want to destroy. And she's like, no, not about you. And I'm like, God damn it. She said, not about you. More times making this film. And then he laughed. And so, um, yeah, I think we're going to get to see a lot of Wonder Woman being a badass in this movie and not a lot of Chris Pine doing any action scenes. That's awesome. I think it's pretty fucking cool, too. <laughs> I love I love the fact that Patty has a vision. That's that's what it's about here, people. It's not her saying, like, I, you know, like, you know, like, I don't want to see men do anything in uh, action wise in movies she had a vision for this movie and she her vision is it's, it's not about it's not about uh, Steve Trevor having a big action scene so she had to keep reminding him it, he's he's just wanting to do that he was wanting to do his own action his own stunts and stuff like that and she's like no not about you yeah I kind of love those quotes too that you know he, his ego's not so big that he can't admit to his ego actually wanting him to be part of the action yeah so yeah good on him yeah it's like you know and i think it's great that the the director and the actor can talk to each other in that way you know because like yeah definitely it sounds like they had a great working relationship yeah like they worked on the tnt series uh i am the night was that what it's called i am the night yeah yeah it's getting late and i'm getting yeah, I'm I watched not, one episode of that. I watched. Uh, I never did. Finish I never it. watched I, anymore. I, I finished. I watched three, so I never finished it. What did you think? You, apparently, you didn't like that first episode. Um, 
it was on at the same time as some other like detective show and it was hurting my brain a was little it, bit. Was it was it true um, detective? Was it true detective? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I'm gonna just watch True Detective Live and then wait and just binge through I Am the Night and then we all know what didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> you never got you never got back to never got back never to I Am the Night. You were like, I am the not gonna watch this fucking show. <laughs> I'm the done. <laughs> righty. Um, I think that's it. I don't have any Star Wars news. There was a huge in, in the past couple of weeks. There was like a. There, actually, there's been a few. Have you have you heard about these fucking uh, Joker movie leaks, Jake, on 4chan? No. There's been like two or three Joker movie leaks. I've got a whole Joker movie link uh, leak here from 4chan, and it like goes. I don't know which one to believe. Should I? I don't know. Should I just post the link in our show notes? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that sounds like a giant wormhole. I'll talk about that for a half an hour. Uh, you know what? I saw the I saw again in the theater today before Shaft. I saw the uh Have you guys seen the trailer for 21 Bridges? The new Chadwick Boseman movie? Uh Chadwick Boseman movie? No. I have not. Uh the Russo brothers are producing this one, Anthony and Joe. I've known about this movie for quite some time. Uh I've seen the trailer a couple times in the theater, but it's called 21 Bridges. Oh my god, produced by Joe and Anthony Russo, and you've got, uh, Taylor Kitsch and Chadwick Boseman in the movie. Looks fucking fantastic. I cannot wait for this one. Uh, look up the trailer online. It's called 21 Bridges. Um, what's, uh, what's, but I, yeah, I saw the Joker trailer again in the theater today. I, I saw it before Men in Black. Yeah, I'm looking forward, to, I'm still looking forward to it. It's crazy. Yeah, I kind of warm up to it a little bit more every time I see the trailer, honestly. I'm blown away by the trailer, to be honest with you. Like, I was totally against this movie. I sound like such a fucking... I sound like one of those fuckers that's like, I'm not, I'm not into this at all, and then I get one trailer, and then I'm all like, Gah. you know? But yeah, that, I mean, that, that true, happens. I, it happens to me all the time. And just the idea of them making this movie sounds terrible, but once yeah. you just kind of... The trailer gives you a lot more than just the sentence in a news blur. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. What's uh, what's your most anticipated movie for the rest of the year going forward, Jake? Now that for me, it's Frozen Two. Oh God! Why did I even ask? <laughs> um, Followed by. I mean, he already said that. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah, Melissa, what's yours? I. Th- think it is the Aquafina movie you mentioned earlier, The Farewell. The Farewell, yeah. I don't know. I'm having a hard time with this. I'll be honest. It's probably Star Wars. It's probably Star Wars Episode Nine. I can't lie to myself. Star Wars Episode Nine. And then I think after that, I don't know, man. Maybe Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's hard. Yeah, that's a big one. Mm. There's a lot of good movies coming out. A lot of good movies coming out. Joker's another one. Far From Home, I'm looking forward to it, but it's like not... So anticipated. Jake, did you hear the, here's, here's possible spoilers for Spider-Man. I talked about it last week. Did you hear about, remember when we were talking about, uh, we're gonna end this real quick. Remember when we were talking about a couple weeks ago, like the big reveal in that movie that's gonna piss off fans? Yeah. Did you hear about the, the rumor? I don't think so. That, um, MJ, fucking Michelle, her, it's going to be revealed. Here's the rumor. Spoilers, possibly, guys. I don't know. 
for Far From Home. Michelle, played by Zendaya, is going to be Nick Fury's daughter. If there's going to be a scene in the movie where she reaches out to him, like on some kind of communication device, and calls him dad. Woof, that's kind of lame. I just thought, I, I always think relationship reveals always come across as forced and kind of hackneyed. So I'm not the biggest fan of that. I, I, I get it, man. I think it, I think that that is what's going to happen though. Like it lines up with what Tom Holland said that John Watts said. John Watts said like people are going to, it's going to be a big reveal. It's going to be a big shocking moment and fans are going to hate it. Why? Yeah, I'd be fine with her. Just because it's I'd like a cheap reveal. Yeah, I'd be fine with her working with Nick Fury, like secretly giving him info. But taking it the next step and saying that she's his daughter is just like, uh, can't she be a cool character because she's a cool character? Yes. Like it, it feels like it's now just I'm mad. Cheap, it's cheap bullshit. So she's so, so it's like they're they're trying to say that she's only a cool character because she once lived in Nick Fury's ball sack. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're trying to tie her more into the story by making her Nick Fury's daughter when she's perfectly well tied into the fucking story as what's happened already. Like, it just yeah. seems like a needless next step for her. No, I get um, it. I, I'd be fine with her, like, have been – S.H.I.E.L.D. contacted her and even, you know, she's friends with Peter. She's leaking this information to them and helping them out, but – why does she have to fucking be Nick Fury's daughter? I get it. Like I get pissed uh, off all the time when like it's just it's like um um why not just make cool new female characters? Like why do you have to make like here's uh here's a female character but not, she's wearing the Iron Man armor now or like here's this female character and she's got like the Thor hammer now. It's like I I hate it with any character, though. I felt the same way when it was, oh, what if Finn is Lando's kid? Right. Yeah. Like, it's it's the same type of shit. Yeah. Like, it's like you don't need this blood, secret blood relationship that you didn't know about to pop up three movies later to make this thing interesting. Just fucking make it interesting with good writing. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We will see. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> hey, Melissa, I wanted to thank you for joining us on this episode. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. Are you sure? Are you sure you yeah, had Yeah, I'm going to be working on my tank comedy for next time. Good. Oh, my God. You you had it. You had a moment. You had a moment where you could have blown away our listeners. You could have blown. I'm seriously. You could have blown away our listeners, and you could have been like, oh, check out my funny taint humor, and you fucking held on to it. You held on to it. You fucking, you know what I mean? You didn't go for it. It was a mistake. This is a learning process. We're going to get through it together. Jake just said, it taint happening now. <laughs> people miss that. Like I want thunder. I want yeah. I want people to make sure that they heard that. I mean, if you're not going to take the taint thunder, someone's got to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, the taint thunder. Wow. We can't let the episode go untainted. <laughs> uh, Melissa, if people want to hear more of you, where can they find you? You can find me on a podcast called Wild Pretty Things, where we look at film and TV through a 
deeply feminist lens. So if you like soapboxing and that type of shit, I am over there doing that thing. And you can find me on Twitter basically doing the same. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, here's the thing. Did I hear – is this true? Did I read on Twitter that you're just doing the show once a month now? Um, It's not that we decided to do it once a month. It's just that it, that has kind of happened okay. for the last couple months. So uh, – yeah, we do basically do the show when we find something that we're like dying to talk about or like this month, like we've collected a bunch of things that we're dying to talk about. So our next episode is going to be pretty big and cover like a bunch of movies. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, honestly, everybody, Melissa's fantastic. Check her out. Um, I'm l- really looking forward to reading some of your articles that we're going to be posting on the website. Thanks. Yeah. And while we did this, I looked and nobody is writing up. I am mother yet. So right. I will be working on that for the rest of the weekend. I cannot wait to read that article. I loved the movie. Can't wait to read your article on it. And, uh, yeah, you, you know what? You're going to be able to tell Rotten Tomatoes what you thought about that fucking movie. How does that sound? I can't wait. It, that's the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. And as soon as your article goes up, I, I'm not lying. As soon as your article goes up, you can get on Twitter and you can put that you are an official Rotten Tomatoes reviewer. You are a Rotten oh, Tomatoes. I'm going to. You are a Rotten Tomatoes critic. As soon as that article goes up, and it's fucking live. You can put on your fucking Twitter that you are a Rotten Tomatoes critic. I've put it on mine. I don't give a fuck. I don't care if it sounds... I don't, I don't give a shit, Jake. I am. I don't give a fuck. I am now. Yeah, man. Fucking be proud and loud. Proud and loud? I'm going to show off my taint to anybody. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Take a look at this shit. Look at this shit. Jake, Jake fucking shoves his goddamn fucking groceries up in his... Fuck, dude. I'm going to put my tane in the show notes. There you go. But, yeah, um, check out uh, Wild Pretty Things. That's Melissa's podcast. She's absolutely great. We love having you on the show. You're great, uh, as always. For sure. I, I, I agree. I mean, she comes prepared. It's favorite. I love that shit. <laughs> love having you on. You're fantastic. Uh, Jake, thanks. I'm glad you're back this week. Gone last week. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I shouldn't be... Have any interruptions in the in the near future, at least? Yeah, you find, if you take another goddamn week off, I'm gonna say, you're gonna be on here as a guest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and I'm Brian, and I'm a leftover. And I, hey, first guest is Jake. <laughs> I'm kidding. That would ne- don't that, don't tempt me. <laughs> that would never happen. <laughs> That would no. Jake Jake's just wanting to get a vacation from the show and me at this point. <laughs> it's uh, like, ooh, this is, I got a plan in brewing now. That's uh, Jake's like, man, that that sounds that sounds really attractive. I kind of <laughs> I kind of like that. All right, guys, you know uh, we will be back next week with episode two hundred and eighty nine. I'm gonna. Oh my god, there's a shit fuck ton of movies that are coming out next week that I got to talk about. I am gonna be. I noticed. That I am going to be able to watch. What are these? Toy Story Four is coming out next week, Jake. Child's yes. Play, the new uh, Luke Besson movie, Anna, is coming out, and then finally, it's going to be wide release. It was released this weekend, but not everywhere. But wide release, The Dead Don't Die, the zombie Bill Murray Adam Driver movie with Tilda yes. Swinton. So. Yeah, it's got a lot of good reviews too. I'm excited to see that as well. <laughs> it's got a lot yeah. of bad reviews. It's very split, Jake. Oh. I did not know. Oh that. yeah, I don't even think it's a fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes, dude. I think it's like at a forty or fifty percent. Kind of makes me more excited, though. 
Yeah, it's very split. It's very split. I personally haven't heard one good thing about the movie. Yeah, I'm probably for sure going to get Toy Story squeezed in. I'm hoping that I can get Child's Play in there, too. I'm going to try to watch all four. I really... Gonna, I, yeah, I think I'm going to try to watch all four, because I really want to see all four of these. If there's one movie that I won't watch, it'll probably be The Dead Don't Die. That would be the one yeah, that I wouldn't yeah, watch. Yeah, yeah. You you yeah. It's not one of those movies where you need to report on it immediately. You could probably hold off through a slower week. It's 53% for the critics, but 67% for the audience, Jake. Ooh, that is still pretty polarizing. It is pretty Usually audience scores are like always like 75% or better. Yeah. It's, it's 7%. It's like, it's like 7% above the audience fresh. So it's still teetering. It's not good. It's not good either way. <laughs> so it's, it's divisive. I kind of like movies that are like that though. Yeah. Yeah. It could be fucking one of my favorites of all time, honestly. Who knows? Oh my God. This cast though. It's like Bill Murray, Adam Driver, Tilda Swinton. Chloe Savigny from Bloodline. She was also God. She, what, she's been in a ton of shit recently, and I love her. I think she's great. Uh, Steve Buscemi, Danny Glover. You know what actor I? Oh, Rosie Perez. You know, you know what actor I really miss? Oh yeah, what's his fucking name? Is in this the fucking? Uh, oh God, Tom Waits. Tom Waits is in the movie. Iggy Pop oh, wow. is in the movie. Wow, a lot of music people, huh? That's interesting. RZA. Wow. No, a third music person. Exactly, yeah. Um, I'm really, I'm ready for that Anton Yelkin documentary to come out. Yeah, that sounds really good. It's another reason why I don't really want to Star Trek 4 too, honestly. Yeah, we don't need that now, right? I mean, god damn it. Anton Yelkin, what a fucking... Uh, yeah, not that they gave him tons of meat in those movies, but it would still make me, you know, just think about him. You saw Thoroughbreds, didn't you, Melissa? Um, no, I haven't. God damn it. Get on that shit now. I right know. fucking now. It's on, I have like a, I keep a, like a VOD list of movies on my phone. Anytime I get time, yeah. I pick whatever on the top and it's on there somewhere. <laughs> I'm telling you, Thoroughbreds, everybody, you got to watch it. It's Anton Yelkin. Hold on. Let me see here. I'm going to end here. I, I promise, guys. I keep getting sidetracked. I apologize. Thoroughbreds, you can watch it now streaming on uh, Cinemax. Um, yeah, it's on Cinemax right now. If you have Cinemax, you can watch it for free on Cinemax. And uh, it is incredible. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, Anton Yelkin, Olivia Cook. Oh, Olivia I Cook love from, her. Yeah, uh, she's in Ready Player One. What else was she in? Uh, she's the girl in The Witch, right? I have never seen The Witch. Oh, my God. It's so good. Jake, you it recently saw The Witch, didn't you? Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, I've never seen Is that still on Netflix? Mm, I don't... I'm not uh, sure. Or was it, like, I don't know. Let me fucking... God damn it. I don't even remember that's how I watched it. That's definitely where I watched it, but that was last year. Yeah, I mean, and that's weird. Like, Netflix, like, something will be there, and then, like, in a few months, it's gone. The Witch from 2016. Yeah, it's still on on Netflix, and it's also on Canopy. It's on Canopy. I have both, so I have to watch that. You need to watch it twice. God damn it. Uh, (laughs) Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah, she's great. She's great. She is fantastic. I love her. That's, like, one of the reasons, like, 
I would. I'm. I'm. I was happy that they cast her as magic in the New Mutants movie, but I'm not happy of the direction of that New Mutants movie. I would love to see her come back, and if like Marvel Studios did their own New Mutants movie and introduced magic, I would love to have her play magic, but just like the magic that I know from the comics, not the one that they're portraying in the New Mutants movie. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Right. Do you watch Peaky Blinders? No. This is I've heard so many good things about Peaky Blinders with uh is it Killian Murphy and Tom Hardy in Killian that one? Killian Murphy. Yeah. Yes. It is fan fucking tastic. Uh the only reason I bring it up is because Anya Taylor-Joy apparently is cast in their new season. Oh, it's really? It's not out yet. They're okay. filming it right now, but yeah, she's got a credit on IMDb, so um, Something to I'm, look gonna, forward to. I'm really going to be upset. Let me just throw this out there. Uh, Christopher Nolan's new movie, Tenet, I'm going to really be upset if Killian Murphy does not get a role in that movie, right? Yes. I want Killian Murphy to be in every movie, for one. Well, he should, be, two, he should be in he every Nolan be. movie, just like fucking... He should be in every Nolan movie, right? I mean, that's kind of like been... He's been in a lot of Nolan films. He was in Dunkirk. He was in Inception. Yeah, and he was in uh, Batman Begins. He was in Batman Dark Knight Returns or Rises. Yeah, Dark Knight Rises. He's been in most of them. He has. and so- I mean, there's still time for that to be announced, right? Yeah, there's definitely time. Absolutely. But I just think it needs to happen. Like, that needs to happen. So, I mean, he just seems like a Christopher Nolan mainstay. Like, you know, as far as, like, you know, um, that's a, Michael Caine. You know, Michael Caine's in, like, pretty much every Christopher Nolan movie, and so is Killian Murphy. Let's go, we're gonna end this show, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> what, I'm, I'm just yammering on. I'm, I apologize. Uh, Melissa, thanks again. Jake. Welcome back. It's great to have you. And just like all good leftovers say in the doggy bags, uh, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya. Later on. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. It's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, hate it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Original and good have already been done before, so we should.
separate the wheat from the shaft And we're the shaft of crap, even though we're the shit We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover Counterculture pushed over Pop culture leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftovers Love it, hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover, counterculture pushovers, pop culture. Leftovers, uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers, only talent, it's the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.